0: happy halloween everyone we're back fake Nerd podcast we're talking about dune uh we were off a week due to uh many of us having uh uh, uh, uh personal problems that we decided to just you know take a week off uh but we're back to Blah. talk about dennyville news dune 2021 or dune part one as it's more accurately called dune 2019's 2020's
1: 2021
0: yeah sure part one yes and a half. Uh um,
1: secret secret part one
0: uh yeah so uh i'm B- i'm brandon mcclure with me as always is sorry brandon i'm sorry shy hulud mcclure
2: yeah you
3: know. still got it
2: i do uh with I me do. as always is ben magnet i i mean i had the idaho up and i deleted it and i was like i'm pretty sure they're not gonna do it and you then, are to ho. This, <laughs> shut up <laughs> ryan and then of uh, course uh, I, I show up and i see brandon and ryan uh, ryan yours changed i Damn. had
1: another i had I had another show to do this morning what am i gonna do <laughs>
2: sparks paul witty <laughs> <laughs> the true the true
0: it's messiah
3: a, you have all these I, I this is my favorite thing of megan seeing the movie she's like all these incredible names and then you got paul <laughs> yeah it's like, like a
0: it's like luke yeah so, and yeah. uh uh ryan ryan muadib benejezer quizach haderak of the of the fnp
1: That's all I've been thinking about for two weeks.
2: <laughs> the the freaking uh, the dude from, uh, s- <laughs> I always call it Salsa, uh, something Secundus. Oh,
1: Silicia Secundus? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's it. I mean, s- it sounds s- like Salsa.
1: Whisper. Yeah. All s-
2: right, well, guys, welcome back. Ben.
3: What?
0: Shush. Welcome back, everyone uh this is episode 260 um i have some things i want to talk about up top if you don't mind we had we had two weeks two great weeks for our show uh specifically basement arcade but before i get that i just want to bring up that now you can subscribe to a new audio podcast for basement arcade pause menu that is up right now that is linked below podman pause menu has existed before in audio format on our feed um But now you can subscribe to it as its own show on iTunes. If
1: you don't want the fake nerds, you just want the basement, there you go. Happy birthday.
0: Um, Ben and I have been talking about this for a little bit because the show does really well. Um, We figured, uh, you know, just make it a little easier for people to find it. It is, of course, video on this YouTube channel if you're watching this show. Um, You can find that there and you can now find it on uh the thing there's only 6 episodes up right now uh i'm still getting them all up but by the end of the week should have the entire thing should be caught up um and then from then on they'll just be uploaded uh as they go on so yeah there you go whoop, whoop. i just think that's pretty cool and cool. pretty cool and what's more i made some changes to our website now if you don't mind audio listeners i'm going to bring up our website real quick Oh, right there push us off to the side because i i'm gonna show <laughs> us some things for the website uh just to describe to the for the audio people um guys you know what i was always thinking to myself you know it's a shame that we can't watch the latest episode of the fake Nerd podcast on our website well now you can there it is You can watch wow. our latest episode embedded on the sh- on the front on the front page um it will be I will try to keep it updated every cool. week. I hope so. Um, and uh, you know, maybe like a day late, but it will be up, updated uh, every week or until I forget and go like, "Oh no." Um, but there's also another thing that I'm really proud of, guys. You know, I talk about a lot at the end of the episodes, um, all the shows that we do. You know, we do a lot of shows. We got Basement Arcade, Pause Menu, which I just mentioned. We got yeah. Fake News Watch. We got tons of shows. And if you're always wondering, like, how how do I keep this? How do I keep this, you know, in check? Like, what, what do we, what do they do? How do I find it? Well, now you can, by clicking over here on the Fake Nerd Family tab oh. of our website. I'm really proud of this. There it is, the Fake Nerd Family. can find all of our shows and descriptions for every single one, um, and its status, you know, whether or <laughs> not the... that's hilarious. <laughs> whether the shows are are active or not.
1: Yeah. There's almost as many hiatus as active. Guess just put dead.
0: <laughs> no, 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 None are dead. None are dead. No, they no all dead put... no dead shows. No dead shows.
2: Brandon, I have a question. Um, these these are really cool. This is really cool. But what happens if you click the picture? Oh, well. That even so to... Click the pictures to go to the shows.
0: Right there. Uh just in, <laughs> just in case. Uh I do have like audio links, like right there. You can click the click on that link, you go to the audio feed for ranked pause menu. But as been alluded to. Yes, if you click these, uh, it won't work because it goes to a different it goes to a different tab, so it won't mm-hmm. show it on the screen. Um, but yes, if you click the pictures of every single one of these, they are links, and they will go to the uh, appropriate uh, playlist on YouTube or the audio feed for Conversation miscellaneous. Um Yeah, and so like there's descriptions for the, for them all. Um, you know, you can find. You know, we do a lot, so I just kind of want to make it easier for you guys to find us. And you can find Fake Nerd Podcast everywhere on the site. All of these links are to go to Fake Nerd Podcast. So many but links. And there's, but there's only YouTube.
2: For, I love how for Basement Arcade, you put Spooktober on there.
0: Yes, that's my... I, I, I'm proud of that one. Just Spooktober for current status on Basement Arcade. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited You're going to change about... that
1: tomorrow, Brandon.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> um so but there it is um That's you can awesome, find man. you can find that uh find that on our website now um should you go to our website i'm really happy i finally did that i've been thinking about it for a bit uh, so there you go
1: Huzzah. That's cool it's all all around
0: but i'm not done talking even though i wish i was
1: it's, it's a shame we got another three-hour podcast today. then
0: we got a bunch of links in the description so many links because um there was a lot of pause ma- there was a lot of basement arcade that happened uh, these last two weeks, because we're in, as I mentioned on the website, Spooktober,
2: where
0: um, where we where we scare Ben, and sometimes if I'm on me, um, too. Although I watched the the second part of the Five Nights at Freddy's just earlier. <laughs> that oh, fox yeah. scared the crap out of me.
3: Fox, <laughs> that stupid fox. Because oh, oh, yeah. you guys, you guys are just like uh, the part where he was looking the wrong way, and it he wasn't looking at the cameras, and it pops in the door.
0: Yeah, it just like shows up. Yeah. Hey, it's just uh, like, that's good. Hey. Cool. Hello there um so basement arcade has episodes up for remothered which i just finished um watching um five nights of freddy's part one and two came up the last two weeks outlast part two came up in the uh last week i believe yep uh, uh and
1: week. it's all a week. blur to me
0: uh and tall poppy all came out uh in the last two weeks so we've been that we took this week break
3: also uh, tall poppy which brandon won't be watching
0: no, you told me not to watch, so I won't watch yeah, it. Yeah,
1: just in case. Yeah, uh, and there's more stuff coming today too.
0: Yeah, uh, earlier, later today, you will get. Uh, there will be another episode that by daylight, right?
1: Yes,
3: sir. Our our last Halloween release. Um, and since we're talking about Basement Arcade, uh, I want to give like major shout outs to Ryan because Ryan uh, saw this all through to its end, uh, pretty much entirely because um. this is the only amount of time i really want to dedicate to this on this show until i have to dedicate more time to it um so i'm just gonna do it now and be done with it because it's gonna be a thing um so right after we recorded our last episode i had to come to monterey because my dad went to the hospital and my dad has been given a terminal diagnosis and he has months left so i i will be spending a lot of time bouncing back and forth, or probably here, um, because of that. And because that happened, I had to just totally abandon all the editing for everything, Um, and Ryan totally picked it up and, and saw us through on our Spooktober, so I super appreciate him for that. And I only bring that up uh a to credit ryan and, and thank him for doing that but also because uh some things still might be a little lackluster in as far as our editing stuff because uh, i do a lot of it and we're yep. trying to figure out how we're going to navigate that so that's going to happen and also i might just be i i want to keep doing the show because it's honestly a good distraction but mm-hmm. i might be kind of sallow a lot of times and i'm sorry but that's just my life right now I and mean, no, that's it's okay for a while yeah bro uh, i get this it this is me more like wanting to be upfront with whoever's paying attention to our show that like <laughs> yeah this is where I'm at, and I'm I'm just trying. Yeah, no, I get it. Man. No, we get it. I appreciate yeah. you being here.
0: We love you. Um, okay, but there are more links in the description, more audio stuff. Like I said, the Basement Arcade okay, Pause Menu show is linked below. You can you can click on that and you subscribe to that show. Um, there's also a um, Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek: Lower Decks. The final episode went up uh, last week. Um, I was able to sit down with Michael Carls from the Downright Nerdy Podcast and cookie from just little podcast um to talk about that episode um and i got to make the uh i got to make the little the little thing for it i got to put the thing together uh quietly proud of myself for that one um it's so simple <laughs> and dumb but i uh, uh i really like that show i'm really glad i to talked to them about it and um we all agree that we enjoyed doing it so much that so we're going to keep going perhaps not with prodigy but definitely with discovery when that airs next month so right on. Nice. Um yeah th- th- that you want to learn all about cetacean ops, which is apparently two beluga whales just are officers on the USS Cerritos. yeah, there you go. I'm okay. there's still
2: whales in Call,
3: call me when it's live action there. <laughs> right
0: <laughs> there are there are um, humpback whales went extinct but yes oh, okay. there there are whales uh, in the but and they're officers they they they, they serve on ships.
2: Wow, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the USS Enterprise had, had dolphins working on the ship and two blue whales as their uh, supervisors. But we never got to see that because the budget would have been huge.
2: I, I was supposed to say, blue whales are the largest animal on the planet. Yes, there
0: were two two full-length blue whales <clears throat> serving on the USS Enterprise D. I don't
1: know about this one. Is this, <laughs> is this legal? I was I literally know. thinking like... <laughs> my brain that, i mean <laughs> dolphins wow. and whales same size can you,
2: can you imagine the off the person or them building the enterprise d to like fit two full-size blue whales it's the port the poorest officers who's like hey i have to go down the, the block it's like oh that's so far away it's like it's just a, a block away it's like I'm, no it's like a, a mile I'm into picturing- the next room
3: I'm picturing them doing like the equivalent of the jobs of the two aliens, uh Greenick and Bob in Men in Black, who like oh. just operate all the viewing stuff. Yeah. But it's just two gigantic blue whales in a tank doing it. I'm there's like, the Enterprise is, is ridiculous. The Enterprise is the same size,
1: but there's one station on the ship that's like twice as big and it bubbles out of the ship because it has yeah. to hold two giant whales. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's
0: the, the that's the dream the the way like the thing that's most ridiculous to me is that these these whales serve in starfleet which means they went to the academy hell
1: yeah i mean they're right by the bay right there you go <laughs> that's true they went to san yeah, francisco bay they, they probably they had did, like a they did remote
3: because,
2: learning yeah they probably had like a feed into san francisco harbor and the whales are just sitting there going okay so anyway up. Jesus.
0: anyway so cetacean ops i love it i was really happy to see it in that in that show there how we ranted for what, five minutes about I love it. I was working
2: in Star Trek.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited about it.
2: Um, More of a Dolphin fan, TBH.
0: So, the Halloween Kills review, that's its own separate video, thanks to Sparks. Uh, he spliced them out and put it up. Um, that's linked below as well. Just kind of cuz. And finally, linked below as far as the show goes, is our review of the book, Dune. We finally did it. We sat down, we read the entire book. That's the wrong book. That's the wrong book, Ryan. It's That's the, the
1: prequel book. starring handsome Paul Atreides' daddy. <laughs>
0: um, we find it, We we did it. We we sat down. We talked about the book in depth. Uh, that is below as uh, audio and video. You can find that on audio on both the Fickner book, book Club audio feed and the Fickner Podcast audio feed, um, and as well in the obviously video uh, where we recorded it and we put it live. It was a lot of fun. Really glad we've got to do that. That's up now. It's true. That's all the network stuff. So real quickly, uh, Mag is in the chat saying "Happy Halloween." Hello, sir. Mag, what's
2: up? Always happy to see you.
0: Um, Ben, you have a new article. Yeah, that's linked below.
2: Yeah, sweet. Yeah, uh, this one's been uh, it's been in the works for a while. I, as you guys know, I played all the Metroid. 2d metroid games leading up to dread and this is me talking about it so it's me preparing for metroid dread so there you go it's, it's linked below give it a read it took a little while longer than i hoped for it to come out but it's finally out oh, there you go um i also uploaded i forgot to mention
0: the website but my uh, upda- i updated my um my blog on the website to include my gamera article that can be found in kaiju ramen um, obviously with their permission that issue has been out for a while um, so it's now if you just want to read my article on it you can you don't have to buy Kaiju Ramen anymore but I do recommend it and the purchase link is linked below as well as the link to my Gamera article um, and then Ryan had a downright annoyed just this morning
1: hot dog I sure did talked about battle guys I'm not gonna, yep. say, it, I'm not gonna mm. say it Beetlejuice That's... starring the great Michael Keaton yo guys I haven't seen that movie in a long time Um, I think that movie is real fun I think it's a good time Um, we need more fun horror like it could be spooky and silly uh and also be horror like i love there's not enough of it i really liked it
0: i kind of regret not putting, putting the black friday trailer in the description now we had so many trailers that cut that one but check out black friday with bruce campbell coming out next month
1: oh yeah 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 yeah. i i, I saw that yeah,
0: yeah yeah um all right and that's all linked below so you can check out all those things or you can go to our website and be like look at all these things that are just nightly nice and this on this page these so there you go of our wonderful things so, who wants to go first with their week?
1: I got a lot, and I'm gonna get out of it, get it all out of the way. Oh yeah, guys, let me tell you, it's been two weeks, but uh, uh, with like uh, with all like the the editing that I've been doing, and like it it made me motivated to like it put me in a rhythm, right? Like I would come home from work, I would edit a little bit, and like it was like a nice rhythm. So I actually did a lot over these two weeks. Um, I'm gonna go through some of the comics I read real quick. Batman the Imposter by uh, Madsen Tomlin and Andrea Sorrentino. This is the guy who wrote the script for the Batman coming out next year. This is just a story in that universe. They could say it's not, but it is. The dude looks just like Robert Pattinson. It it looks like it. Like, the colors are great. You know, Andre Sorrentino's art. It's a stellar first issue. Um, It's Black Label. It's really cool. I think it's got a great hook to it. Uh, Barbaric by our friend, Michael. Michael's going to say Giacchino. Michael Marisi. Uh, Marisi, right? Marecci? It's been a while. Marisi. Barbaric. Marici. Uh, there's a couple more issues out, but I'm behind, but I read the first issue. This is a fun first issue. Um, I didn't like, I'm not gonna say I loved it, but it's definitely got a good hook. Um, it's about a barbarian and he's got an axe and like he's cursed to be a good person, but he's an ass. He's Conan the Barbarian who's forced to be a good person. So it's him constantly battling this axe like, hey, you gotta fight crime or whatever. He's like, oh, but I hate it. So barbaric. That's pretty good. I got Catwoman Lonely City by Cliff Chang. This book is super fun. It's old woman Catwoman. It's like she's been in uh, she's been in Blackgate for ten years, and she gets out, and the whole world's changed. Really cool. Uh, Harvey Dent is Two Face as as the mayor, but he's a good Two Face. But is he? Really cool stuff. Beautiful art. Uh, Dark Ages by Tom Taylor um, and the artist uh, 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 Coello. I don't have your first name. This one's fine, guys. It's okay. Um, th- Tom Taylor's done a lot a lot of Elseworld stories. This isn't bad, but it's definitely, uh, I've read it before. It's The Walking Dead, uh, but, but uh, an EMP wipes out all, all technology, all mechanical stuff, so they have to live, like, you know, steampunk, Dark Ages stuff. It's cool. If you want a cool Elseworld story, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Inferno 1 and 2. Guys, I'm sorry. I got to spoil something. Like, you are two months behind now. I'm going to spoil something about Inferno number 1, okay? Destiny's back. She she came back in the first issue, so shit's already burning, and you guys need to catch up eventually. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, it's so good. Uh,
0: Did you see Ryan' my picture of the of my comic stack that's to be read on yes. Twitter? Yeah, um, that's, a thir- cute. that's cute. third. That's a third of that is X Men. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, most of it's still pretty good. Uh,
0: I, uh, I I did flip through Inferno. I didn't I didn't read Inferno, but I was I was flipping through it, um, not to see the last page, but just like look at the art, and it and like it reminded me of like you know what it looks like. It looks like the the cinematic movie equivalent when you've been watching a TV show for so long, and then they oh, have yeah. a movie come out. That's it's- what it looks like. It's,
1: yeah, it's like the event. It's like you read the normal book and then you read like X of Swords. It's like, oh right, Sh- big shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like Firefly um, going to Serenity and being like, oh dang. Yeah. Uh Stefano Caselli is doing insanely good art in Inferno. Um DC versus Vampires. Holy shit, this book is so fun. Um 12 issues is a lot of issues. And like I don't know if I want to commit to 12 issues, but like this first issue was really fun. Uh it's tackling the vampire side. Uh it's got I Vampire in it and I love that guy. Uh, Otto Schmidt is a great artist. Uh, Really fun read, especially for Halloween. Uh, Nubia and the Amazons, baby. Talk about representation. I love it. Uh, I didn't know really much about Nubia. Uh, I don't know much about uh, uh, Themyscira mythology, you know, old school, like 70s, 80s shit. Uh, She was born from this thing called the Well of Souls. Um, When something really bad happens to a lady, she gets reborn on Themyscira as an Amazon. And something really, really, really bad is happening in the world. So all of these new Amazons are born. And some of them are transgender. And that's really fantastic. That is such a cool thing for DC to do. God bless you. God bless you. Amazing Spider-Man. Yo. F you, Peter Parker. It's all about Ben Riley now. That's all I got (laughs) to say. I'm just kidding. Uh, Really cool direction. I really like the direction it's going. Spider-Man, like 10 years ago, like uh, Otto Octavius trademarked Spider-Man. So now another company actually owns Spider-Man. So Ben Riley. Uh, has been bought and that he's being paid like millions of dollars to be Spider-Man. He's like, well, I'm not, not going to be Spider-Man. I'm being paid a million dollars. So it's really cool seeing them have to work together, but they're also at odds with Peter. Uh, good stuff. Comics are great. Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game. Uh, maybe the most surprising game I played in years. Um, bad marketing. Um, that game's as good as, as Spider-Man. Um, it plays like Uncharted. It's like a very narrative driven game, uh, but there's like Mass Effect, Mass Effect stuff to it where you're on the ship and you're like having dialogue with the characters. This is going to sound weird. this is one of the most talkative games i've ever played in my life no they don't stop talking and dad dan abnett who wrote guardians for many years he's killing the script guys this feels like guardian like guardians of the galaxy james Gunn's like 2.5 it feels just like those characters but off enough to be its own thing it's incredible and being on un, being unrestrained from the mcu just to play in the universe It's so good. It's so incredible. I cannot wait for you guys to play it. Um, I watched Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is my favorite horror thing of the year. That is the new Mike, what's his name?
3: What's his name? Mike Flanagan, Flanagan.
1: thank you. He's done the House of Haunted Hill, (laughs) House of Hill House, all that stuff, Uh, Dr. Sleep. Don't look anything up about that show. That is a show that there is a twist and, like, the marking of that show hit what the entire show is actually about. It's insane. It's only seven episodes. It's so good. It's so juicy. Uh, I'm still thinking about the ending. It's so... It's it's my type of ending. Where Spoilers, let's say. Um, I'm sure I did other stuff, man. I did a lot this week. Um, um, I watched the first season of Succession! So this is a show about rich billionaires and I originally wasn't gonna watch it because like I don't want to watch a show just about a bunch of rich white people like doesn't sound fun. but then it got renewed for a season like four or whatever and all my friends on Twitter were talking about it. so I started to watch it. Then I realized it's by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. So it is a it is a hardcore family drama that has stepbrothers as comedy at times. Um, it is about like the Murdoch, Disney S Corporation, the Roys and they own this huge conglomerate um so you know they're dealing with billions of dollars like with words and they throw money around like it's nothing they are the worst people on the planet they are so horrific but it is so fun to watch them and they're always trying to beat each other up like not beat each other uh like win each other over fight each other like it's like super political shit uh really great terrific shit like some of the best drama i've watched in a long time and i still got three more seasons to watch so i'm really excited
3: and i watch Beetlejuice. juice works.
0: yeah who wants to go next
3: um, I'll go because I'll probably be the polar opposite of Ryan. I don't have a lot to share, yep my circumstances mm-hmm. being what they are, um there were a ton of like, you know, Halloween adjacent films that were on in the background. I watched uh, hellraiser. uh they were on in the background of my life, but i wouldn't I wouldn't say that a, a handful of them, I actually sat down and paid attention while I was watching. and most of them I didn't. <clears throat> the only things I really want to note um that I did of any value is uh, obviously we finished the book (laughs) Dune Mm -hmm. during this time. I did, um, way, way a while ago, but uh, it happened. Um, I watched night teeth, which we watched a trailer for and talked about. That was one of the ones I actually paid attention to. Uh, it's good. It's not incredible. You don't need to run to go see it, but if you were casually interested, it's worth the watch. It's very colorful. That's one of my favorite things about it. It's a very colorful, uh, film, the only knock on it is that it's, it's world building. Isn't very good. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's got a lot of questions that it has a prologue. That's supposed to tell you how the world operates, but it doesn't ever tell you the why. And I thought that meant that in the film, we would learn the why by the end of it, you don't learn the why. And that's frustrating, but the film's also not really about that. It's just a little annoying Mm -hmm. um, because the context around the main characters is lacking. Um, but but a lot of good stuff in it, good performances. Um, I watched, um, Beetlejuice with Ryan. Oh, we've said too many times now. Damn oh, it. Michael, um, get out of here. Uh, I watched Beetlejuice with Ryan. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, because I hadn't seen it in at least a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, that movie holds up really well. Um. The only other things I really want to talk about. Let's see. Dragon Ball Super. Um, I read that. That's great. Good stuff happening there, guys. Uh, only Murders in the Building ended its first season. Really excellent. Love the show from top to bottom. Super good. And um, during the all the driving that I've had to do, I listened to a podcast that came out in 2018, but I didn't listen. I didn't know about it until recently. It's called Halloween Unmasked. And it's not necessarily about like, it's not, it's a, partially about the making of Halloween, but it's not just about that. Um, I think it's actually a good compliment to uh, Ben and Ryan and I have seen the, the movies that made us Halloween oh, yeah. episode. It's actually a good compliment to that, because that was a lot of talking to um, the producer, uh, Il- 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 Ilion, um, but the podcast is able to get like john carpenter talking about it mm. um there's there's people they don't have deborah hill because deborah hill had already passed in 2005 but they have uh, a lot of people talking about working with Te- deborah hill mm. um nick castle and tommy wallace uh, are obviously present but uh, uh, just a handful of people who who knew it was up jamie lee curtis is also a big part of it um this was all done in 2018 so in the it, both in the lead up and then post-release of the david gordon green first film david gordon green and daniel mcbride actually have a lot in there as well mm. Um, and Jason Blum, um, but how it's... much?
1: How you said it's a podcast. Is it a single thing, or is it like episodes? Yeah, so
3: it's an eight episode series. Okay, um, it's an eight episode episodes. series that like breaks down all these different elements. Um, I, I definitely think it's worth checking out. Um, I especially think it's worth valuable for us to have ne- by next year when we do our big Halloween movie. Marathon rewatch, um, right? Uh, well, well, worth a lot of a lot of really nice, valuable information. A lot of different perspective things that uh, made me think about. Yep, that's it. Uh, that made me think about certain things in the franchise differently, especially in the uh, in the context of like the 2018 one compared to some of the other entries. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have, honestly. All right. All right. Cool.
2: Ben, you want to go next? Yeah, of course. So um, two weeks ago, it was just Dune. It was me feverishly fit- getting to the finish line i finished the book hours before i went and saw the movie with Annie and ryan <laughs> That's not i just
3: i just want to point out we spent like three months before october telling ben you gotta get on dune gotta get on dune and then I... still just waited stubbornly until the last week of september to open the book <laughs>
1: He did it though. He he got it. Listen, pressure makes diamonds. I've that's for sure.
3: For sure. I just I I, like we did everything in our power to be like Ben, you don't have to crunch. You don't you shouldn't have a week where you're just powerhousing Dune.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, as I was reading, I was like, Man, I should have powerhoused, I shouldn't have just like blazed through it, but as I was reading it, I was still enjoying it. So it wasn't it was it was that rare time where crunch time was also like very enjoyable because yeah, like we said in our review, I highly enjoyed the book and I really enjoyed watching it and also i think i'm glad i'm 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 kind of glad i did finish it when i did cuz right after i was done i went and saw the movie so everything was still so fresh in my mind even though um uh, it's only half after, of it yeah even though it was only half the uh, half the book but still it was still there i'm like oh hey i, really I
0: waited so i i you know i started reading the book a year ago and i stopped halfway and i said i'm not going to finish this book until after i see that halfway point in the movie
1: mm, there you go that's not what happened.
0: That would have been incredibly stupid if I was yeah. just yeah. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. I uh my yeah. thing was I I uh I I listened to it and then I still had so much time. I'm like, oh I'm definitely gonna forget some of the stuff. So I listened to the first half again because I, I work and I can listen to stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: right, pretty much that was that. And then the week where I didn't have to feverishly read Dune, I still didn't do a whole lot. Pretty much the only big media thing I was doing was just playing through Metroid Dread. Hell yeah. Just I took some time to play through that. And then, um, some nights I just came home and started working on my articles and my writing. That's pretty much what I was, it was. It was a split between dread and writing stuff. I and also then, spent
1: ten, 10 hours playing No Man's Sky to unlock all the stuff for the Dune update they just had. So now I am the wor- worm lord of, of Wasan, which is the planet. Yeah. And I got a worm head and I could ride around on a giant worm. That's why I went to sleep at four in the morning today, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You brought that You brought that up, and I wanted to ask, is the Dune content limited time? Yes. Mm. That's why
1: I did it as soon as I could, because it gets harder as you go along, and I know if I would stop now, then the momentum would be gone. So I tried to— the...
3: Do you know why they make that content limited time? Yes.
1: So um, so No Man's Sky is a regular game. It's, you know, Minecraft. You do what you want for as long as you want. But then they have expeditions, which are monthly content things, kind of like—almost like Fortnite, but it's free um so like a couple months ago they had the mass effect ship okay do these missions and you unlock the ship so they do that once a month um and it's like hey if that's how they get people to come in that's how i came back so i'm like you got me for 10 hours it worked
2: yeah yeah so now like the new not even project like the thing i'm i need to i want to try and get done this week is going by my comics because i haven't been to the comic book store in a month over a month now and i'm really hoping they still have my bullets there because they haven't called me
1: you don't get a Um, lot though you're fine
2: yeah and also my stack i mean my stack isn't big and compared to ryan's or brandon's but still it's big so i want to try to get through my books guys oh (laughs) jesus
1: no i'm I'm slowly
2: working through it slowly that's good that's good Uh, yeah mine's like pitiful compared to that but no it's okay I'm I'm almost I'm almost on dread. I'm getting close to being done with dread. I just got the gravity suit and I absolutely love it. Like I said, it's still my game of the year right now. Even though I know I haven't played a whole lot of new games, I'm just glad I got this one and I'm, I'm and I'm enjoying it. I love it.
0: Yeah, Cool. All right, well, uh, my turn I guess. Uh, I, I I have actually more than I thought I would, but I'm going to blow through a couple of it. Um, so I watched the first two Friday the Thirteenth, Part One and Part Two. Uh, both I found to be perfectly fine. I, I wasn't too crazy about either. Um, there, I did find part two funny in a way that I find scream funny because I didn't know that Jason was such a klutz in the beginning. Can
3: I ask you something real quick, Brandon? Do you know anything about the director, the creator for Friday the 13th the person who came and started making those films and, and all that?
0: i i mean i watched the how did this get made for friday the 13th i don't know if it. i haven't watched that so about. i don't
3: actually know what context is in that but the, the fact that the the guy comes from like softcore porn before he does that and like oh like, that was not
0: up. covered in
3: so in halloween on math they talk about how he comes from softcore porn and he basically like how so because like a lot of people will credit like halloween for starting like the sasher slasher, slasher yeah. vibe thing but um friday the 13th is the thing that learned the wrong lessons from halloween and created the archetypes that permeated all slashers until scream came along where everyone just bangs yeah. where everyone's right. just banging where it's like the 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 sex uh kills all that it's not halloween that starts that it's friday the 13th picking up off halloween and le- like just amplifying the sex and the because bio- that's drugs. and it
1: it's sold really well so like oh that's the lessons we learn it's boobies yes exactly exactly <laughs>
0: that explains strip monopoly which I was very confused about when that showed up.
1: Oh, no, I just played that in my household all the time. What do you of
0: mean? course. Who didn't play Strip Monopoly?
1: <laughs> it's like they had a game. Oh, <laughs> it's
0: like they had a game. They only had one game on hand, and they were like, uh, I guess we got to get you guys naked that's somehow. Like so... the,
1: that's the longest, most boring version of a Strip game, because Monopoly takes right? forever.
0: Because <laughs> the, the line is like, oh, I don't want to play Monopoly. It takes too... it's, it's not fun. It's like, the way I play it is fun. And I'm like, wait, ah, you, is your clothes money or? But they had money. They I don't get, know. They
1: get murdered. It's fine.
0: It was weird. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, in context of watching Friday the Thirteenth, which, by the way, Kevin Bacon's in that. That was wild.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I didn't know that Kevin Bacon, Johnny Depp, and Jamie Lee Curtis all came from slasher movies. The three prominent slasher. Most movies.
1: most actors start in horror because it's low budget. That's how they yeah. get in things.
0: Yeah. Uh, so so Kevin Bacon, that, that was interesting, but. And compared to its contemporaries which are Halloween and and Friday the 13th I find I found both of those much more entertaining uh, in many cases better uh, than the first Friday the 13th uh, mm-hmm. and I was not crazy about the second Friday the 13th I'm considering going continuing on though because I I, I, I kind of want to see the more ridiculous entries in it
1: if so I will say if you don't like the good quote-unquote good ones mm-hmm. you might actually enjoy the bad ones even more then because potentially because the sequels just like any horror franchise, they get really, really, really bad. And like, But, like, in a fun way, I guess. Whereas, like, the first, like, at least first, we're kind of trying. You know? Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've talked before, I love Jason X, which is uh, one of the few Jason films I've seen uh, prior to this. That Uh, is an
1: unconventional Jason I know.
0: It's so dumb. Yeah. Um, So, I want to see, I want to kind of see the, obviously, like, the first two, he doesn't have the hockey mask. He's not even in the first one. Um, So, you know, um, interested. But
2: uh Anyways, Mag is like Paul Rudd and Leonardo DiCaprio. I had no idea yep. those guys came from horror movies. Paul, Paul Rudd was in
3: Halloween. Six. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll oh, talk yeah, about that know. next year. But Paul Rudd's first film is Halloween.
2: Don't say oh yeah. You
0: didn't know that. You didn't know that until we just, just brought that up. No, I, think, I think we Paul... definitely
3: mentioned that around no, you, before. Okay. No, He's they not watched the mission. movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, watch uh, anyway. No, Henry
3: Cavill was in a
1: Hellraiser movie. Like everyone starts in horror if they're trying uh, to be actors because
3: yeah more oh, God, uh, the actor's name is not in my head, but Morpheus from The Matrix. Please help. Oh, me. Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, Lawrence Thank Fishburne. you. Lawrence Fishburne comes from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yep. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I definitely will watch back, the rest of the Back Nightmare when on Elm, he please. went by Larry. <laughs> I just. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, watch those. We also did a thing at AMC, is doing like this kind of like uh, spooky screenings they have like um surprise screenings for horror movies you pay five bucks you go see a movie you don't know what the movie is and they play a horror movie mm-hmm. um so we went to so we went to that um it was the purge
1: see i would never i don't tr- i i don't trust anybody so i would never do
0: that <laughs> uh we kind of just wanted a night out and we thought no, this would I, be fun but yeah. it was the first purge not the first purge the first purge
1: Just call it the purge the, the I mean, original purge, purge. The yeah purge.
0: yeah uh it's all right. It's an okay movie. I don't. I, I'm. I would not have spent five dollars for it.
1: Now that there's like many more better ones, I definitely would not want to watch that
0: one. The Forever Purge is playing was playing in the same theater. I was like, we could just
1: sneak go over do that one. That's funny.
0: Um. Yeah. Look, it's a fine movie. I'm glad. I, I. I like the franchise it's set up. It's all right though. There's nothing really. Lena Dunham has a funny line at the end, but there's nothing really too special about it. <laughs>
3: Lena Headey, Lena, Lena Dunham. Yeah, I was gonna say Lena Dunham. I don't very, think very, so. very. Did I say Hedy? Dunham? Very, very different did. lady. Definitely very not Headey. <laughs> That's a whole different movie.
0: Met Sarah Connor.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um,
3: speaking the of, Hamilton.
1: <laughs> speaking
0: of, no, the other Sarah You're Connor. Your
3: L H names messed Amelia up. <laughs> Clark.
0: No, the other <laughs> Sarah Connor. Out.
1: No, I'm out now. I got no more.
0: The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah.
2: Actually. That is funny because both Lena Headey and Emilia Clarke yeah. both play Sarah Connor.
4: Yeah. And, and they're both in <laughs> GOT. Wow. There you go.
2: I, uh,
0: speaking of Halloween, I watched Halloween oh, 4. Um, so her? this month I've, I watched three Halloween films, if you not Halloween kills. Uh, but Halloween 4, which is the the return of Michael Myers, it's the one after three where they're like, oh, wait, let's bring back Michael Myers and continue that, that story. Um, it's 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 all right. It's entertaining. It's got some fun moments. I really dug the ending though. Like the ending made that movie for me.
3: The ending is one of the best endings in horror, let alone in a Halloween film.
1: When Donald plays like
2: no, yeah, that's what
1: that's what Sparks and I always oh, were cool. quoting. Yeah,
2: Michael, yeah, so Michael, good. no, no. Uh,
0: it's really it, it's a it's got a solid ending that I would that like recontextualized the whole movie into a way where I'm like, oh damn. Um, but uh. The mask is terrible. They never got that mask right yeah, after the first four one. Yeah, poor
1: bad mask. Yeah. Um,
3: six, uh, six actually has a pretty decent mask. But outside, I agree. Most of the original films have poor masks. Yeah. We're going to talk about this a lot next year. I'm not going gonna... <laughs> uh, to.
0: I think what, what helps me with the Halloween films and the uh, the the the, the, the Nightman Elm Street film, um, is that there's there's at least a character that I care about that I can centralize on and, and be with. And Donald Pleasance plays that role for the Halloween franchise, which makes me continually continuously interested in continuing with it.
3: Michael Myers is my business.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um they also do like the mob <laughs> from Halloween kills. Yes, like, yes. yes. Uh, they thought that was wild. They're like, oh dang, we killed the kid.
1: Oh, That was fantastic.
0: <laughs> oh <Ugh. laughs> all right anyway so yeah halloween 4 th- enjoyed it glad i watched it i want to watch the, the last two um because i just got to watch the last two of this continuity in the re- remakes and i've seen them all
3: halloween 4 is one of my is honestly like one of my like guilty pleasure favorites in the franchise. Yeah. Um, uh just i i i adore it in weird ways but that's the one where they have the i i want to make sure i'm right because i'm pretty sure i am that's where, where they have the scene where loomis and the sheriff are or deputy are standing on the street and there's three michaels right yes yes i love that scene when, <laughs> when all that like, <laughs> he's all like loomis and he's like oh! loomis is
0: just what's happening how is this possible
3: <laughs> loomis loomis definitely having a moment where he goes okay so did michael make a deal with the devil <laughs> because I'll I'll buy it. I'll buy that. All of these are Michael, <laughs> and
0: then the, the, and it holds way too long. Like these cops are about to shoot them, and then the kids well, are the, like,
3: Loomis, Loomis is about to buy the farm. On Michael Myers is a supernatural entity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good scene. It's an enjoyable film. I can't wait to watch five and six. I watched the Anna's family. That movie's still great. Uh, not the not the animated one. The old the older ninety. film.
1: That's Burton too, right?
0: No, that's uh, Men in Black, dude.
1: Oh, uh, 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 Soder- Soderbergh. Uh, Soder- S- uh, yeah, yeah. Barry Sonnenfeld.
0: No. Barry Sonnenfeld. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, he he did that one. Um, that's, good. that's a good movie. Yeah, that's a solid movie. I love the... watch. I haven't seen it since I saw the the script note, which was like, Whenever Gomez and Morticia aren't on screen, we have to assume they are banging. The the sexual tension has to be so palpable that when they're not on screen, they're banging. I don't care that this is a kid's movie. <laughs> yeah, like
1: the second that they're that they're off screen, they're banging. Just yes. assume it. Yeah, I love that.
0: Um I didn't see that I saw that script note, and then I watched the movie again. I was like, Oh, you totally tell. They are once the moment the camera's off them, they are going one, at it.
1: One day we will get our true, really good. Live action Adams family reboot, and it'll be as sexy as, as horrifying. Like, oh, one day it's gonna happen. Yeah,
0: Morticia and Gomez Adams are our couple's goals. Yeah, uh, and the movie is so well cast. Like, Christopher Lloyd is Fester, he's awesome. Uh, Christina Ricci has Wednesday, yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, I. Look, it's been a it's been a rough couple of weeks for all of us. I won't go go too much into that. Uh, but I, I, you know, sometimes you just, sometimes you just want some fluff. So yesterday I wanted some fluff, so I watched a double feature of He's All That, which is the remake of what I also watched, She's All That.
1: We live different fluffy lives, Brandon, and that's that's okay. That is okay. Please tell me, I need to know about He's All That because all I've seen is the worst things I could have ever seen in my life.
0: I mean it's the same movie.
1: But, but it's not, not as different. good. But it's not as it can't be. I didn't different. like either, so I can't oh. tell you that it's not as good. Oh, okay. I think that original one at least is kind of fun. I thought they were
0: both kind of fun. I I needed okay. the fluffiness, so sure. I so my, my, my fiance loves um uh uh rom coms. Yeah, you know, like she she really she's really into rom coms, so I was like, let's watch some fluffy rom coms. And the first thing that came up was he's all that. And I was like, you know, I want to watch the original with um freddie prince jr and paul walker um and sarah michelle geller for a hot second usher um sarah michelle geller has a non-speaking cameo role because it's filmed at the same high school that they filmed buffy and i was like this is wild that daphne velma that daphne shaggy and and fred are in this movie jinkies um so yeah i thought that he's all that was dumb in a way that I completely expected it to be, in a way that allowed me just to have some fun with it. There's a dance off at the end of the movie that made me very uncomfortable, because I'm like, how do these kids practice this? Where do they learn this song? What's happening? Um, Matthew Lillard shows up at the end of the, of the of the movie as the principal of that school. He's got some really funny lines that made me cackle. He's just funny in general. Um, there's the kid from Cobra Kai, one of the main kids from Cobra Kai, uh he's the main he's the main kid in that one and he has a karate a fight which i was like sure whatever <laughs> let's do this um he fights the school bully but like as cobra kai oh um and then she's all that it, it's pretty much a classic at this point i would go so far as to say as far as like rom coms, rom-com classics go from the golden age of rom-com interestingly i've seen not another teen movie which is the parody of she's all that Hell yeah. but i've never seen she's all that Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, so it's like, oh yeah, I remember this from the parody of the movie I'm watching.
1: When Chris Evans put a banana in his butt.
0: Yeah, that I remember. I remember a lot of that movie very vividly. I,
1: I watched that movie all the time because I, oh man, those early scary movie, none of the, those were all good.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, look, I needed the fluffiness. I'm glad I watched them both. They're, it was a fun. They're both an hour and a half, so it blew by. It was mm-hmm. both entertaining times um it's a whole dune yeah it's it's true it's a whole ass dune uh i watched the movie
3: it's actually not a whole ass dune it's a whole ass part one of dune
0: (laughs) (laughs) um i watched the new movie ron's gone wrong which is the animated film um that disney purchased from fox um that's the that's the one with zach galifianakis kind of like the you know he's the little robot friend that helps the little stupid kid i'm looking it up Alright, that's fair. We probably didn't watch the trailer for that.
2: <laughs> I didn't see the trailers for that. I know what you're talking about. No,
0: I know, but we probably didn't discuss it on the show. Um, I Oh, no. The...
2: I didn't like this trailer.
1: That's Okay, that's fair. Yeah.
0: Um, It's got a big heart and very thematically similar to Big Hero 6. They're definitely trying to play off the, th- the same themes of an outsider finding this otherworldly friend uh, and then making friends because of that. Uh, which is an age-old trope, but you know, Big Hero 6 is probably the most it's probably the easiest contemporary for it. Um, other than its heart, which I found very sweet, uh, the voice acting is good. Zach Galifianakis is actually really funny as the as the robot Ron, um, and it's the kid from Shazam, Billy from not not the main kid from Shazam, but the other kid uh, from it.
3: No, I don't know his name.
0: He's in it. Um, he he's good in it. Anyway.
3: Well, yeah, that's uh, what we said. He is in it. Yeah, all
0: right. All right. It's it's okay. It's a good time. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, you know, wait for the VOD streaming to, to watch it if you're interested. Um, it's kind of it kind of feels like a direct-to-video um a better quality, but like direct-to-video rip-off a big hero that you'd see from Big Hero Six. Um,
1: Medium sized yeah. man.
0: Yeah, so it's a good Sunday movie if you're on Disney Plus and you're like, I don't need a Sunday movie to to just veg out to.
1: Nice.
0: I watched Mortal Kombat Legends battle of the realms oh, which is right. the sequel to scorpion scorpion's revenge which we talked about on the show
3: is that on hpl max not yet okay. no but we have the digital code i could tell you yeah yeah we have just um, so.
0: really solid i had a okay. good time i had okay. a blast with it it covers a lot of mortal Kombat lore that i won't good. spoil because I, I think that that uh, you guys are going to really enjoy it um Only complaint is that it's a lot of Mortal Kombat lore, probably more than an hour and 20 minutes can handle. (laughs)
1: From what I've read or from what I've heard, yeah, it is, it's almost like too much lore for what this is. Yeah. Because like, you guys have played Mortal Kombat, like the newest games are as lore heavy as they've been. So like the past 25 years were not as that crazy. Yeah. Uh, So it's really cool that they're just like leaning so hard. It sounds like it maybe didn't work fully, but I, I love that they're going hard.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate it. There's a lot of awesome fights. There's some great character moments with Liu Kang and Raiden um and Scorpion comes back, of course. Um,
1: Ooh, he has risen from hell to kill you? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um in many ways it is so close to being the movie. I wanted that that live action film
1: to be. Cool.
3: Um, I, I really look forward like to it. watching it and hopefully we'll get to do a discussion about it because I enjoyed doing the first one. Yeah, oh, yeah. me too.
0: I'd and love to
1: talk about this one. We'll
3: go back into MK. I'm sure we have a show for that animation something.
0: We do. You can find that on our website. Um, And then um, I wanted to watch Kiki's Delivery Service. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, uh, This is the Studio Ghibli film, Kiki's Delivery Service. My favorite Ghibli film. It's a good
1: one. I've always
0: loved that one. one. Um, I was a sobbing baby watching that movie. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it in so long. I've I've since watched the Patrick Willems video on it. because i've seen it before but i didn't know that in 1989 there's this incredibly poignant uh uh movie about burnout in the gig economy and that's so much more relevant today it's such i didn't realize that this animated film from japan was so far ahead of its time really or that 89 was such a big problem for the gig, gig economy
1: yo man capitalism has always sucked how about
0: that yeah it's true um sob 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 baby i loved it um really needed to watch something like that um oh, yeah. loved it david reynolds is in it didn't know that at first um we dune we talked about the lot at length on an episode that you can find that link below really proud I, re- I finished that book um i watched the movies that made us for halloween friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street um because oh, okay. i've seen all those movies and i wanted to and i wanted to kind of see those Fun, informative, uh, apparently not as informative as they should be, Sparks. Uh. Uh,
3: uh, You know, like, it's just a focus on different things. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, like that Halloween Unmasked podcast really fleshes out a lot of things that the the movies that made us just didn't yeah. um and i don't i don't think it's like at the dis, the discredit of that it's just that they 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 have more time and they i also they really think, go in depth in their analysis and research and stuff
1: i think even though the netflix stuff does tackle like like donald pleasance was drunk a lot they it's never it's still very kind of light and fluffy yeah. you know what i mean they're like oh he was drunk blah. it's not like they take it seriously so i think when you're taking it like in this approach you won't do that kind of deep dive that you want. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: they they play the clip of Donald Pleasant being like this script is nonsense as like wah wah. Yeah. When but, it's
1: somebody uh, drunk at work. Like that's a serious problem.
3: The the reason why that Friday the thirteenth fact was on my mind is because they talk about that in the context of like what happened post Halloween and, and how it informed the slasher genre in Halloween on mass. They specifically talk yeah. about that guy um and what Friday the thirteenth did to slashers. Love
0: it. Um yeah uh thought they were solid look forward to watching the rest of that season um aliens is an episode that i really want to check out um also coming to america i didn't realize that was a horror movie (laughs) i mean some in some ways i guess
3: i thought i thought that one was already up
0: no that one was new for the season
3: that's so weird that's definitely not a horror movie
0: (laughs) okay uh let's see
1: maybe if you don't like horror they're they're gonna throw one at you (laughs) maybe yeah. I
0: watched the Marvel Studios assembled episodes for Black Widow and What If? Both came out in the last two weeks. Ooh. Um, I didn't know they were going to do one for Black Widow. I'm really happy that they did. Um, Black Widow is a movie I like. Uh, you know, I I reviewed it positively. Um, I certainly like it more as kind of like I've kind of I've gotten away from it. I, I'm finding more value to enjoy in it. Um, mm. The assembled episode was. Actually, really solid, surprisingly so. Um, obviously it's kind of another fluff piece, they all are. Um, but when your bar for that for them is Loki, um, you can pretty much impress me no matter what. Because that Loki one's rough. But the Black Widow one has a, lo- a long segment of dedicated to just Scarlett Johansson's legacy as Black Widow, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and then they kind of go off into the rest of the production, and it was kind of fun to to look back at scarlett Johansson's legacy in a way that we have for Robert Dana Jr., but not quite. Like in the public sphere for uh, Scarlett Johansson, I, I was re- I really appreciated that they did something like that.
1: I I might check that out because, uh, well, obviously I don't think she's as important as like a Tony Stark. She is like the lady on the Avengers team, and that is yeah. important. And they did screw her over, uh, and she got her movie after she was dead. So like I really like her as Black Widow, and when she shines, she really shines. So like I like I wish she went and went out on a better note. So like I'm probably gonna watch this to like. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. And I think it does allow me to appreciate the movie more um in a lot of ways because they talk about more or about what the actors were pr- were taking to the movie and what they wanted to achieve with the movie. And I was like, you know what? Actually there's some value to this as like a companion piece to that movie.
3: Yeah. I, I might need to watch that because I'll be honest, like uh I still like that movie, but that ending has only soured on me ever since that deleted scene came out. Oh yeah, with her and yeah. Ro- Ross, and I'm like, why was this not the end of the movie? I don't uh, understand.
1: I've soured a little bit on it but I the family stuff is still so strong.
3: So, no, like, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's what yeah. you brought up Ryan, which is just like the problem with Halloween kills as well uh that that we were struggling to get over is that a bad ending hurts a movie pretty pretty mm-hmm. severely. severely. Yeah. And Black Widow has a really bad ending. Uh, it's also like there's another part of the deleted scene which is where she goes to the neighborhood and she sees the little girls reenacting which she goes back to the neighborhood that she was in yeah. at the beginning of the movie, and she sees all the kids reenacting the Avengers and a girl inspired by her. and I'm like, these two things, this and the Ross scene, like, how did we end up at this boring ass ending? It's so weird. nothing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, like, I, I agree. You're a Quinjet.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> nameless do... character. So, yeah. And then the what if episode of Assembled. Um, I'll talk about that next. Obviously, they're not going to be like, we screwed up. <laughs> um, but they. Do take the opportunity for the assemble to talk about the creative process in creating what if and kind of sitting inside their mind of like, you know, uh, I pitched this to Kevin Feige before Endgame came out of the, like the idea and and uh, AC Bradley coming on board, who's a woman. I'm so sorry, I've been misgendering you. AC Bradley is a woman. Um, she's from Troll Hunters and Three Below. Um, and and I found it informative in the way of like, oh now I see why they chose that art style or why they decided to do uh, these stories or or, or kind of like that. Um, just uh, just you know again more solid than I expected it to be and and recommended especially if you're like like us like not crazy about the series, it's not going to give you a new appreciation but I do think it helps kind of understand what how the show was developed going into it.
4: Sure. Yeah.
0: Um. Watched the first episode of Star Trek Prodigy that's came out. This is a two part finale, uh two part series premiere. What a short um, season. Exactly, yeah, two episodes. Um it's 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 really interesting. I like the mystery behind it. I like the animation around it. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. It's really all I can say about that right now, because it's just the first episode. I just wanted to mention it was out. And then I finished, I started and finished only murders in the building uh which sparks has been talking about and talked about in his week that show rules i did not expect it to rule as hard as it did um steve martin and uh, martin sheen still got it they're still incredibly funny uh selena gomez is good short foil for them martin, short short what did i say sheen well i was close to that i was in the ballpark um they still they still got it they're still really funny it's got a lot of interesting twists and turns that i didn't see coming um, just a really solid show one of the best shows on uh, that aired this year I think really happy it's getting a second season I can't wait and that's it hell yeah alright shall we get into our bread and butter uh, then please let's Real fill this uh, for six
3: more minutes oh, a uh,
2: happy Halloween my dudes so Hi. happy Halloween to you man happy
3: Halloween, so happy Halloween. I can't believe he's actually listening to the podcast for once
0: right oh. We do have some sad news up top uh this is all from last week the, the week we missed um joanna cameron um who you probably are not totally familiar with but she did the tv series the uh, secrets of isis mm-hmm. she was the star of that show um which is a character that was eventually purchased by dc comics has been in legends of tomorrow she's the girl with the wind totem uh they don't call her isis in that show because well yep you know <laughs> different <laughs> um, different time. Yes. Um, well, she's named after the god Isis. Um, she was the first. The reason why I'm bringing this up most is she was the first live action superhero, um, uh, female superhero on TV. She, she predated The Bionic Woman and Wonder Woman. She was a yes. trailblazer in that way. She was the reason why those shows, because that show was a success, even though it's been largely forgotten. It's just sad. Um, uh, but it was a success at the time um and led to the create to to linda carter and i'm sorry i forgot your name from the bionic woman
1: Awesome.
0: uh she passed away at the age of 70 last week due to a stroke Oh. rest in power yeah james michael tyler was most most famously gunther from friends the guy behind the, the counter at the coffee shop oh really yeah, he passed away last week from prostate cancer that he was diagnosed with in 2018, oh, at the age of 59.
2: Damn, that's kind of. Some, I mean, I don't really watch Friends on the regular. Um, Friends is on at my work on TV, so what? Right before I'm taking my last break, I'm about to go home, and they're they have it on Friends. So I'm just like looking over, I'm like, hmm, okay, it's that episode. And well, he, actually, he's the—he's really, really the seventh. He's really the seventh member of that show. Yeah, he was there for a while. Christopher Ayers,
0: who you'll probably know as the voice of Frieza oh, since Dragon Ball Z Kai, um, he's apparently been dealing with health issues for many years um, that uh, I I missed it and and but she, he's been public about, but he passed away last week at the age of fifty six. I'm really sad about that one.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a big bummer. He is largely
0: imagine. the reason why Frieza is my favorite character, my favorite villain in the series. Uh, it's his portrayal that really did it for me. Because he's not the original, Uh, but yeah, that one, that one's definitely
3: not not the original in the states. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Uh, took like an like an iconic original voice and like made it its own. Uh, uh, Yeah, man, that's a shame. Too young.
0: Yeah, Yeah. seriously, (laughs) fifty six, not.
2: Real quick, Mag is saying, "Rest in peace, Gunter," Mm -hmm. and also he's saying, "We will never forget Lord Frieza." Never. It's true.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm sure. I hope. He's already recorded dialogue for at least the next movie, um, but they'll have to replace the character if they oh, want to keep. Him.
3: Did they? Did they say that Frieza's in the next movie? Did I miss that?
0: Oh no, they didn't. So he might not be even in it. So
3: I assume. I assume that Frieza's not going to be. I in wouldn't that. be. I wouldn't think he is.
0: Broly might be his final performance as Frieza. Then we don't know.
3: Yeah, I think so. It's a good one. Good I,
0: performance I, to go out on.
3: I highly doubt that they've recorded for that movie yet.
0: I, I also doubt they've started uh, recording
2: Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if, coming back. I mean, even if Brody is his last movie, that's still a damn good movie to end on.
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, best. like one of one of the best Frieza gags ever. So,
2: yeah, I still uh, laugh every time I think of heads up, Frieza. Whack! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Helena, uh, Helena Hutchins. This happened last week. This is tragedy on set of Rust. Um, Helena H- Hutchins was the cinematographer on the film Rust um, and uh, the movie we reviewed, Argenemy, um, she was shot and killed on the set due to a prop gun misfiring. It was fired by Alec Baldwin.
1: And the director was, was and the director well. was survived. Um, man, this is just one of those, especially it's so fascinating that this happens right when all the IOT stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because this situation happens when you go, uh, when you go outside of like union. you go outside of the proper, Way, uh, there's proper legal ways of doing it. You get people who just are called armorers and they have guns. They, whether they're prop guns or not, you don't know. It's their job to know. Like, a lot of people are putting the blame on so many people. They're blaming Alec Baldwin, blaming so many people. It is none of their jobs. It is none of their jobs to be in charge of a live gun. Uh, it's the prop person's fault. And apparently, this person's had problems on set before, like being shady. And like, this she, is this is how.
0: She came from a long line of armorers too, which is which is interesting that her, you know, her like family career uh is you
1: know. No man, it's like you you can you can love guns a lot and and also be incredibly safe with them and just like apparently like I like I don't know if this part's true, but like they were like shooting guns like offset, just like just willy nilly.
0: I did hear that. I don't know, I didn't cooperate. I don't know if that's
1: true either, but like I wouldn't be shocked because a live gun was fired to kill someone on the set. And it's just um, like I, there's no reason this should happen. There shouldn't be the, a live gun on a set.
0: Some of the background of it also is that the uh, the the IOTs crew that was attached to the film walked out because of the conditions of that film. Apparently, they were promised many things to not get any of them. One of them being a hotel close to set. Um, they walked off the set, and uh, the producers went to non-union members to yep. fill up the roles that were let were lost. And that's uh, you know just another problematic step that led to this unfortunate and like, shooting
1: because this is like a super low budget movie like this would never happen on an avenger set of justice league sarah this is like this is a really small set of just like a dozen people like this it's just like when people stop caring it's when you lose lives mm-hmm. and like especially when you're handling real guns like again like this happened to brandon lee with the crow like how is this, how did this happen again i can't it's it's just bullshit like it's really when i saw this this made me so mad and it makes me really mad that people are all over alec baldwin this is not the dude's fault like, it's just a really sad situation all around, man.
0: Yeah, uh, really sucks. She was forty-two years old, um, and on set, there, uh, one of the more, one one of the other things I learned is that on set uh, they had already had guns misfiring, um, so it was a problem on set uh, up yeah. until this moment. So.
1: Yeah, this is it's one of those situations where like something shitty like this has to happen before something like changes, and like yeah. I, it's always that it's always the case where like it has to happen before we change it, and I hate that I really do.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey guys, you know the conditions of these people—it's not good. So things like that are bound to happen unless you make it better for them. No, man. It's not a threat. I didn't mean to sound like a threat. No, 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 no. Like, accidents happen. Just damn it. That
1: also sounds like a threat. Hey, don't bring a real gun to set. Yeah. It's very easy. Very easy.
0: Uh, and hey, guys, accidents happen. How familiar are we with the Ruby Rose situation going on right now?
3: I've read. I read everything she said. I read uh sparks i've seen everything she said and i've seen everything other people have said yes
0: so that's what we're talking about next is the ruby rose thing that happened started last week continued on to this past week um she is uh, kind of i'm gonna kind of just frame it and we'll talk about it uh she is accusing the set of batwoman the producers of batwoman uh in some cases the, car, the stars of batwoman for um uh, abuse on set as uh, she's saying that she was abused on set um many times And now she is um, airing out all this stuff to which, obviously, Warner Brothers and the Stars have refuted. And someone that may or may not have worked on the set of Batwoman that CBR just happened to find.
1: Here's the thing. Two situations can be true at the same time. Mm -hmm. Ruby Rose can have been faulted. She could have been abused. She could have been mistreated. She could also be someone hard to work with. Both things can be true. And yep. I, it's I, like, there, I hate being on the internet sometimes because nuance does not exist anymore. It just doesn't. Like it's either black or white. Like Ruby Rose is the sole villain. Warner Brothers is the sole villain or, you know, or the producers. Like both people could be at fault. People are people. Like this is, it's a shitty situation, but like both both sides are at fault, right? Like mm-hmm. they should not have shaded Ruby Rose that way at all whatsoever. But also like more than one person has said that she's a nightmare to work with. And like, I'm, I, am I supposed to believe everybody? It's a hard situation. Like it seems like everyone, it's very chaotic.
3: I think I think Ryan has has it exactly. Like you know, both things can be true at once. And I uh, like we know we know on some level that some amount of what Ruby Rose is saying is true because if you were watching the season, her cowl was changed not to make her more comfortable, but to hide uh, the scar from her injury. Um, it, they they were shifting things to obscure what happened to her rather than. Uh, even though it was her saying like, this is against my my comfort right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that happened. You can see it in the show. Um, so like, there's some amount that has to be true to that. And there's some amount that's probably true about Ruby Rose being difficult to work with. I Those do think hospital it's, pictures. I do think it's funny that the, those. well, I do think it's funny that the two stars who are retaliating back against her are the stars that she named specifically.
0: Oh, right, no one else.
3: Complaints. Right, it's Dougary Scott and uh, the, the one playing Luke Fox. They're the two she named specifically, and they're the two who are refuting it very adamantly. And I'm like, there's a lot of people that work on these shows and have interacted with Ruby Rose, and I'm like, you know, th- this is not the first time we've heard of weird, shady stuff happening on the CW shows. Brandon Routh yep. being unceremoniously mm-hmm. kicked out. Uh, John Barrowman, too. Um uh, of these shows, like like weird things happen. And candace weird... Patton
0: has been talking about the it for years.
3: Thing, the whole thing with um oh yeah candace this Patton go? um uh, the whole thing that happened with um uh McRory when he yeah. tweet when he tweeted out about issues with the staff and then he took it all back and then he's like no it's fine it's you know <laughs> like there's weird junk going on there um yeah. it's it would not shock me at all that both things live in some amount of truth. And it would not shock me at all. Like we know Ruby Rose was holding back on something when she left.
0: Well, and Ruby Rose also, you know, there's, there's, if you create a toxic work environment, you create a, you can in some ways create a toxic person. So she could have been um, feeding off of the environment that she was forced to be in yeah. contractually uh, and being, and being in that being the cause for her being bad um the i wanted to i do want to bring up though because uh, obviously she refutes it but um the ceo that of the cbr found that worked on uh that supposedly was a pa on batwoman uh there is no record of that person ever working on batwoman um so like that's really that was one of the things where i was like this feels like uh that that warner brothers is trying to put out like kind of like hit pieces on her to get to lower what they're doing like with what? ray fisher
3: Wait, 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 wait. Are you suggesting that Warner Brothers would make up a rumor about Jason Momoa starring in a movie just to distract people from an important news item that's just, yes. like, criticizing them?
0: I forgot about Frosty the Snowman.
3: <laughs> Ma Rudolph!
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, so, I. This Brandon,
1: sucks. Brandon, you're 100% right. Like, if you, if you are in a toxic work environment, that itself can turn you into a negative person. Like, mm-hmm. if she suffered serious injuries that are, like, threatening to her health then the producers are like oh if you quit the show you're putting everyone at risk and you're gonna lose millions of dollars that is such bullshit you do not put that on an actor who is doing this job and who hurt themselves yes if they're also a mean person that does not excuse it no matter what like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like two wrongs don't make a right in any situation like she can be mean like again like no excuses like this is just shitty all around like maybe she was mean also she was treated wrongly like it's it's all it's a bad it's a bad juju yeah
3: I think Uh, I think a very prominent thing to me is that um if you i i have to lean towards ruby rose on a lot of this only because like in the lead-up to her being batwoman she was she was so excited about Mm -hmm. playing that role it was so important to her she has been nothing publicly but supportive of javica leslie taking over batwoman um and she has never said a disparaging thing or being upset that she that they replaced her essentially with javica leslie she's been she's been so supportive of that concept uh and that that makes me feel like there has to be so much more to what she's saying not that i'm choosing sides i think ryan's right there's an amount of truth to everything um but at the moment like there's been so much weird stuff that that leaks out through those cw shows about like cast members feeling like they're they're getting the short end of the stick or mistreated or something uh it would not shock me even a little yeah
0: all right let's move on to that from from that then i hope honestly i hope something comes of this i'm sick of hearing warner brothers just uh cw is, is terrible someone's got to fix them some, some well, well
3: and well and importantly like because you brought up ray fisher like ruby rose mentioning like watching ray fisher do this and and take them on and ray fisher also vocalizing his support of ruby rose and mm-hmm. saying like we're in we're in a boat right now mm-hmm. and I, i'm i'm inclined to believe that like I don't think, like, everybody at the top of Warner Brothers is shitty, but I do think that when something gets criticized that there's a, a cog or a gear somewhere that's not treating people right, Warner Brothers is way more proactive about deny, obscure, and defend yep. than actually trying to investigate, and uh, even though there was, like, the investigation to the Ray Fisher stuff, like, uh, uh, rather than actually trying to admit or solve or have a dialogue about the situation. Yeah, um, and that seems all the more prominent with these CW shows.
0: Yeah, yeah, they've all had it. We've all we've heard about so many issues with all of them.
3: Superman and Lois. Don't <laughs> we we it. knew so. Um, it's it's not really a mate of major report, but like China McLean um was leaving Black Lightning at the end of the last season, yeah. but the series ended, so that didn't really get picked up. But she was leaving, and she said she had her own reasons. And she, you know, she loved the people who she loved, and she had her issues with the people she had issues with, and she wasn't going public about exactly what was up. But um, something was up, yeah. and it didn't really make the presses afterwards because not long after she announced she was leaving, they just canceled the show.
0: That could be why they canceled the show.
3: I'm I'm saying like I think that there's you know some people who are favored and some people who aren't, and it's not pretty. Yeah.
0: All right. Speaking of not pretty. Let's talk about some quick. We'll breeze by this one. Uh, Marvel movies have been delayed. Uh, they've been pushed back to their to the slots afterwards. Uh, Kevin Feige said because there's
3: Disney movies, lots of Disney Dis-
0: movies, lots of Disney. Oh, there's also a lot of Disney movies. I don't have uh, all the Disney. It's changes. okay. It's
3: like you know, Indiana Jones also got pushed back. Like all this, all, uh, Disney almost moved all its like most immediate set slate back yeah. in
0: two months. Uh, Indiana Jones had the biggest one because that moved a year. Yeah, almost exactly.
3: That's fine. Uh, that was.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, but it's still it. so it's it still already
1: better. so far away that a delay is not going to bother me, you know, like.
0: So as we knew, Doctor Strange is coming out March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Now it's coming out May sixth, twenty twenty two. Yo, they <laughs> saw that
1: Batman trailer. They're like, no, dude, we can't. Do it. <laughs> no, for real, those two movies are coming two weeks apart. They do. We're not going to do that. Yeah. I
0: don't know. It's like they were like, we we saw our lessons from Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> God. The movie that came out a they week looked, after they
3: looked at uh, they looked at Batman and they went, oh no, art, uh, <laughs> yeah, push, push. cinema. <laughs> uh,
0: Thor: Love and Thunder was moved from its May sixth slot to July eighth, the same okay. same Quiet. year. Not that bad. Black Panther Still- went Forever July eighth had the July eighth spot last year and now is November eleventh of next year. Mm-hmm. All right, that's four MCU movies that year, right?
3: Uh, that would be that would be three, three. dr because strange four it was supposed to be those three plus the marvels the marvels has been pushed into the year after right yes
0: right. so that was the next thing is the mar the marvels has been pushed from november of that year to february 17th of the next year and ant-man and the wasp has been moved from february 17th to july 18th of 2023 and then two films have been taken off the schedule completely but we don't know which two they are
3: this didn't change guardian's date though did it
0: no according to james gunn guardian's date is still the same
3: yeah that's cool All right. So that's more or less where I imagine things will just stay. Yeah. Um I'm a little I'm not upset about it or anything, but I'm a little surprised that Black Panther isn't the one that got pushed into next year considering just giving themselves a little more of wiggle room to they might to, not to finish adjusting. They might not yeah. need
1: it. They might they might feel
3: They very well yeah. may not. They yeah. very well may not, but I mean like they're still they're still in active production on that. So it's like mm-hmm. Give I, it time. I, I, I would think that's the one I'd want to go push that back a little further. But yeah, yeah maybe, he right. wanna, maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe
0: he doesn't want to do what what he had to do with Spider when Spider Man came into the MCU. Just reshuffle everything and just be like, I just push him back, just back. I don't want to deal with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Some comic book news from the from the week before. Uh, Detective Angel. There's a new spin off of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics happening right now. Um, this Wait, which see. one?
1: The old man Buffy or just the the, the revamp or the actual? Which one?
0: This is the, the current Boom Studios Buffy the Vampire Slayer ongoing series.
3: Got it. Okay. The revamp uh,
0: one. The revamp of the... Of the Not TV Sarah Michelle
3: Gellar. Buffy, revampire.
1: Okay. <laughs> so this is like new angel. Basically. Yes. Okay, cool.
0: So this will be... Because th- this, will be an, this would be an angel that didn't go to LA uh, to open up a detective agency. Mm-hmm. This is now an angel that is going to LA to be a television star and hunt monsters with Cordelia. This is going to be an eight-issue miniseries coming from That's Christopher Cantwell.
3: That's the same thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Christopher Cantwell and Daniel Bayless are writing this.
3: Uh, I, Cantwell can always do well. I'll be
1: honest. Like I I, I like Buffy. I was never an Angel guy, but I really like Cantwell. So like I can't guarantee I'll pick it up. Uh, but if it's got good word of mouth, I like, try anything once.
0: I've always liked the Angel comics more than I've liked the Buffy comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not to say that the quality would would shift, but I do like Angel. I'd be interested in picking this one up. This sounds cool. I like Cordelia.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do too. All
0: right. Coming out of Devil's Reign is Daredevil Woman Without Fear. <laughs> ah! Electra is the new Daredevil, in case you hadn't heard. It's been um, a year. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a three-issue miniseries coming from Chip Zdarsky and Raphael de L- La Um. I'm not gonna make the synopsis. It's it's Lady Electra. It's 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 Electra being Lady Daredevil. Lady Electra.
1: She's Daredevil. She's, yeah. she's No, she's just Daredevil.
0: Uh, Daredevil is doing all you know, going up against the kingpin. Chipsodoski yeah.
1: writing this. Yeah, yeah. Darede- so Matt Murdock's in jail. That's why he's not because I'm the only person reading it. He's not in jail. So Electra's been Daredevil for like a year and she kicks ass. Uh, I everyone's really, really scared that the status quo is about to change and after Devil's Reign, it's just gonna be Murdoch again. And I get it. He's about to show up in the MCU because obviously he's in Spider-Man. Oh, I get it. But like, it's it's been—it's just—it's a nice legacy thing that like nothing good lasts forever. Well, I mean,
0: to be fair, if Chip Zdarsky, because people are also theorizing that Chip Zdarsky is leaving Daredevil after Devil's Reign. Yeah. you Know it's, it's a tradition, it's a tradition to leave Daredevil in a place that the in a in, in like in a corner so that the yep. next writer has to write that out of. So they could just keep the status quo as it is and I, let the next writer deal with it.
1: That's what I want, but I just don't believe Marvel's gonna do it. That's it, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, She Hulk is also getting a new ongoing series. Uh, now oh. back to her normal She Hulkiness.
2: I wonder
3: why
0: um with isn't art. there a
2: show coming out soon i think there is
0: this will be written by rainbow raul with uh, art by roger antonio uh we already heard this is coming but this yeah. is kind of this is what it is february
1: yeah uh um, rainbow raul wrote runaways uh the newest runaways uh, uh great a great great writer Um, yeah. totally excited for this
0: do you want me to read the synopsis for this one
1: is it long that's
0: okay Uh, The best character ever is back in her own series and about to glam up the whole Marvel universe. Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. the sensational She-Hulk, is no longer savage and needs to put her life back together. She's got a career to rebuild, friends to reconnect with, and maybe represent in a court of law. Uh, And enemies to, well, she may not want to connect with them, but they are definitely going to connect with her. And the last page of this first issue is going to send Jen down a road she's never traveled and oh. that will shake up her life and possibly the whole Marvel universe.
1: Wow, what if everything you do is wrong? Um hell man'm I'm, I'm just so excited for her to have a personality again. I'm so excited. <laughs> hell yeah.
0: should be good. Um, that's all the comic news from the last week. so let's get into some other things. We learned last week that Hayden Christensen, is going to return as Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, and Ahsoka. Sweet. Doo, 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 doo. Let that man get that money. I'm
2: so happy for him. Yeah, I really, all I have to say is sweet. I don't wanna I don't wanna dive in anymore into this. I'm just like, he's back as Vader. Yeah, give that man the money. He's he's owed it.
1: Getting those two shows. This
2: is the two they, shows. They really had like oh they were like oh, he was on Obi-Wan and was
0: like, hey, can you like hop on over to the other volume so we can they get saw. you into Ahsoka? I'm pretty
1: <laughs> sure, yeah. that's what happened.
3: This has rekindled my hopes for a Hayden Christensen Force Ghost that's like half him and half Vader. Yeah. yeah. It's back, baby. The From Force Awakens.
1: Back. They'll bring it I back. Floney. Floney brings coolest, it all back.
3: It's the coolest concept. I'm just I, I I think this would be such a wonderful context for him to do it. And if I see Hayden Christensen say snips, oh boy. Oh boy. I'm gonna soar. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so
0: happy that we get to see Ana- live action Anakin and live action Ahsoka meet. We're at that place. Mm-hmm.
1: Yo, man. Time time allows everything eventually. It's great. And Hayden
0: Christensen doesn't look that much different than he did in Rejoins of the Sith. It
3: no, helps and like that he's you know,
1: perpetually twenty.
3: I'm, I am here for a Force ghost, baby. I am here That's for it. a Force ghost, and I want him to be. I want him to be caught between the two. I, oh, I love it.
0: I think we're getting both because uh, he's not going to show up as Darth Vader. Um, because that's after it's after, um, not like as a force, partially, partially, hopefully. But I'm thinking we're also getting flashbacks to a live action Clone Wars, maybe.
1: I have to imagine Mm. in both shows, there's gonna be some backwardsing.
0: I I just want to, you know what? I want to see Obi Wan in the Clone Wars armor so bad, dude.
1: It's a hundred percent gonna happen. He's getting though, he's getting that white outfit, absolutely.
0: All right, that's as much as Sparks wants the Force goes Vader Anakin, like that's how much I want. Obi Wan in that Clone Wars armor. No, man. I mean, like, it
3: looks good. Like those, uh, those Battlefront two models are, are yes. sick. Hell oh, yeah! All
0: right. We all like John Wick. It's true. Uh, last this um this is also this is also this week. Um, the Continental, which is the TV series spinoff of John Wick, has cast one of its leads. It has not cast the winst the young Winston yet, but Mel Gibson will play the co lead of the series.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: you really don't want me to watch a john wick show you sons of bitches listen he's not the lead he's not the lead no he's not the lead that's that's what i have to keep telling myself because it's really bummed me out when i saw it
2: yeah god dang it 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 still surprised me how mel gibson can still get work after all the shit he's done i'm not surprised
1: that he gets like smaller work but like high profile work like this.
2: Like the last thing I could ever remember seeing Mel Gibson in is in that movie with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg where they're like. Daddy's, Daddy, Daddy's yeah, home it. it was the it. Was the trailer,
3: right. It was the trailer last year for the Santa thing with Walton. Oh, Huggins.
2: right. Oh, yeah. Well, did he play Santa in that movie? Yep. Yeah. Oh, drunk, right. drunk Santa. Oh, yeah. Drunk Santa. Listen,
1: anyway. man, I, I love the John Wick franchise. I love that world building. This makes me a little less excited, if I'm going to be honest. But like. Yeah. 100%. Hopefully he dies. Hopefully he dies real early. <laughs> you know? um,
0: well, maybe we're not too interested in that one, but maybe we're interested in the next one, which is Ballerina, which is the film spin-off of John Wick. We saw the we saw the ballerinas in, in three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Ana de Armas has been cast as a young assassin seeking revenge for the murder of her family.
1: Punisher. John Wick. Yeah, fine. Cool. I love Ana de Armas. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah, she can definitely hold herself in action sequences. We saw recently from No Time to Die. I'm oh, sorry.
1: and a half minutes. Hell yeah, baby.
0: Uh yeah, I'm glad that she's I'm glad that she's getting this kind of high profile action work again. Um that way we can see more of it.
1: Yes. I'm excited.
0: This took me completely by surprise. Do you guys remember the film History of the World Part One? I do. Well, did you ever think we'd get a part two? No.
1: no. I really didn't. I really, well, really didn't.
0: Guess what? Hulu has picked up an eight episode sequel series called History of the World Part 2 written and executive produced by Mel Brooks
1: Bro he is I love Mel Brooks he is 1 foot in 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 the grave right yes. like He's like a he's he 100 years old i am so glad this is happening this is the, this is Brandon. you're right this is like one of the craziest announcements this is crazier than any infinity war like we're getting a sequel to that movie from 40 years ago what yes
0: that because there's the there's the bits at the end of that first movie that like sees like next time on history of the world.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm in I'm in such shock about it that it it's I don't believe it will happen. Right? Still. Yeah. Like I, I know it's announced a, and I'm like there's no way. There's no way this is actually getting made. I was so they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll decide to pass or something.
0: It's so weird seeing news that you don't have tons and tons of rumors to talk to sift through beforehand because yeah. this came out of nowhere like okay. variety picked it up was like hey they're making history of the world part two like is it april fools what happened
3: ben it's not you, even it's not seen... even just that but like mel brooks coming back to do something and you're yeah. like oh okay okay mel brooks is coming back it's history of the world part two no it isn't
1: <laughs> I, was the last thing that he did was it the Spaceballs animated show it was
0: the young frankenstein stage musical oh, okay
1: yeah. he was a part of that yeah. Cool. okay yeah right he on. wrote that Cool.
0: Uh, Nick Kroll, Wanda Sykes, Ike Barinholtz, David Stassen, and Kevin Salter are also writers on the series.
3: Oh shit! Those are all excellent comedians. Yeah, they're really good
2: comedians. Okay.
3: Mel uh, Brooks was also a voice in Toy Story 4. Oh, oh yeah. I just, re- I just remembered that. I forgot until the second. Yeah. The Schwartz uh,
0: um, I Ben, you didn't answer. Did you answer Ryan's question? Have you, you seen History of the World Part One? Yeah, I shook my head. Oh, I've never seen History of the World Part One. You should.
3: So... this is like then for context this is like if kung pao actually got its sequel oh okay oh, yeah gotcha.
1: 100%. it's it's a stupid silly look isn't at it? all of all of history
0: isn't it coming no. out
3: oh come on bro no <laughs> like it's been it's been gonna get made coming out for like a decade i swear um, i
0: saw it on imdb
3: no it's it's to, been bro, in pre-production me. for 20 years um, yeah uh but Ben will understand that because that the move those things end the same with like a and here's part two coming, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. But there was never an intention for History of the World, part two. Okay. So that was uh, a gag.
1: When I was young, I was like, why didn't they make part two? Me too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I'm excited. I love Mel Brooks. I I honestly I think I love every movie he's done, every stage show he's done. We've...
1: I
3: even like uh Dracula Dead and Loving It.
0: Me too. Oh, I yeah, really yeah. like Dracula Dead and loving it.
3: God, I, just love, I, watched, love it yeah. I watched that again last year uh, and I was so happy. Hell yeah. So
0: cute. <laughs> God, that movie's great. All right, Now we're into this week. Let's do it! Uh, Brendan Fraser has been cast as Firefly in Batgirl, yeah, the HBO Max movie.
1: The Fraser
3: Sons is here, baby.
0: The Fraser Sons. He's here! He's, here. He's,
3: he's back! Two DC it's properties! A, this is the return of the king. Hell
1: yeah. Yes.
0: Is um, it only like May- this, this is, is the two,
1: two mother the dragon emperor?
0: Oh, this was this was not this was coincidental. <laughs> that was coincidental? All right. Um Mag says, before we get too far into this, best one is young Frankenstein as far as Mel Brooks films. That is my favorite. It's my favorite comedy of all time.
1: It it it, it, it is probably his best movie. That movie is impeccable. My
2: Blazing Saddles favorite. is really good though. Oh, yes. I love Blazing Saddles. My favorite probably is the producers though. They're all
3: classic man, all good sure. shit. Jeremy and, I, Jeremy and I were just talking about, um, because we we're Van Helsing and The Mummy were both on at one point in the background, Stephen Sommer's versions of both, mm-hmm. um, and he was like, God, I just I wish that we had the crossover film where Brendan Fraser and Hugh Jackman got together with Frankenstein's monster and the trio of them had to do something really stupid Hell and yeah. like, I would have loved that so much more than The Mummy 3 <laughs>
2: I would, <laughs> right.
3: agree. Yeah, yeah
2: sparks what have you done to me i want this. i wanted it when
0: van Helsing came out
3: yeah yeah same, same. benny
0: is benny is igor
3: yeah benny's igor oh that's right. a good idea actually all
0: right no but Brandon fraser. Igor. yeah <laughs> but brendan fraser is is gonna be a villain i'm excited to see him as a villain
2: yeah yeah he's yeah. always like yeah or all the stuff i've seen him in, he's always like the good guy he
1: he he's done some um some uh out of country movies where he plays like he did an Indian movie where he played like an in like a, like a business like an evil businessman. Mm-hmm. Um but like he's generally in America. Weren't you big weren't guy.
3: just talking about the Soderbergh movie that just came out where Oh with Don Cheadle and he's, he's no, a bad sudden dude. No, no sudden moves. No sudden moves. Move. Yeah, yeah, he's like a
1: bad boy in to oh, yeah, see that yeah. Ooh, I'm uh, excited though. Like big, like big, big screen
2: movie. Yeah. HBO, HBO Max
0: really, Brendan Fraser has found a home on HBO Max.
1: Hell
2: yeah, man. Get that. I'm glad Brendan Fraser's back because oh, yeah. i've been listening to, i've been there i've been hearing more things about Brendan fraser now recently about how he got screwed over how he was sexually harassed oh yeah and just all this other shit i'm like because he was so prominent back in the early in the late 90s early 2000s and then just vanished
1: so i guarantee you because uh, it is a cyclical world we live in because of the mummy with tom cruise flopped I guarantee we will get another Mummy movie before our lives are over with Brendan Don't with do this Fraser. to me. No, it's just that's the that's Hollywood. They know. No, that I know, but I want it. I want.
0: I want the Brendan Fraser. I want Brendan Fraser to come back in the Mummy. I want to see what he will do with it little. Now. His
1: kid's gonna be his age, and he's gonna be like taken over. It's if the Mummy, if the Dark Universe was successful, it wouldn't happen. But that that thing flopped. We're getting the Mummy back. We're getting it back. Wait, we'll you would
3: it, it
0: Nineteen
1: forty. <laughs> Maybe no,
3: even further. I think.
2: Nineteen fifty sure yeah anyway
1: it's yeah. 20 years it happens it's cool
0: anyway i'm i'm really excited i love Brendan fraser um mm-hmm. glad to see him back and some and any and anything um val zod the superman movie that Michael B. jordan is producing this is the other one not the ta-nehisi coast one um val zod uh that movie will be written and directed by the writers of transformers rise of the beast sorry just ri- just written darnell Mateo and josh peters they're doing transformers rise of the beasts and then after they'll mm. do this
1: they mm. that movie must okay. be good enough yeah for them to All get right. this one
0: yeah wow, i'm we surprised didn't... that we're getting two african-american superman movies
1: and we're also getting another transformers movie soon we
3: still movie. don't know that do we on ta coats
0: well they said they said it's a black superman yeah oh, they... did they okay yeah.
3: yeah uh this one is definitely further along it seems like yeah
0: yeah which was surprising because the Tana Hasty Coats one was the one announced first. Yeah. Um, all right. Ant Man of the Wasp, Oh, been...
1: That has got to be, I cannot believe that. If that the, logo's real. <laughs> the logo is real. Did either
0: of you guys see that? Uh-uh. No. So there's the logo. It's like the official logo of Ant Man of the Wasp. And it basically might as well read Oobaloobaloo.
1: I'll try to find a picture of
0: it.
3: It's really bad font for Quantum Mania. You, it's practically illegible. Yeah. Like if you don't know it's the title, you can't read it.
0: I still haven't been able to read it. Anyway, Bill Murray is in the movie.
3: Cool. Wild. Um, he's
1: no big character. There's no way. No. But... I am mean, got...
3: I'm, I'm willing to put money down. He's Bill Murray. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, just like in Zombieland.
3: Yeah, I did see,
1: and I don't think they're gonna go this way. But somebody said, "What if they make him Eric O'Grady, which is like the shitty uh, Irish Ant Man?" and like he's like the like the uh, he's like um Hank Pym's uh like enemy during his time as Ant-Man. And I'm like, "Oh, that'd be a cool idea, but I don't think that's it either. That's too good of an idea." That, that would be
3: hilarious. That'd, that'd be, be too cool. Good.
1: But I'm going to put
0: I'm going to put this one out there because we're getting Kang, so we're doing something cosmic in this movie. What if he's another elder of the universe? What if he is Jeff Goldblum and Benicio Del Toro's brother?
1: I am I'm not I'm not against that, especially because Ant-Man is is this huge movie now um at least it, ha- it has to be right you're dealing with king it can't be a small movie right i right. don't know man. yeah <laughs> bill murray in a marvel movie god bless it
0: <laughs> yeah i could see him as like in that because that that feels in line with what the elders of the universe in the mcu are
1: all right bill, ben can bill you murray, uh, that's, bill, there read goes, that yeah. ben can you read that for me oh <laughs> remember, remember what Yandu
2: says in
1: Guardians? That's what
2: i For a second, Brandon, when you said the thing, I thought you were doing that, what, that TikTok uh trend where it's like replace every vowel <laughs> with oob. Oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that font is doing though. Yeah, yeah that was um... what most, it's like so
3: i was i was with because jeremy's here so uh i was with jeremy when this this news came out and i turned to jeremy and i'm like ant-man poised to be the best trilogy in the mcu
0: (laughs) yeah hey man I'm Anyone so know? glad we're all on the Ant Man. one of the Majors. best.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got Jonathan Majors as Kang and then Bill Murray coming in. I'm like, well, it's gonna be the
1: best trilogy oh, ever. Uh, I just I, like two weeks ago, I watched an interview with Jonathan Majors. Um, he's talking about the the cowboy movie he's in, but he's talking about Kang because he's filming Ant Man right now. Yeah. Um, and before Loki came out, um, he had Kang as his background screen. So somebody on the bus saw his background screen and put it together. He's like, I think John of the Majors is King. I think those rumors are true. So like for months he was like, nah, nah. And he's like, I was my own villain. I did this to myself. And I'm like, <laughs> he was reading like comics on his phone. Like, and I'm like, oh, that's so, he's excited about it. I love it.
3: I love that he's so absorbed in it. That yeah. he made it his phone better. He talked
0: about it. He talked about recently like Kang in Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. And he was like, yeah, it's not, I mean, because they were asked, like, will it be similar to the character you played in Loki? And it's like, well, they're not the same character, are they? Yeah. You know, there's the one, the, there's him in, in, in Loki, and then there's Kang. I'm Kang the, in this movie. That's the
3: thing. I'm not surprised he's so happy. He has been given a decade in the largest franchise in the world of playing, essentially, his own orphan black into it. Uh, yeah for the next 10 years of course he's absolutely engrossed and happy like he's, he's gonna make money I'm so
2: I
0: excited just, for that western movie i just love
2: how he decided to put Kane of K- conquer as his phone wall screen you if i was cast in this every
0: movie yeah you bet,
1: you bet your ass that's my Yo, background man, marvel snipers brought him in that second yeah
0: um
3: i don't right. think the marvel snipers uh are are getting their checks anymore because that Spider-Man stuff is a is a crazy <laughs> ship, my friend.
0: Amy Pascal forgot to pay her Marvel sniper fee.
1: An entire team of interns is about to like get wiped off the face of the earth.
3: I loved I loved like the the Empire stuff that came out, and Kevin Feige's like, "Yo, like you know, some rumors are true and some rumors are not." And I'm like, Kevin, every rumor's true, man. <laughs> Stop trying to trick. I them.
1: don't. I'm not going to talk about what's in that Empire article, but they confirm more villains than we've seen. Yeah, and I'm like, Kevin. Well, Where's the control? Right. There's also there's right, the a, bit a, where
2: time, where time, because I haven't heard anything about this Empire article. I really yeah. don't know what you guys are talking about. So if it's talk about spoilers, no, we're no, not ben, talking about spoilers. Ben,
1: I literally Ben's... just said I'm not going
2: to spoil it. All right. <laughs> ben, calm down. Um, no, what we what what uh what
0: they there's an interview for Empire magazine where uh where uh, John Watts is like yeah, there's such and such and such and such in this movie. Um, and then he goes, uh, and then like afterwards, all the articles have to be like so. John Watts really wants us to say he was joking in the moment. Um, And I was like, yeah, sure he was. (laughs)
1: Yes. Maybe don't print it in your magazine for millions of people to see. Yeah, it.
0: there, there is there a leak at Sony, and the, the Amy Pascal has to probably, like, rent out the Marvel snipers, and <laughs> she didn't pay her fees.
1: I'm just saying, sometimes it's nice to walk into a movie knowing every single thing about it, you know? You just, like, yeah. your feet back, you're like, ah, oh, what's a surprise?
3: Ben, ben I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's exactly what you think. If you've been paying attention, it's exactly yeah. what you think. If you're on the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, we we'll talked about it. Yeah. Um, it's bad. Yeah, all
0: right. Anyway, a- Amy, pay your pay your sniper dues.
2: Yeah. Um your Marvel Sniper dues.
0: So uh there is a Tomb Raider anime coming out. We've talked about it before. Haley Atwell is playing um the the, the Laura Croft. Croft. Um now we have more casting and kind of more information. They talked about how the the anime is going to kind of bridge the original trilogy with the survivor with the, the original games of the survivor trilogy, kind of see how The Survivor Trilogy Lara becomes the Lara of the original games, Mm -hmm. Um, and to personify that they've cast two characters from both uh, eras. One Zip, who showed up in the the three Tomb Raider films, Tomb Raider Legends, Tomb Raider Underworld, and I don't have the third one. I apologize. Um, Alan Maldonado, sorry, Um, is going to play Zip, and then Earl Balin is going to reprise his role as Jonah the survivor trilogy oh that's cool yeah
1: that's that's some that's some good synergy i like that
0: yeah i, I think that's kind of cool i'm really excited i really like the survivor trilogy Yeah. Um, I did too. so cool. i do too
3: i just don't feel like it had to be connected to the original stuff
1: i didn't either that's but me. i don't it's mind. yeah it is because like this thing is like it's like the the it's half a reboot and also like the origins of Lara. so like but i, I, I mean, guess like,
3: but they yeah. built her to be like a different person than those original games she and is I'm not, such, not in those original games she is like, such
1: a murderer in these new
3: games oh my yeah. god oh, she yeah. went well,
0: from she went from james bond to uh nathan
1: drake yes
3: and that's well, the not, uncharted like, influence like absolutely like it is an origin story for her but it was also a reinvention and just the concept of saying like no it's not a reinvention this, that's that's a little odd no that's i get, get it it's no, like
0: bumblebee to transformers
3: yeah it's like, like no, it, it's not, it's it doesn't carry over, like bro. It's a reinvention, and that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of reinventions, National Treasure, the Ooh, Disney yeah. Plus series, not mm-hmm. the supposed third film, we're still maybe getting.
1: Maybe.
0: Um, Lisette Al- Alexis has been cast as Jess Morales, the lead of the new series. Uh, she is going to th- uh, be a dreamer, um, I-, I believe. Yeah. This cap dream is capitalized, so I think it's it's meant to be the uh Yes. Uh yeah. She
1: is the child of immigrants. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh who embark on an adventure to uncover the truth about her past and save the lost Pan American treasure. Mm. Sounds like an uncharted movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, nope,
0: national yeah. treasure movie. That's no, later. you're
1: still you're still right. Um mm. yeah, I mean, like I I I if you're gonna do national treasure and not have Nick Cage, do something different with it. Yeah. So, like, I think this is a cool idea, you know, uh, uh, going into, like, uh, uh, like someone's nationality and, like, it's actually, like, a part of them. Like, I think that's a really cool idea. Um, maybe have Nick Cage show up for a second. Hey, you want to steal the... Oh, I'm just kidding. Never mind. You know.
0: And, and, you know, uh, let's still get that third movie. Selfishly, I still want that third movie. Like, oh, you're not the other one. Me too. I bet this
1: is, like, a test ground to see if, like, they want to do a big budget big movie. Yeah. But
3: whatever it is it's uh that they get it and at the end of the series nicholas cage shows up with the president guy from national treasure TV, bruce greenwood like, this was one of the things in the book
0: <laughs> oh my god he could make it like the librarians to the librarian trilogy oh my say, god
1: that reminded me of the end of like tokyo drift where Vin shows up but it's like nick cage at the end of national treasure like oh you don't even know about this world <laughs>
3: This is, this is where you find out Indiana Jones and National Treasure exists in the same universe and they have the same warehouse with all the stuff.
1: Oh, with the Ark of the Covenant? You're just describing
0: yeah. the librarian. Leave something to the imagination, sir.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um, all right.
3: Yeah, but it's Disney's The Librarian. So oh, so you're right. Can, Sorry. So people will people watch it. And service. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I like The Librarian. It's no, a stupid show.
3: I'm glad someone does. Yeah.
0: Um, Percy Jackson as a director the pilot for Percy Jackson will be directed by James Bobbin who directed <gasps> The Muppets and The Muppets Most Wanted.
1: Hell yeah and the second Alice in Wonderland movie. Um oh cool. yeah. Hey that's I like that better than the first one. Um mm. so like that's cool. I like I like his directing style. He's got chops. Yeah.
3: I I'm my whole thing is that I'm still not sold on this needing to be a live action series. I think the smarter route was to go animation. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm certainly excited to see a more faithful interpretation of those books.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
3: Which I'm sure it will be because it's got Riot in there.
0: Speaking of Mel Gibson, remember how he was the villain in Untriders oh, Untri- on the Brain? Expendables 4? 3?
2: 3. I thought it was 3. He was the bad guy. It's yeah, that's back. why
0: I corrected 3. No, he's not back. Oh. uh, Iko Uwe... From the Raid uh, duology and Snake Eyes, um, is going to be the lead villain in uh, in Expendables Four.
1: He was um, he's one of the random super tough henchmen in one of the Fast and Furious movies. He always shows he's in um, the Force Awakens on one of their squads uh, uh, with Han Solo's ship. Uh, He's one of the best martial arts in the world uh, on screen and off. So like he's a great he's a great villain, a great presence. Uh, Cool that dude kicks ass. It's
0: gonna be interesting watching. Slide alone. and all of a sudden, no martial arts.
1: Well, no, see, it's the thing about like in that universe, like, oh, uh, it's like old and tough versus young and nimble. So, like, no, that's he, true. he's like super, super fast. And he's like, Ugh! do
0: you think he and Jet Lee clash?
1: Oh, they've already clashed, I'm sure.
0: Do you think Jet Lee is in Expendables 4?
1: <laughs> no, hell no.
0: Oh, right, Jackie Chan is though,
1: is he? Yeah, oh, Jackie, no,
0: <laughs> so there you go. It'll be the second movie that Jet Li and Jackie Chan have been in.
1: The Forbidden Kingdom.
0: The best news that happened this week is part of our, our topic. Uh, but Dune officially got its sequel announced. Dune Part 2 is coming. Uh, Legendary said so on Tuesday. They can't take it back at this point. Um, Man, it was... it's so
1: funny because uh, like Box Office comes out like on Monday and they didn't announce it on Monday. So people were super scared. But then yeah. they just waited one more day and
3: I was I wasn't even worried because like Denny and Warner Brothers were all like, yo, it'd have to like it, like no people would have to like not go see it at all. Like everybody would have to not go see it for there not to be a part two.
0: The movie also, if I had known how little the movie cost, I would have I would never have been on the fence about a sequel. I would have been totally like absolutely it's getting a sequel. Yo, it only you, cost 160 million.
1: Wow, we're so used to Marvel movies having ballooning budgets and not showing it. Uh, this movie uh, looks like it costs double what it costs you know why? because when you shoot on practical sets and you just shoot in a desert instead of spending millions of dollars on CGI it's cheaper that way believe it or not Uh, I am so thrilled Uh, spoilers I love dude Um, (laughs) so um, the next two years are going to be a very excited wait while I read all those books that I play all those games for the the Sega CD all this stupid shit I'm so excited
0: Um, filming is going to start next year then he said like I'm not going to start filming until next year um, and then he also revealed the nugget that he wants this to be a trilogy, having Dune Messiah be the third movie.
3: A trilogy minimum. Yeah. A
0: trilogy minimum. That's true. He because he said like I'm not interested in franchise filmmaking, but like I want to tell Paul's story.
1: Yeah, because yeah, uh, Children of Dune, which is the fourth book, is a considerable time jump and deals with lots of other things. So like yeah, Paul's story is 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 up to Messiah.
3: Um, I I highly suspect Villeneuve said that. Uh, you need at least messiah to tell the whole story mm-hmm. minimum um mm-hmm. i suspect he they'll get all the way up through messiah and then they'll make children of dune and vilnu will will not direct it but will produce it
1: yeah i think i've seen that
3: and bring he, someone else in to direct it he
1: he even said like he he this is like the dune's the biggest movie he's ever made but like dune messiah it is it is a huge thing it is it is Sorry, not the Messiah. children of Dune, the fourth one that is huge cosmic avengers endgame shit he doesn't want to make that type of movie that's not what he's interested in he's interested in the really small personal stuff that is in the three dune books while also having science fiction the further along it gets you're just giant sandworm people dealing with cosmic gods and it's like it's he's not interested in that kind of stuff
0: i could see legendary wanting like spark said and like ryan agreed uh i could see legendary wanting to keep the franchise going because i think that as people as it goes on it'll become more successful i don't see a drop-off happening with this film um and other directors kind of like not necessarily to like it would need it but to kind of assure audiences like hey if you didn't see the first three you could watch this one have a new voice come in with a, in a different part of the franchise.
3: Yeah importantly, um, because we've talked about box office, I think this put a nail in the coffin of, like, is streaming going to overtake the movie theaters anytime soon? Hell yeah. No. Mm-hmm. The answer is no. If you have a movie that looks like it should be seen in theaters, people are gonna go to the theaters. To not
1: just, not just any, this isn't a Star Wars. This is a hardcore science fiction book based off a 60s novel that is very dense and that, like, not a lot of young people even know. And this movie's made $250 million, and it's, like, critically an audience, like, love. Like, it's I am shocked. I am shocked this movie is doing as well as it is. And Deddy Belnew deserves it because he's made nothing but box office disasters. He's made great movies, but his, none of his movies make money. Um, so this is like a gift from the, the Bene Gesserit herself. Like <laughs> it's, it's so, it's really, I'm so happy because this guy deserves a win more than anybody else in Hollywood. For sure. Yeah. Um,
0: all right. some Comic book news. Again, Marvel had a, their solicitations released this week so a couple of the comics uh, were announced um such as a new iron fist series um a five issue miniseries written by Alyssa wong with art by michael yg uh, is it yig i'm not sure um it's going to see danny rand stepping away from the iron fist mantle and a new character that's unannounced we don't know that's name uh stepping into the iron fist mantle
1: this is awesome i love legacy characters um if you're reading, I'm not reading the series, but if you're reading another Marvel series, we know who the next Iron Fist is. Um, it's a character called Swordmaster. Um, he is a new character, very new. I believe he was created for one of the mobile games, actually. Um, but he's dealing with stuff there, um, and the villain in that book is the villain in this new book. So it's looking very likely that he's taking over the mantle. And they and they know each other, uh, Danny and him too. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna pick up this number one. I love Iron Fist. It's cool that it's somebody else. I love I love Legacy.
0: You know who else you love? No, Ghost Rider. It was announced this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was announced this week that next year, twenty twenty two, will be will be officially christened the spirit of the 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 year of vengeance, uh, because it is da- at uh, Johnny Blaze's fiftieth anniversary uh, next year.
1: It's it's really funny. Technically, it's fifty five, but if you're counting it differently, fifty makes more sense. It, right. sounds ni- it sounds nicer because they missed it already.
0: Yeah. Um, Benjamin Percy and Corey Smith will usher in the, the year of vengeance with a new Johnny Blaze ongoing series, Ghost Rider.
1: Bro, Ben Percy. What a guy. He's writing those X-Books. He's killing it. Um, guys, Ghost Rider's cool. You guys read that Ghost Rider series by Ed Brisson that mm-hmm. unfortunately got canceled after six issues. I, didn't even I get really like that. Didn't even get the finish. And those issues were, like, done, too. It's bullshit. Um they're gonna they're pushing ghost rider very very hard i think because he is eventually going to show up like all these characters do eventually into the mcu the 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 marvel horror push in the next couple years is going to be hard and heavy you know we got moon knight we got blade we got world by night all this stuff's happening um i'm i love ghost rider i've gotten into ghost rider so much over the last couple months this is Uh, it's never been a more perfect time for ryan leopolis um, every Ghost Rider who's ever existed is on that cover, even mm-hmm. the super obscure ones. I love it. Oh my god! I and also that uh, art by Ryan uh, Stegman or no Ryan Otley Uh, St- Nope. Who no, was, it's you Stegman. Stegman, it Stegman did the
0: yeah. the the, the he, announcing the year of vengeance. Yes.
1: That yeah. is one of the most beautiful pieces of art I've ever seen in my life. And even he saying like I. I don't even care about Ghost Rider, and this is my best work. And I'm like, hell yeah, baby! Um,
0: I'm not as I'm not as engrossed in Ghost Rider as you as you are, but I do really like Ghost Rider. I love yeah. that that last series. I've read uh, Robbie's series, mm-hmm. um, also, um, and Smatterings, uh, otherwise. But I'm so excited to pick up another Ghost Rider ongoing. Yeah, I'm, I hate that that Ed Brisson series was was over, yeah. but this one is kind of going back to the roots for Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze is um, got a home life. He's got he's living in suburbia. Mm-hmm. He's got a wife and kid.
1: I'm. Uh, I'm Monsters have
0: to come out of the woodwork.
1: I'm curious because, like, he's currently like the king of hell stuff, and that stuff's like ending. So I'm wondering if there's going to be like a time jump because, like, he's just married and he has kids. Where did this Mm -hmm. come from? How did this happen? Uh, Maybe
0: he brought it from hell.
1: Oh, hell, wife, hell, baby. As long as Danny catches there, I don't care. It's all good. Yeah, we're all
0: good. Um, I think we're we're. I think we might be getting a Ghost Rider event next year.
3: It sounds like it. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. yeah. Almost certainly
0: um which would be awesome because ghostwriter hasn't been the headline event
1: he hasn't had a an event since midnight suns back in the early 90s
2: yeah let's do it it's been, i think he's due for a new event
0: i agree
1: did
0: you guys read ecstatic yeah i did yeah uh excellent is coming this is the sequel series uh peter milligan and michael allred are returning in february 2022 Spin off from Ecstatic, uh, we'll see the return of You go girl Dupe, Mistress mm-hmm. Sensitive, Anarchist, and Dead Girl. Um, th- that's really all we know so far. We don't have to, like plot details.
1: Yeah, this book got delayed for a long time because of the pandemic. Um, this uh, uh Ecstatics is a terrific, um, kind of cult classic comedy X-Men book. Um, this is like like the 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 obscure, super freaky, super funny versions of the X-Men. So um, it's great that they're coming back.
0: Yeah. And Batman white knight universe is continuing with another volume uh fifth fourth wow fourth volume hot dog um batman beyond the white knight gotta emphasize beyond because uh batman beyond himself terry mcginnis is going to be in this book
1: i'm excited for this one
0: i will i can't wait to see terry mcginnis drawn by sean john gordon murphy yeah it's
1: so good yeah this is this is um Batman Beyond, like his, like the first time that he's without Bruce, like in this universe, right? Like no, like
0: this the, is, this is Batman Beyond, uh, but in the White Knight universe. Oh,
1: gotcha. I'm thinking of that other book. Yeah. This, okay. So this is just Batman Beyond that we haven't seen yet in this universe.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm there. I'm going to buy it. What are you going yeah. to buy? Yeah. I, I love the White Knight universe. I've, I've read the, the two White Knight books. Uh, I haven't read the Harley Quinn one yet, but yeah. Gorgeous. <laughs> so the other week, there was a, the other week, there was a, uh, uh, a rumor floating around that became all the more true this week so i decided to put it on um warner brothers is apparently developing with nether realm uh, uh multiverses multiverse multiverses oh that's awful because it's going to be a smash brothers type yeah melee fighter with all with warner brothers ip
1: yeah i've seen mm. i've already seen the leaks of all of it yeah it's all true yeah.
0: so you know what do we think about this <laughs>
1: Hey guys, are you excited for Gandalf to fight Batman and Rick and Morty? There you go. And Steven Universe? There you go.
0: It's a. Uh, it, it's like uh, what um, Netherrealm Realm is doing it too. That was wild. It's not. Uh, I.
1: It, that's. Uh, it's still not confirmed that it's them. There. It is. It doesn't yeah. look anything like their art style. Or, I was gonna say
3: the, the same. It doesn't look anything not, like the kind of game they would make.
1: I'm pretty sure it's not them. That was just a rumor. Um, yeah.
2: Okay. Well, if, well, they do, if they do do this. Um,
1: this game is. Uh, ha- it's pretty- real. I've. I've seen it.
2: Yeah, that's not I mean, okay. it's just not nether realm. Okay, but whoever is doing this game, I just hope they take some lessons from Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, which gameplay-wise, it's not a bad game, but there isn't much else. Like with Smash Brothers, you get pieces of music, you get voice cuts, you get a whole bunch of other things. In Nickelodeon, there's no voice acting whatsoever. You get no name, doesn't give any clips, you don't hear any ghost puns for Danny Phantom, it's just grunts, and that's all that it is. It's it's in terms of extras and little, like, little sprinkle, like, you know, fun stuff in the game that makes Smash Brothers Smash Brothers, yeah. there's yeah. nothing in there. Yeah. Now, in terms this of, isn't like, a knock on if the game is yeah. bad. The game, I've heard decent things about the game. It's a fun, it's a fun play, it's a fun fighter, but you're only going to go to, like, a few stages, and you can't really, te- you can't really change it up, so. Well,
1: Ben, when you have over 20 years to build your franchise up, I think then, like, by the time you get to the eighth game, that makes sense, but when it's your first game, you gotta iron things out.
0: I think I saw a rumor this week, and I think this is a strong possibility that this is mobile
3: only.
1: It looks oh. like it. That art
3: looks like it. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's why there's no way this is Nether because I'm like,
3: yeah. guys,
1: we just played a game from like six years ago that looks way better than this. Like... Yeah. Um.
0: All right. I'm sure we'll get a trailer soon.
1: Hey man, I can't wait to to be pickle Rick against Gandalf, baby. So excited.
0: Feels like Space Jam.
1: <laughs> yeah, like. It doesn't have the same ring, even as a Nick 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 game. Like this doesn't. I mean,
3: I mean, how can you be shocked when they, that they'd want to make a game of this when they made Space Jam: A New Legacy and yeah. Ready Player One and the uh, Le Lego Movie? Of course, they want to do something like yeah. that. Harry
1: Potter mm-hmm. versus Superman. A Quiet Place
0: All is Atreides
3: also versus Harry Potter <laughs> versus a sandworm. Yeah.
0: Uh, a Quiet Place is also getting a a original single player driven horror adventure game coming next year from saber interactive
3: i know them that would be cool
2: that yeah. would, that could definitely be a really good uh self so, game
3: i want this game to oh. use the phasmophobia technology okay
1: it's not going to be that. These are the guys who made World War Z and the Evil Dead video game. So it's going to be one of those types of games. Yeah. Oh,
3: it okay. would be it would be cool to have a Quiet Place game that used the Phasmophobia technology. What I'm referencing there for Brandon and Ben who haven't played it is that when you play Phasmophobia, Phasmophobia can detect your mic. Oh yeah, he told oh. us. So if you're playing Quiet Place and it can detect your mic, you got to be quiet. That's <laughs> a tense experience, Morgan. so.
1: It sounds like it's going to be basically like a Left 4 Dead experience, but maybe the mic stuff will be incorporated. That would be really cool. Um,
3: and I, I don't want a left. I don't want an aliens fire team with yes. the Quiet Place monsters. I don't
1: think it'll be that extreme, but it is the types of games these guys have made before are those games. So yeah,
3: no, I want, I want a game where like you have to be really stealthy, crafty, and stealthy, and all that. If you're going to do Quiet Place, like make it that.
1: Oh my mm. god! Like, like. Like, you see, like, the radar of how loud your voice is, so you have to talk, but you can't talk a certain, like... Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, the game is not gonna be that, man. Come <laughs> on.
0: Oh. Um. Also in Quiet Place News, Jeff Nichols has left the... uh has left Quiet Place 3, essentially. He was gonna direct it.
1: Jeff Nichols. That guy... Uh, let me... I'm gonna check his IMDb. I'm pretty sure that guy is a super hardcore filmmaker, so when that was announced, I was really weirded out. Right, yeah. This guy is a super indie filmmaker, so I'm not surprised by this.
0: (laughs) Uh, John Krasinski being a a menace on set. What?
1: What? Not Reed himself.
0: All right. Shall we get into trailers then? Oh, it's time for the trailer park? It's time for the trailer park. Quack quack. Did I quack? Whatever. Hey, Halo. custom,
1: Custom horns exist.
0: Halo infinite. Campaign trailer. You brought this to our attention. I didn't know this came out.
1: Yes, because I know we've all been kind of uh, uh, lukewarm on the Halo Infinite stuff that we've seen. Um, and like their release the, even the stuff that they're going to release like it's just going to be multiplayer and single player campaign. It's kind of a bummer because I love co-op Halo. But I watched I watched this video and it made me hella hella excited to play this campaign. Because um, the gameplay looks like great classic Halo, but it's introducing a giant open world. Um, and I want to bring up, it looks like it looks like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, but in really good ways. The problems with those two franchises now is that they developed a really good core gameplay mechanic and then have not done anything different with it for 10 years. So, but when you bring that to Halo, where you're going to an open world and you are like taking out outposts to collect resources to upgrade your Master Chief, that sounds like the coolest game ever made to me. That's what I wanna do. The way that you can grapple enemies, you can grapple uh, like plasma bombs to throw at things, the way you can jump from a building, blow up a Banshee, parachute to the Banshee and get into it, that's the coolest shit I've ever seen. This looks like a great Halo experience. I am so thrilled. This looks as good as it does, in my opinion.
0: I love the Halo games. So yes. when, when I and I was disappointed with 5, and I was like, I'm, you know what? Maybe I won't play Halo Infinite. Yeah. I'm really upset they showed me this, because now I'm like, oh, dang. Yeah. Actually, this looks like a lot of fun.
1: I don't want to not play a Halo game, and Halo 5 left a terrible taste in my mouth. Like, terrible. Yeah. So, like, uh, I don't know if the story stuff... Will, will deliver but well, we also got
0: we also got more story in this trailer because yeah. they they talk about how um you know master chief you know everything goes back to cortana master chief is trying to find out what happened with cortana he's got an ai in her uh in him a new ai who's, um, going that to, was, who's gonna
1: have to kill cortana her mission is to take <laughs> her out
0: yeah um you get new enemies you do get more of the forerunners. Um, which I really got to make sense of what that continuity is because there's, there's some interesting, cause that's been really complicated for some reason, Mm -hmm. but the gameplay looks fun. The story looks kind of like, like the UNSC lost.
1: It's like, it's like they're against the ropes. The banished are basically a bunch of different tribes come together. So it's like, it's like a a Game of Thrones band, like all the wild things, like they all join forces. That's what the banished are. So it's all different aliens in the universe coming together under like a barbarian banner. And there's a wave of destruction. And plus the Forerunner stuff that's been building up. So, like, I am hella excited. Because I, I love I'm, the campaigns more than multiplayer.
0: I was really interested in when they were like, yeah, we lost, like, everything. This is our last hope. And I'm like, oh, dang, Master Chief being, like, the last hope for humanity is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. Did you, did you watch this one, Sparks? I know you weren't able to watch the trailers.
3: No, I did not.
1: That's okay. I would recommend because I know you like Halo hey, too. Watch this one. Um, I think it looks like a great time. And unfortunately, we can't play co-op together for like six months. But
3: hey, bro, it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass.
1: I
0: am I am very excited that it's on Game Pass because I was like, I didn't buy a new console for this, but I will definitely play it on my Xbox One.
1: Hell yeah, you don't need to. That's yeah. what's beautiful about Microsoft, baby. Uh,
0: this tra- <laughs> this trailer came out last night. Clerk, this is a Kevin Smith documentary.
1: Yes, I I don't know how how. How much of fans you guys are of Kevin Smith? I grew up adoring the man.
3: You mean how big am I into the view universe? Uh you I don't know even it, know the term.
1: You 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 you're pretty fine. Um <laughs> I think this looks like a fine documentary. Um, I definitely have fallen out of love with Kevin Smith's filmography, like the past ten years um he's just become a very different person and that's not against him like he's a very positive like he doesn't want to he wants to live his life only being positive only loving things and that's great sometimes i think you can be a little critical sometimes mm-hmm. um but like it is true he he was a force he was a he was a force to be reckoned with in the 90s like he was this like young buck writer and was like made clerks and it's like this independent phenomenon he made it himself for a couple grand and like that is a truly uh, incredible story um I've been watching Kevin Smith stories and like YouTube videos for decades. So I don't think it's very much new for me Mm because I've, I've been living with him for 25 years. Right. Um, But I'm curious to see what you guys have to think. I
0: know this looks like a really sweet documentary, honestly. Um, It doesn't look very much, very groundbreaking or whatever, but it does look like it's coming from a place where they're, where they want to look at Kevin Smith as like uh, an inspirational story uh, for, you know, just kind of being who you are and doing what you want. Um, And that resonated with me. Um, I do like Kevin Smith, the personality. Um, I do have my issues as well as Ryan, you know, Ryan talked a bit about them, but I had the same issues. But uh I'm not as familiar with his filmography as I am with him just as a nerd doing podcasts and being Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm I'm interested in this documentary. I don't know if I'll like go out of my way to watch it, but
2: yes, yeah, I am good. And I probably I'm echoing the, I'm gonna echo a lot of what brandon said. I mean, I do like Kevin Smith as a person. i there's a point in time where I call him a patron saint of geekdom because he knew all this. Com- I loved his show Comic Book Man on AMC. Um, I watched it when it was on Netflix for a while. But besides that, I mean, I have seen Clerks. I thought Clerks was funny, but it didn't really resonate with me. It was just these guys, this guy constantly saying that I'm not supposed to be here today. I think but- the,
0: I think the only Kevin Smith movie I've seen might be Red Notice.
2: Red State. Red State. Red State. Red State. Red Notice. We're talking about. No, you no I have seen. seen um, I, I've seen Red State. That is a. Whew, Strong, that's a movie? Strong's what film?
3: I'm trying to trying to place it. The one with Alan Rickman.
2: Dogma. Chasing Amy. Dogma. Thank you. Dogma. Dogma? No, I've not seen Dogma.
3: Oh, weird. Yeah,
2: that's what I've not seen. I haven't, one seen, seen. Oh, I haven't good. seen Chasing Amy. Oh, another. One. <laughs> I think my favorite movie of his is Zach and Mary Make a porno. That's a good one. I've seen parts of that. Well, my that's brother a, that's, really likes no it. underrated. It's pretty good. Yeah, but right. I mean, I'll probably watch it eventually if I got nothing else better to watch. But I mean, cool—they're making a movie back uh, documentary about Kevin Smith. I like the guy. Yeah.
0: Cowboy Bebop had. Well, we're going to talk about both of them—the little short film they put out last week, and then the trailer they put out this week.
2: Okay, we- so, Sorry, this go show comes out the week I, I have—I have a week off of work coming up, and it comes out that Friday. I'm going to make it my mission to binge all of Cowboy Bebop like, the original anime until the show comes out.
0: Wanted to watch it? Sparks, what were you going to say?
3: I was going to say something about Kevin Smith, but I don't need to. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. I, it was just in reference to, like, you know, I think I think at this point, like, what I want out of Kevin Smith in his career is I want him to, to direct more, like, honestly, nerd stuff that isn't that isn't something he created. Uh, yeah. Because, like, his episodes of the CW shows are some of the best. Yeah, like that's he true. He has, like, yeah. some of the best episodes of Supergirl and The Flash that have been made he's and, very uh, knowledgeable and, and, yeah and everybody who's worked on those shows has nothing but good things to say about working with him uh and and doing those nerd things and so i'm like i think i'm kind of done with him doing his own or like going keep kind of going back to the well at this point on his view Universe skewniverse uh, or any of his own original things and i'm like you know maybe i just want to see you like take your passion for these things you love and apply it because you're pretty good at doing that
1: yeah he's yeah. often uh, just real quick because like on Fat Man Beyond, he often talks about how like he loves Star Wars and like he's lo- he loves all those things. He he himself knows he's not technically savvy enough to to do it justice. He's like if they offered it to me, I'd say no because I'd let them down. I know as much as I love it, I'm not technically proud. Like and I respect the hell out of that. Like I think that's
3: I do too. I think I think it's more than anything. I think he could rock a solid like honestly, CW show. His no, I won't even go. I will even go so far as like his his own style of a HBO Max show. Yeah, With okay. the right character, his passion, I think he could do it. I think Doom Patrol leaves the door open for him to bring his own unique take to it. And I yeah. think that there's no reason he couldn't do it. And I think he's selling himself short to think he couldn't. I understand why he doesn't want to do like a blockbuster film or yeah. something. But um, he he could definitely like take on a show, I yeah. think. Uh, especially an HBO Max one that I think would be a great, a great little thing for him to do. Anyway, yeah. um, I also plan to watch the anime before the live action show comes out of cowboy bebop and that's all i have to say because i didn't watch this trailer
0: that's fair uh i thought both the short the short was super cool and inventive and uh i was really into it but the trailer wait, wait, really wait, wait, sold wait. is me. the
3: short is the short the one with the the yes. style yeah. stuff? i saw that i didn't see the trailer trailer yeah the short the, was
0: great the yeah. short was awesome like i love how they were doing with the lines and everything um Different interacting styles. with that really thought that was cool um the the interplay between the characters worked really well like reminded me of that of that show um and the trailer just totally sold me i have a lot of faith in the show i think this is going to be a great one
1: i man i also i i'm so scared because of how good i think it does look Mm -hmm. and i just i it can't it can't be that good right like (laughs) We can't I, have nice things. No, that, that exactly, like, it, that, Ryan, it, it Ryan looks like a live-action anime. Had, Ryan
3: has head sitting in Salusa Secundus. <laughs> of, oh, no, being, like, <laughs> being like, we can't have good things.
1: Like, <laughs> I, I really like the trailer a lot, Brandon, and I'm just worried that, like, it is gonna be too stylish for its own good, or, like, I just, uh, I've seen this type of thing before and it's, and it's failed, and this is such a, such a beloved property, that, like, if it's not as good as it looks... It's gonna bum a lot of people out because yeah. there's already so many people against this for just existing. So like, I want it to succeed so bad because I think I love this trailer, man. And like, it, John Cho is selling me so hard on this. Um,
3: the effects bad, look great.
1: If it looks like Netflix's most expensive show for real. Yeah, yeah,
3: I think I think you you hit on something like really valuable, and I've been thinking about it a lot because Cowboy Bebop, I feel like, is at the center of this pretty strongly. But um, specifically, like animation going to live action, like. I don't want this to be the anime in live action. I want this to be a new Cowboy Bebop show. Yeah. Like a new adaptation. And like, I'm not expecting it to hit the beats of the anime beat for beat. Like, I'm sure there will be moments, but I don't need the anime, the live action show.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Same.
3: And I think anyone going to it, wanting that is setting themselves up for pain.
0: I agree. Yeah. Because, i'm like so why, tired. why would
3: you why would you the anime is so good but well the they even said anime. it's like the, write- doing the lion king
0: the writers even said like we're like we're not using the the, the anime is there we're not going to be the anime again we're going to take right. it in our, our own yeah directory. and i just
3: think i just think there's too many people who come to it and are like it's not the anime good <laughs> yeah uh and like it is still like there's still clearly stuff
1: like I, I've I, I've watched Cowboy Bebop all the way through once, but I've watched the first episode multiple, multiple, multiple times. And that lady from that first episode is in this trailer, and like the conversation they have, and like okay, so they're doing the show, but like they are doing it in its own way. Um, I just uh I I like this trailer so much. I'm gonna be so sad if it's if it's all styled, no substance. It's it's, it's
0: you know I love I love all sorts of different sci-fi, and this is one yeah. of the ones that I'm missing right now. Bring it yeah. in, I want it. And then
1: right. after this, do Space Dandy. Oh, Our... baby! That's I don't the... think
3: Space Andy can be done in live action. A hundred percent. I don't think that Space it's Andy. It's too. Be... It's too
1: spicy. Yeah.
3: It's way too wacko. Um, yeah. in way too many ways. But Space Andy's great. Space yeah. Andy. Put it. Put it up on your list. What
1: if Cowboy Bebop was even sexier? Uh,
0: Space and Even Andy? more
3: cosmic and kooky. Yeah.
0: Um, I'd like to see an Outlaw Star that get a Brandon, crack.
3: Brandon, mm-hmm. I own it on Blu-ray. I'll loan it to you. Okay. Outlaw I, Star I, getting
2: a crack. I mean, Outlaw Outlaw Star is on my watch list on Hulu, so it's there. And I think Bebop is still on Hulu. I mean, if it's because I heard it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix Netflix. Netflix now? All right. Yeah. Yeah. They put it on Netflix
0: uh, uh, like two weeks ago. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Outlaw Star. I love Outlaw Star. I would love to see a uh, live action Outlaw Star. I don't think it could, but like the arm fighting and whatnot.
3: Outlaws are cool. Space Dandy Dandy was such a surprise when I watched it. I loved it. Gurren Logan.
1: Yes, never can't. Don't do it. Ooh. No,
3: okay. But <laughs> Gurren Lagon, at least, is I can see it being achievable in a way that like I don't think Space Dandy is
0: sure. Yeah. Um, all right, Hitmonkey, yeah, right, first go full the, trailer of Hitmonkey.
3: Real quick, I'll be back.
1: Okay, that's fine. I'm also gonna go to that notice game. Um, yeah, I, I that's all right. I, I waited for the second trailer, uh, to really give it a chance, and I didn't hate it as much, but now that we've seen like the full trailer the animation doesn't grab me um i like the premise enough but like i i don't like the look of it
0: the animation almost looks like it's it's not archer but it's not yeah. as expensive as archer
1: so it yeah. it looks like it looks like quasi archer but it's also like it's doing like a spider verse thing where like some it's like kind of like the animations a little like choppy yeah and i'm like both choices i think are bad choices um i think like the action looks fine and like all the character stuff looks okay but like there's so many things to watch like this one, it's probably it's not on the list.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't see this one. This is another one of the Marvel shows that that ran under the radar. Lady eyes is... in this.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, this and Modok is eked out because it was too far into production. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if it's good, maybe I'll check it out. But Like, if there's Kevin Smith
0: was Kevin speaking? Of Kevin Smith, he was supposed to do a Howard the Duck show with these guys.
2: Yeah, That's true. He was. That's true. Sorry. Ken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, offenders. I'm, I'm whatever on Hit Monkey, To be honest, I'm like, eh. Then why don't we go to Super Crooks,
0: the new tra- second trailer for Super Crooks. I kind of hate that this is Mark Millar, because I'm like, this looks kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it's only based on Mark Millar. Mm-hmm. Like, this this is such a separation from everything else Mark Millar has ever done. And, like, it's clear he has no actual hand in this. There's no way he does. No. This it looks too pure, good. <laughs> this is purely, like, like un-American, like, uh, un-British, whatever, like, another country is handling this um
0: this is awesome. animated by it's animated in japan by the guys yeah. who did hero academia not hero yeah, yeah my hero academia, yeah, my hero academia. Um, the,
1: the animation is stunning um i swear to god emma sorry my computer uh i the animation looks stunning i think this looks awesome um i can't believe it. it is set in the mark miller universe or whatever like i i don't even care um I think it looks rad. Like, I yeah. the idea of like these super powered people are like, oh, having superpowers isn't what makes you good or bad. It's how you use them. Blah blah blah. I'm like, I'm into crooks being super powered. I'm into it.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm really into the look of this. I think this looks awesome. It, really awesome that both trailers have just been in Japanese. We haven't yeah. even heard an English language version of this yet. I'm,
1: that's that's like really cool and, and like surprising in a way.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is not to be confused with the live action Super Crook series that's going to spin off of Jupiter's Legacy.
1: That will not be nearly as cool. There's no no way. No way.
0: All right, red notice.
1: All right, ambulance. No. Hold hold on, like, I so the jokes have been made that it's like an AI generated movie. Mm-hmm. The start of this effing trailer, guys, made me sigh so hard. We're talking about red notice. Spark, sorry. Um, the start of this trailer, it's like, Jonathan Johnson, the greatest, the greatest thief in the world. It's me. Officer Johnny Bravo, I need you to help me be- and like this is the st- I I fucking hate this trailer, Brandon. This is the this is the this is a bunch of this is a bunch of rich people getting paid a lot of money to make a bullshit movie to get paid. This is not a real movie. This is not artistry. This looks like a bullshit fluff piece, not even fun fluff. It's like yo, Joyne Johnson needs a pool. I this movie offends me more than the first trailer. I I uh, I bet a billion people will watch it because it's fluffy. <laughs>
0: Hold on, I need to know who directed this because I think it's it's someone who's worked with The Rock before.
1: It's probably like the San Andreas or a Rampage guy.
0: It might. Well, San Andreas is pretty good. It's fine. Uh, what's the movie called?
1: Red care. Notice. Yeah, red, red, red <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> You're Like I don't care anymore.
0: It's awful. I, um, I
1: I almost didn't want to watch this trailer, and I and, and I wish
3: I didn't. It oh, he did.
0: Minutes. Oh, he was he was sorry. He was Quiznos guy. And he did skyscraper
3: unfortunately i did see this trailer because it played before dune oh that's right oh i theaters. did watch. oh i and watched it like, twice oh. and i was like no why yeah he did
0: he did central intelligence and, and skyscraper with the rock
3: skyscraper's
1: fine central intelligence is not good skyscraper was fine yeah i i i'm sure if you watch this movie on a saturday with a couple of drinks it is totally serviceable uh it looks like this was made for everyone to get paid this does yeah. not look like like a creative artsy movie whatsoever
0: uh this is another one of those the movies where i'm looking at where i'm looking at like oh the rock's just kind of running down a checklist of all the movies he wanted to be in when he was a kid
1: I f- this is the movie that all of these actors made when they were off uh like making their actual movies yeah you know what i mean like when gal wasn't making one of when the rock wasn't doing his thing the offset they came to make this piece of shit
0: yeah Ambulance, Michael Bay's new Netflix movie with Yaya Abdul Mateen.
1: And Hall. Jake Jalen Hall. Uh I think this trailer looks really good.
0: I also we, man, no one films a movie like Michael Bay.
1: Uh that's the thing. When Michael Bay isn't making big bullshit and he actually tries to make real movies, he's a really good filmmaker. Um
2: I, I kinda dug ambulance. I've because like the just, all right. When I saw it like from Michael Bay, I'm like, oh great, here we go. But then I was like, and every man trying to like make money so he can so he can take care of his family that's actually pretty cool his best friend coming out of the job what what's his what's brother cool. there's
0: there's a lot in this trailer Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaya Abdul-Mateen are brothers um oh, okay. yeah, and brother. uh and there's so much in this trailer that there's just like hey we're going to rob this bank and then it's not until like 30 se- 30 seconds till the end of the trailer that it becomes a a trailer for a different movie which is a rip off of Speed with an ambulance <laughs> and I was
2: like, "This is a lot," but I'm so into it. I'm, I uh, I'm actually I'm into it too. I didn't think I was gonna be excited for another Michael Bay movie for the rest of my life.
1: I mean, I I will. I will always get excited when Michael Bay tries, uh, <laughs> because when the dude tries, he's really good. Pain and Gain, his last regular movie, was really good. Uh, he did uh Seven Underground with Ryan Reynolds. I didn't see it, but people seem to like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's not, you know, yeah. Um, so like I'm into it. I, Jake Gyllenhaal is a really I love Jake Gyllenhaal. That dude picks really. Uh, cool and interesting uh, roles. He doesn't just do anything, so like that makes me believe in it.
3: Yeah, um, I'll watch. Uh, I'll watch anything with the Hell yeah, me too. Honestly, oh. like, he's one of my he's one of my favorite talents currently. So,
0: man, Uncharted.
3: Oh boy, you like that Spider Man trailer?
0: Oh man,
3: look
0: oh, here. <laughs> Can I real quickly, Ryan? Oh yeah. Look. Uh, if this were a trailer for generic adventure original movie that we're gonna do, that's ripping off the thing that you like, I'm like, yeah, this looks fun. It's it's light, it's breezy, uh, yes. but it's uncharted. Yes, and no, it's not.
3: That's the problem. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I feel the same way about this. I feel about Red Notice. Pretty much, what Ryan said That's how yeah.
1: I feel. Um, so, like, where to start? Right.
3: It looks. I, it looks utterly soulless.
1: Yes. Uh Brendan, you are right. Like this trailer, it's not a bad trailer. If you were just watching, you know, you know, uh Ryan Dundee, you know, uh, new explorer, whatever or something. Yeah. Like, cool. New character, whatever. We know who these characters are. Laura the four-
3: Explorer 2.
1: Yeah. Uh <laughs> starting Diego. Uh we played these games. We played four four of these games. We know these characters very well. Um, you can do an origin story of Nathan Drake. That's fine. We've seen how that could work. They are doing something really weird. Where they're not just making it an origin story, they are taking stuff from all four games and putting it into this one movie. We don't learn about Nathan Drake's brother until the fourth game. And that's well, the plot.
0: Well, to be fair, he didn't exist until the fourth game.
1: That's what I mean. That's what I mean. A guy who didn't exist for 15 years of continuity is now the plot of the first this is,
0: movie. This is all wrong, though. Like everything about this is wrong because like Nathan Drake and Sully, like they because they the the creators of Uncharted. Like the producers of Uncharted have talked about this being an origin story to the character we know in the game. So, like the much like Assassin's Creed was meant to be, like yeah. this is in game continuity. Um, But it's not. It can't be because yeah. Sully doesn't know Chloe. Sully doesn't know Sam before he meets there, Nathan.
1: There. So the the auction scene with Antonio Banderas is from the first game. The cargo yeah. this the cargo thing in the cargo plan at the end from Uncharted Three. Um, the, and then the
0: pirate ship from Four.
1: Yeah, I'm like they're making they they put all of their basket all their eggs into this one uncharted basket because they might not get another one, but by doing this they're they are limiting what the next movie could be because they've done all the cool stuff from all the games mm-hmm. It's like they made they made the only uncharted movie they possibly could uh and
3: it looks bad
0: the only character I think as well cast is uh Chloe yeah. uh, I think she looks just like the character from the game
3: it's exactly what what you're saying, Ryan. It looks like they bet everything on. We can make people spend money and go see an uncharted movie once. Mm-hmm. We probably won't get them to do it twice. So let's just shove everything in this movie because we're not gonna make a sequel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then if it's uh, an unfortunate thing where they do make a sequel, they're like, well, I we make our, our own story.
3: Yeah. Like And no. um and I I personally just can't wait to watch Mark Wahlberg earn that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Wahlberg,
0: (laughs) how angry you got about, real quickly, about Red Notice, like, allow me that moment for Uncharted. Because, like, the bullshit that the only reason Wahlberg is in this movie, the only reason, there's no other reason than he has been attached to it for 15 years. And he aged out of the role of Nathan Drake.
1: That's so disgusting.
0: (laughs) Once that happens, I'm sorry you recast him. You do not move the role to Sully?
1: What's super funny is also, like, we know he gets the mustache in the movie because he took an Instagram picture with it. So that means, just like Black Widow's vest, he's going to earn his mustache. At the end of the
0: movie, uh, what do you think?
3: This makes me think of um, the, the joke comic that came out, like, a little bit after like, after Gotham had started. Oh my god, yes. And it's about, at the end of Gotham, just like the Smallville reenactment scene, and and they're like, you did a great job helping clean up Gotham, Gordon, and they hand him a little case, and inside is his glasses and his mustache, and he puts it on and he flies away. (laughs) God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's and, I think end that is, and i think that is the perfect summation that that little comic is the perfect summation of the you gotta earn the thing that the fans know the character by and i'm like why why do we have to do this also the, like... the
0: movie the movie is going to end with nate giving giving sully a hard time about like oh you guys have the mustache right it's like no i think about keeping it i think i like, like it i
3: like i like that tomb raider movie but they did the same stupid thing where at the end she's like i like these pistols like i don't we could have just not had that moment in the movie. The movie was totally fine without her having them. I don't know why we had to be like, "Don't worry, the next one more accuracy."
1: Yeah, I hate that uh, shit. I will, if I, I will be positive for one thing. I do think the cargo plane sequence itself, with him like grappling at it, that looks cool. Like it, yeah. it is an impressive looking special like effect. But like, I seen in
3: Spider-Man Homecoming too.
1: I I I liked it when I did it this five ten years ago or whatever. You know, like, yeah. I i wasn't expecting anything great tom holland has done interviews where he's like oh maybe i made some choices in a charted that like i might that might not work for the movie so he's been bashing the movie before we even saw the trailer so i'm like i it's this is dead in the water good thing you got spider-man
0: i mean he's only in it because he's spider-man so likes him
1: yeah yeah all right chaos walking didn't launch him into another I'm movie so
0: glad that we don't have to that that was going to be the last trailer last week but i'm so glad that more trailers came out this week yeah the Witcher Season 2 had a full trailer. There's a proper look at The Witcher Season Two.
1: I have I've been trying to avoid trailers, because one, I, I live with sparks, but also like I, I don't try to so certain things like The Witcher I wanna be left blind, but I did watch this trailer. Holy shit, you guys.
0: Looks really cool.
1: Yeah, this looks this this looks really the, the budget is like extremely higher.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm so into this trailer. I love everything we're doing. Uh at the end when, when Yaskir yes walks out of the cell and she's just like what you're, upset, you're jealous and made new friends um just talking to rats
1: man um just playing from like the, the stuff i know from the games and like seeing some of that stuff show up is really really cool um henry cavill rules as gerald and like it's so cool that like the the witcher is so successful and like it's launched like its own little mini- universe and stuff um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 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 so stoked i'm so stoked for that season
0: me too the wheel of time had another trailer Fantasy. What do we think about the Wheel of Time? Do we care? I want to. I mean, it looks cool. I know, I know but... a lot.
3: I know a lot about that book series, and that book series sounds rad as hell. Yes. Uh, there's a reason why people love those books. So, like, I want to.
1: Definitely. I, you know, something like. Oh, I got a break. Excuse me. Like when you have something like like a hardcore science fiction or fantasy thing that's throwing lots of verbiage at you, especially in a trailer uh something we talk about we'll talk about later with dune like you got to ride the line of like telling people like what it's about without like explaining too much i think this trailer doesn't explain anything so i'm kind of just like i don't understand what the wheel's actually about yeah, I, I did a, i did a wikipedia search about what the wheel time's about so now i understand what it's about this trailer does not explain any of it
3: uh, i haven't watched this trailer um, but, uh, I, I, you, what you're talking about is very much like a, we've seen trailers do this, especially with high sci-fi fantasy shows. And then you go into it and you're like, oh, the show totally covers it. Like that was just a terrible trailer. Yes. Um, and that unfortunately happens, especially with dense material. Like, honestly, like the first trailer for Dune didn't sell most people I knew, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, because like they didn't know anything about what was, what is this? Yeah. Um, and I get it. I get that. Again, ben, I didn't watch this one, so I can't comment.
1: Ben, fan, you're a fantasy man.
2: Yeah, I mean, it looks cool, but I don't know anything about it. I mean, really, the one fantasy trailer that got me Hookland Senior, obviously, was The Witcher, because I yeah. saw the, because I, I mean, the familiar with, or somewhat familiar with the games, and then, um, I saw the first season, absolutely loved it, and I'm just glad that they got a bigger budget for this one. Ben,
3: I don't, I don't mean this as a, as an insult to you at all, but you are a person who is very quickly sold, especially in fantasy, on on cool visuals. Does Wheel of Time make you want to
2: watch it? It Kind of does. I mean, I'm it does look good. I love the design for the monsters and I would like to I like to watch it. It's just um if I had to choose between Witcher or Wheel of Time, I would watch the Witcher first and oh, then yeah. I would go to, well, to Wheel of Time. But Wheel of Time does look good. Cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: I like the cast. Uh, I really like Rosamund Pike and if she's in it that gives me some inkling that it might be pretty good. Um maybe. Maybe.
2: I mean, I would like. To, I mean, it does look good, so I would like to. I like to give it a shot. Uh, Lightyear.
0: There's a star
3: man.
0: Sparks, you saw this one, right?
3: Oh yeah, I did see this one.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for this, guys.
3: I'm very happy.
2: It personally. looks really good. I mean, I okay. Pixar movies have just gotten have looked better and better and better every time a new movie has come out. So mm-hmm. that that's not surprising, but just. This is, looks so good. People are on just the internet, we don't know anything else about the movie. It's just, damn, that just. People got on the internet uh,
1: need to settle down about Toy Story mythology and chron- chronology.
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: just, just settle down. It's okay. It's it's a movie. I, it's be
3: like, I realize that there's like this is the I realize now that this is like most people's first exposure to the fact that this movie was being made, which we knew about. Yeah. Um, and and like coming to like they're like what's happening um and there's like three things that are very important to me about about this film number one pixar is able to sever ties with tim allen which is great number two um uh this coupled with luca and soul and um the one that's coming out uh, turning red um mm-hmm that shows that pixar is finally doing something i've wanted them to do for a long time and i see a lot of other people sharing this sentiment on twitter they're branching out their animation style Mm -hmm. like it's still pixar you know it's pixar but they're not sticking to like people look one way and the world looks one way these are interesting Um, looking people these these things look different yeah these things do not look like they exist in the same plane at all Across all these different films that are are Pixar's new slate, and I'm so happy about that. Like this looks incredible, but it doesn't look the same as other things. Yeah. And if uh, the other point that I think is really excellent is that, like you know, I do not mind Pixar going back to the well of an IP if it's an excuse for them to be able to tell some weird, awesome sci-fi. Story in their own way, and it's the way they got them to do it. That it's just like, yo, we wanted to make like just a sick as hell space action film, and the way they let us do it is we had to say that it was tied to Buzz Lightyear.
1: Oh, uh, check Mag's comment, yeah. Oh, a- I, yeah.
3: I bet he's in this movie. I bet he's
1: in this movie. 100%. There's a shot where like a red thing opens, and I'm like, that looks really sinister. That's a, that's a
3: Zerg droid. It's <laughs> yeah, there is no way like that they're making the the Lightyear movie, not doesn't have zerg in it i don't think that they're planning because this isn't how pixar operates they put all their eggs in the basket and then if they have a good idea and this has been their track record they don't hold things off for a sequel they have all their good ideas they make a movie and then if they build up enough good ideas they make a sequel That's how you um, do it. and that has been their track record there is i would yes. argue there is only a single uh sequel or prequel continuation in the pixar canon that is weak Hey, weaker baby. than its original, uh, that doesn't like bring equal ideas, and it is Cars too. But then Cars three, pretty good. So um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I I one hundred percent believe Zerg is in this movie, which is great. Um, and I think it'll be their own interpretation of it uh, for what would have inspired the toys, what would have inspired the cartoon show, all that stuff.
0: Uh, um, one, one of the things I want to bring up is the design of Buzz Lightyear it looks like something a '90s toy would uh, adapt.
3: Yeah. Yo, his spaceship i'm so happy yeah and it's a toy but it's like it's like a, a full shit Ah, uh, and we got we got a black lady astronaut space ranger guys i'm so happy yeah this,
0: i, this I really cool. love the Buzz Lightyear franchise like that show is really cool um uh so like i'm so happy for this 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 looks awesome i this looks I, like a great sci-fi movie i'm so into this
3: i what,
2: also just... adore sorry go ahead ben no i was gonna say we get the super well so one of the things i love about it is that you see i mean i, su- I i'm going to bet there's gonna be a lot of really good action set pieces in it but in this trailer, we saw Buzz just doing like a slingshot maneuver around the sun. And it's like, yep. hey, you gotta take your That's flying your And he's like, yeah, he's doing like this really cool maneuver. And just the whole movie, like just what we saw for this teaser looks absolutely gorgeous. I'm like, yo, I want to go to space now. Like, I love putting, sci-fi.
1: Putting uh, David Bowie to it was a real good choice.
0: Yes. Can't wait, yeah. can't wait for, the, for this one.
3: I, uh, I love how much Chris Evans adores it. Just absolutely adores it. And... I, uh, I love that they're talking about, like, taking inspirations from a, not just a single source, but, like, a vast array of, like, it's not just Flash Gordon, but, like, all this old stuff, all these old sci-fi adventures. They're going so pulpy and wanting to, like, to put their own spin and modernize it in a sense, but, like, play homage. I'm, I'm all about this, guys. Like, I think yeah. this looks great. Me
2: I, too. I love Chris Evans because when the t- – I only found this through Twitter, through Chris Evans' tweet about how he will never listen to David Bowie the same ever again. Cause he was just so attached to hearing to this movie and also hearing Starman in the trailer. It's like, yeah, I would probably feel the same way. Yeah. Bye. Uh, Bye Tim Allen.
0: So should we get into our main topic then? Full spoilers for Dune 2021, Dennyville News, Dune. Um, you've been warned. Uh, full spoilers for, we'll probably keep it to, we won't spoil the book for you guys. It's going to nope. be just part one of uh, the story that is in the movie. Um, so, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. You've been warned. We worn. are.
3: Reviewing the spoilers, spoilers for anything that was in the book that would have happened in this movie. Yes. Yeah. I will so, say yeah. I will reference things from the book in yeah. that way. But nothing yeah. further than this movie.
0: So let's get into it. I gotta run to the bathroom. I'm sorry. uh I do I lo- too.
3: So we we'll-
1: <laughs>
0: I loved it, Ben. No, Ryan, yeah. because you gotta go too.
1: Uh, I can wait. I can wait, but I, I also had a good time. I understand the criticisms, but Dennyville knew is my favorite modern filmmaker. Uh, he knocked that out of the park. Okay.
2: Or- uh, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. I had an absolute blast with it. Um. People have been saying, "Wow, this is a long movie," but I did not feel the, the length at all. This definitely was not like No Time to Die, where I felt the length. This one, I was enraptured from scene one. The second we saw, we hear that weird that thing speak in the darkness, and then we get the Warner Brothers logo. I'm like, "Oh, okay, real we're quick in front of though, Ryan.
1: it's it is such a disappointment that it starts with the on the ball and then cuts to the Warner Brothers screen. Like, takes me right out. Like, do yeah. oh, it, yeah. reverse it.
3: Terrible, terrible choice." it caught my attention and then the Warner Brothers logo was there and I'm like, oh, yeah.
2: I was, Upon expecting, so, it, ruined
3: it. Yeah.
2: I was expecting something else between the Warner Brothers logo and whatever the next to studio logo was. Like, cause if they did that, it's like no, no, no. The Warner Brothers, honestly, nah, 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 nah. Something else.
3: Honestly, the thing that it needed was the, um, like it, it'd be kind of it, it'd be kind of hokey, but at least I think it would have kept me in the element. Um, it needed the Warner Brothers stuff to be revealed the way that Disney likes to do its castles a lot yeah. of the time, where it's in theme to yeah. the film. Yes, because uh, they've done that before. That. Yeah, it needed that. Uh,
1: like Batman's done it. Like other other movies have done that. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was
3: it was odd. Yeah. It was just very really bright. I, I 100% agree with you. It yeah. did catch the attention of like my entire auditorium, where everyone went what, and then yeah. it's like Warner Brothers, and I'm like stop it. So- <laughs>
2: Yeah, what do you think, um, Sparks?
3: Uh, I really, really like it. I think it's a – um, a, oh, I'm going to sneeze. Sorry. Bless on. you, bananas.
2: Uh, I, think,
3: I think it is a really, really good adaptation uh, that there's a lot of things that um, struggle, I think, to be good adaptations of a book. And I don't mean like 100% faithful because I don't think you need something to be one for one. But I think this does a great job of getting a lot of what's there accurately onto the screen which is really incredible um it's a mood piece i think it's lovely to look at uh for sure um i think it has some key flaws and one in particular that kind of drives me up the wall and i honestly have no idea where i'd land on it if i hadn't read the book but i read the book so i have a particular feeling about it but i did talk to other people who didn't just to kind of gauge like oh where would i have been i don't know um those flaws are are a bummer i think but uh we'll, we'll get into it but overall it's it's still a really good experience um awesome. and i'd rather have it than not have it so
1: hell yeah what's up brandon
3: How was well,
0: what's your the,
1: well what's one of the flaws
3: um i think the main flaw is that um this the story of dune Obviously, Ryan, you said, because I haven't seen the David Lynch one yet, Um, you said the David Lynch one does the whole book. It does one. the whole book in less time. and Right, and simplifies it. It is a simple story. You can do it. You definitely can. You could do the whole book in the runtime of this film. Yeah, you just um, lose a lot of nuance, yeah. You definitely would, and I agree with that. And I, and I think that it is a smart choice to split into two parts. My problem... Is that if you're going to split a film into two parts i think it's a bummer that i come out of part one and i'm not as emotionally attached to certain characters as i feel like i should be especially being familiar with them for the books but knowing like i talk to other people and they're like well i'm kind of waiting for part two to care about x y or z and i'm like that's fair because that's not here yeah. um i i think i think gurney is unfortunately shortchanged um i love josh brolin but he's basically josh brolin in this movie to me Mm-hmm. uh it, and i think there was such a there was such clear opportunity to make gurney uh just as resonant as i think jason momoa gets to be as idaho um people come out of there feeling like he's one of their favorites and i'm like i get it because he's the only person who seems to have a actual strong emotional reaction to paul uh and paul reciprocates it and so there's like something clearly there um another person that people felt like had like an emotional attachment was kinds but um So the the main flaw at the heart of that is uh, Jessica. Um, I think that they do a disservice to Jessica and Leto, um, their relationship. Uh, If you didn't read the book, it ain't there. Um, Like, it's just not there. You don't know how important it is. You don't know what it means or why to care about it. I think that's a huge flaw because uh, as yeah. we talked about uh, without spoiling the book, but as we talked about in our book club special, I personally see Jessica as the hero of the book. And yeah. uh, Paul is the protagonist and Jessica doesn't come across as the hero here because we're not allowed to connect her the way I think we should.
1: That's everything you're saying is hundred percent. Right. Um, Danny, Danny Villeneuve has been one of his criticisms just as a filmmaker is his lack, his lack of, his lack of emotion sometimes. Um, I feel, and I, I I think this is a huge problem because we all read the book. And, and it's one of those things where like, it is it is so much easier for me to separate the book than you, Sparks, just from what I could tell. It is so easy for me to just view this as a movie. The book doesn't exist when I'm talking about this movie right now, right? Sure. like, for me, like, it's super easy. Like, everything that we needed to know about their relationship is on screen for me. Because again, Leto is not the main character. He's not as an important character as as Oscar Isaac, you know, the actor would be. Um, I the the few lines that they do have together, they're powerful enough. His one line of "I should have married you." That's all I. That's all I need to know. Sure. That like, I I think the movie the the movie holds a lot of stuff without saying a lot. Um, but that's that's me. That's me though.
0: Well, one of the things that I I was gonna bring up. Uh, in, in my in my notes here is, um, I think everything in this movie needs to be there. I think that Denis Villeneuve mastered, uh, built a adaptation of a book that takes out just enough to keep the narrative moving. The movie's mm-hmm. two and a half; like it could easily be three. With, mm-hmm. we read the book, if you want to keep everything in there. You could easily make this movie three. Um, so you have, I think, the things that he takes out are a lot of the kind of more human moments that were missing. To yeah. kind of create the emotional impacts, uh, so that he can keep the narrative flowing, um, in, a, in a in a streamlined way. And I think for the most part, that's what the movie feels like. It is anyway.
1: Yeah, and I I agree with you, Sparks. Um, like again, like after Blade Runner and now this, like the the emotion that's in Dune is not in this movie. Like I and I can admit that easy. So it's easier for me to again. This is not the book. This is a adaptation. This is a new thing. Um. And For I, sure,
3: and yeah. like, and and I can acknowledge that, and like, I'm coming at it with the knowledge of the book, especially because it's fresh, and saying like, "Oh, this is the thing. I can yeah. tell you the thing that I feel like is missing." Yeah. But I went with like eight other people, and yeah. half of them haven't read the book, and half of them come out of it going, "Well, I didn't care about." This that or that I, like they were like I oh, enjoyed yeah. it because I liked watching the the visuals of it a lot yeah. but like I didn't care about Paul I didn't care about Jessica I didn't care about when the Duke died I didn't care other than the fact that like I like Oz- Oscar Isaac yeah like I didn't care about these characters I didn't connect to them I didn't have this 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 uh, mm-hmm. and I'm like you know there was a way to do it where you could have cared about them um, yeah and it it easily could have been done and I do think it's a bummer where you have a lot of people coming out who are like yeah I enjoyed it but. I kind of feel like, uh, like I need part two now to, to like go back and actually care about some of this.
1: And and that's that is the unfortunate side effect of of breaking it breaking it up the way it is and the way doing the book is. Oh, oh, wait, did
2: we, we lose him. Time? Oh, I think we oh, did.
3: Yeah, we lost Ryan for a second.
2: No,
0: um, Emma, why? Might be Emma. Well, it I was going to say it kind of feels like the. Oh, it's a power outage. He just texted me. Oh, oh gosh we might have okay. lost him oh, oh no. no
3: not for dune oh Good man
0: Lord. uh gosh can he get man. on
3: his phone and rejoin us on his phone it'll
2: be <laughs> shitty but, uh, yeah, but man, I wanted... i've done it once before too on my phone uh um i was gonna
0: we should probably do we want to keep the keep the review going or should we wait till we hear from
3: um, I like we're doing it. Like, give your thoughts, and uh, hopefully we can get Ryan back.
0: Well, I was just gonna say that the the emotional kind of through line. Yeah, we lost the screen. Uh, the emotional through line for Dune doesn't feel as complete as like the story does. I'll push back a little bit on the criticism that doesn't feel like a complete uh, movie because I do think it does. Um, but I also feel the same way about Infinity War. Um, but the emotional arcs that the characters are meant to go through does feel like it's cut in half. Uh huh.
3: Um um e- uh, I I'm sorry I'm messaging Ryan real quick. Yeah. Um i i think uh, and this goes back to kind of our book club thing and i i don't think this is a this is this is minorly minorly my friends getting into like the tiny spoiler territory of something that we have no clue if they'll actually reference in part two uh which is just that paul kills somebody at the end of this movie you know what happens you saw the movie if you're you're listening to us talk about this um in the book there's a very powerful moment of a funeral ritual related to the fremen culture that happens with that character and i suspect that it will not be in part two and i think it's a major misstep to have not had elements of it important uh, because I think it would have made this feel like a more complete story. Brendan, uh, this is going to your point. I think you needed Paul having some connection to that funeral ritual to make it feel like he has become part of this. And I don't Mm -hmm. think it's conveyed well enough in the film. Uh, And yes, that is an amount of me like bringing book knowledge to it, but it is also me sitting there as a, as a person watching the movie. And I'm like, I don't think we got the complete arc there of him integrating. Um, and I think we could have lost some of the Zendaya uh, Chani flash forwards, uh, which, which, by the way, her name is supposed to be pronounced Hani. Uh, the sea is silent. I learned this. Um, wow. <laughs> in Los She's, Los Ch- Ch- She's
0: Chaney in, the, uh, in the audiobook.
3: Yes, and it's incorrect in the film, too. It, it's all over the place. The pronunciations are not good, my friends, in this movie. Um, so don't yeah. trust anything. Uh, yeah, because that
2: was one of the things I was really looking forward to when I finally saw this movie, because as I was reading the book, there's like... In by saying in our book club, in our booklet review it was like the like, Quistos Hadarak. It's like how the heck do you say that? Or when I pronounce words in my head and then they say those same pronunciations, like cool, I was saying it right. But then it's like, hey, there's like five different words that they're not pronouncing right. It's like, well,
0: the, the moment the movie the move the moment the movie's like the Harkonnen's. I was like, oh man,
2: yeah, I was calling them the. Har- I Harkin. just had a
0: I just had a moment when like, when Sparks went to see Dragon Ball Evolution and it's like the Piccolos. Uh, piccolo's or ozaro i'm like oh <laughs> i'm all oh, wrong
3: no. yeah hey we're oh, back there.
1: it wasn't emma <laughs> uh
3: the only thing we were really detailing was um that uh we felt Brandon was saying how he felt like the film does tell a complete arc. And I was saying, I feel like it's a little lacking just because, uh, the, the point I was bringing up is in reference to the man he kills that I think we could have had a little bit of the funeral ritual stuff to make it feel like Paul was integrating into the culture. Um, yeah, which is also just a, uh, also a flaw. I think of like, um, the, the exoticism applied to the Fremen culture to do a lot of shortchanging rather than actually, uh, expanding on it. Um, making so, it feel full, full force, that, yeah. that, which also led to me with the particular topic we were on just a second ago, Ryan is uh, uh, I think we could have um, uh, sacrificed a few of uh, Zendaya's uh, visions in earlier in the film to have had time for some of these things.
1: Oh, I, I would hundred percent agree with that. And that is, man, I wonder this had to be in from the original script of having Chani be there from, from like get go. Right. Like, I think like, to make it more, I don't know. Um, to make it feel more prophetic, more like fantasy, like he is having these visions from the get go. You know, the girl is real. It's not like, is it isn't real or not? So, like, for a business reason, Hollywood reason, I get having those flashbacks. I do agree. Uh, I like the ending a lot. I do think it is impactful. I do agree. Like, it's it's a, it's anticlimactic for for the big sci fi movie at the end. Um, I the funeral stuff is absolutely going to be at the start of the next movie. I do think it should have been here. I do agree with you. It should have ended with his like full acceptance to the Fremen, but that's probably what like the beginning, the first half of that movie is going to be in the next part. Right. Um, For sure. And so that's a difficult thing to where do you cut it off at, you know?
3: Well, yeah, yeah. And I don't think we needed full acceptance into the Fremen. I think that there just could have been more done. Um, And certainly again, like, yeah, I'm using what I know from the book, but like uh, this was a common uh, feeling of like, I think there could have been a sense of closure revolving around jamis and the blade and and what that jamis uh what that meant um for paul yeah and i don't think paul has a sense of a complete arc of like because there is even if you are going by book standards where they cut it off paul goes through a complete arc up to this point uh which is this is the end of my life as the son of the duke Mm -hmm. i am now becoming something else yeah. Um and the movie doesn't quite nail that concept. Part of this is also tied to like everything about what's happening with Paul kind of almost being completely isolated and confined to that moment in the tent with his mom. And then uh and then not really uh connective tissue anywhere else.
1: Yeah, it's it, again, it, like when you're adapting such a like a book like this like I, I I have to imagine that there was talks of like no, we we ended with the funeral. Um, I, I mean, I'd be, re- I'm really curious, like <laughs> in like four years when we get the behind the scenes of all these movies, like the, the process of like, why did you divide it the way you did?
0: Well, um, I think that there's something to be said about Zendaya being in this movie far more than she is in the book, um, because she's not really in this half of the, of the book. Um, yeah. having that be, oh, we know you want Zendaya for this role. Um, you should probably put her in more of it because she's a hot actress right now. Yes. It'll
1: get people in seats. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So and I think
0: I do, that, and that puts her in the trailer a lot, and when yeah. I remember watching the trailer, thinking to myself like, I technically haven't met Chani yet, Honey yeah. yet. Like, where where are these scenes coming from?
1: Uh, I do I do think I do think the inclusions of them work for the movie very well. Um, the stuff that is there, I and you bring up the scene in the tent, Sparks. I love that scene, but that's just because like that is my. My accumulation of everything I love about science fiction and fantasy turning into one scene where he's having the vision about the holy war of unquenchable fire and, like, the war in my father's name. That, that, is, that, that, that is my shit. That is my favorite thing in the planet. Um, and I think, I think the acting is great. I think the message, the, the vision itself is extremely effective. Extremely right. effective. I do don't, wish, I wish it was more pervasive.
3: Yes don't misunderstand like I no, love like yeah. the scene I just don't think that that scene permeates itself enough into Paul's internality um, of what is happening to him uh, is is not conveyed as well as it, I think it it could be uh, or nay even should be to the audience of what Paul is actually wrestling with because um, and this this came up very well because my mom asked me the part the only part of the movie that confused her was why Paul was having visions of the man he kills. And visions of him like being a friend. She's like, I don't get it. Like, I thought everything he saw was the future, mm-hmm. uh, because the movie doesn't elaborate that. It's no. it, it isn't clear um, that Paul sees potentials, but yeah. not set. And uh, and like for for like hard movie rules, that's a that's a thing you do have to uh, iterate. It is it, it it is not as easy to incline from nuance because we have so much film pop culture that tells us p- characters can see a future that is set um Mm -hmm. that that, and if you are not given the visual the the, like the knowledge in the terminology of the film to tell you otherwise that will be your belief so when uh when he is killed it wasn't enough to retroactively make them understand oh this was a potential future not Mm -hmm. the future uh and i do think like there is room where just like that with the stuff with the tent we needed to see more than just the holy war we needed to see in that moment something that that uh, you know was the opposite because this happens to Paul in the book where he sees separation this mm-hmm. is one path this is another path uh to to make it more clear like Paul is making choices not being driven down a singular route
1: I yeah and then that is something that I do really like about the about the movie though it is it is it, Paul isn't as he's not as good as he is in the book like it's it's just, he, no, doesn't sure, have, sure. he's, he doesn't have as much character like it's there's they strip out. When you make when you translate a book like *Dune*, you cannot, it is impossible to translate everything. It is just there's too much. Um, I think I think narrowing it down, making it more personal—that's just between them. For the movie, I think it's exceptional. I think it really works. I really do. I think for for audience members who aren't familiar with the book, having it just be about them and what Paul is about his potential with the Fremen—that's that for the book for the movie. That's all you need. And for me, again, I think that it, it worked exceptionally well.
0: Uh, that guy with Stilgar for the longest time. Oh, Jameis? Well when, when, when I thought Jameis was the actor who plays Jameis was Stilgar. So when oh, okay. Stilgar shows up, I'm like, oh.
1: That's not who I thought it was. Yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting.
3: Uh yeah, I, I like it, it. it is just a matter of I think um the important part of what is Paul's story in the book is that he is he is aware that he is making choices that decide a a burdensome purpose mm-hmm. for the future of of what's going to happen. Yes. And i don't think that the movie conveys even by the end of it retroactively well enough that paul is actively choosing his path and that he is wrestling with that decision uh in the sense like even with the the tent scene as much as i like it and as good as it is is a an amount of you have put me here i am now doing that which is why i understand why people come away from it like confused and and wondering why is paul only on a path of of going towards this one future, but then there's this weird thing with James who he ends up killing. And I, and it it is just enough where I feel like Paul's stuff could have been fleshed out more. Um, uh, I, I Because I only want to live in my negatives for a little bit, uh, which are knocks on the film, um, I, I only have two points I want to bring up. One is that I want to reference this piece, uh, and I'll, I'll say the title and the author at the end of what I'm about to say. But um, this this is something I resonated with when I read it. Um, this is an excellent piece that talks about like uh, a lot of the uh, appropriation and some of the mispronunciation of, of what happens when you are stripping down a lot of these Middle Eastern pieces and uh, some of the religion that is pulling from... Um, the, the mena, which is uh, Middle Eastern, North Africa folk, and their heritage and, and Islamic stuff um, to Americanize it essentially. And this is a great piece about it, but I thought this particular paragraph was really good. But overall, the Fremen characters in Doom Part One lack the interiority they need to come across as something other than stock types. So the film through erasure still ends up engaging in Orientalism that Villeneuve seemed to be trying to avoid. The motivations of Stilgar, Deus Chani, and shout-out Mapes are all murky, and their relationships with Paul aren't narratively clear because so much of their belief system and identity is left nebulous. They are noble, exoticized others, and it's unintentionally telling that Hans Zimmer's score loads up on Mena folk music traditions, but that no actors of Mena heritage have speaking roles among the Fremen. This is a culture used for atmosphere and aesthetics, but approached with no deeper curiosity, which is unfortunate because there is so much that you can flesh out. In the fremen culture and that piece is a uh dennyville news dune is all world building and no world living by roxana haddadi um over on polygon um and i I resonated with that when i read it and i resonated with that whole piece i think that there's a lot there that is like it is because when we talked about the book that the book is so progressive with these kind of things that it sucks that there is just an amount of you take out words like jihad and you take out some of this religious stuff because we can't see people of that culture as anything other than terrorists um, yeah. And we can't make it more nuanced and we can't make it more complex. And I'm not throwing all of this on Villeneuve or the film's, uh, the film's work, but it's unfortunate because there was an opportunity here to to make more progressive step forward, but we just really had to back all the way away from it.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's true. Which, That's which true. maybe
3: part two can change. Maybe part two so, can yeah. explore the deeper framing culture I, and go for all that stuff because now part one has sold and it won't matter. But um, it, it is, I do feel that. And I do feel where that is. And certainly the pronunciations are a bummer
1: yeah uh yeah uh i definitely will agree with that like the fremen aren't in this movie enough to really know who they are so they are they are the exotic people of the land yeah that's what yes um and part two it's all about them and how they get explored so so hopefully they fix that stuff like man like that's all right everything she's everything they're saying is 100 percent right um
3: And it's also very personal. Like, uh, being 100% transparent, like, Roxana Haddadi is very uh, uh, honest about, like, where this personally connects with them and why it feels like erasure.
1: I'm a white dude, so, like, my opinion does not matter on this whatsoever. Do not listen to me. It doesn't matter. Like, this is a sci-fi story that's 10,000 years in the future that is using other cultures in a positive way and not in a negative way. I don't—I—again, I I didn't—I don't find it disrespectful because, like— people in the middle east like like he's taking inspirations for like people who live in deserts right and like people who live in deserts wear desert garb that's not that's not racist because that's just what they wear you know what i mean like it's when when you're taking inspirations from middle eastern culture and then it's on screen like I, it's hard like i understand like you want to be 100 on level all the time it's Hollywood, baby. It sucks. No, it's, it, no,
3: absolutely. And I think the point, the larger point in that that snippet that I was reading specifically is that you know it's the aesthetics, but without context. Yeah. You know we're not going to we're not going to make it more. We're going to leave it on the shallowest portrayal level that we can, um, with so much of it. And and yeah. that's that's where it's like I understand, especially if you are familiar with the source material, which she is. Uh, where you go, this is this is not. Uh, paying the proper respect and, and uh, representation and, and it brings up an excellent point like uh, I, I I think the score is very good. Um, I don't think it always works with the visuals, but overall I like it. but um, Han Zimmer is pulling from those those vocal cues while the people who are actually representative of the races that he is uh, uh, alluding to with the uh, the intonations of the music are not speaking um yeah. in the culture and they're just they're they're characters who are present but not not uh part of that and i'm like this is this is a fair assessment of how hollywood works but you're right ryan it is exactly like hollywood but i do think it's an important note to point out oh um, absolutely
0: yeah you brought up han zimmer score if you don't mind uh, i'd like to talk a bit about that yeah um i've been pretty critical about han zimmer for a, a number of years um i think there are many films they just phones it in and then sometimes we get it like a really good like an interstellar or something. Um, and he, I think for the most part does a really good job with the score. Um, there's a lot, like he does use the vocals. And I think that one of the thing that, that I actually really liked about Hans Zimmer's score that worked with, with the visuals that then is presenting is that the film is meant to feel very monolithic. The, 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 everything is meant to be, be big and long lasting and ancient uh, but in a way that everything is made out of stone like it's not but it, like it looks at what the stone look of it at all that so it doesn't look like it's decaying or you know whatever so it looks like a new universe even though it's supposed to be an old universe i think those the score heightens that kind of bigness in a lot of places that i really appreciated
3: yeah i i agree with you and i want to go a step further to say that there are certain scenes certain scenes where i think there's a, maybe one or two times where hans maybe through too many times the the undulating of the vocals at us and it Mm -hmm. maybe maybe should have allowed it to be a quieter moment but i also think he used it quite well to convey things that are like this this is impactful what you're seeing right now means something very dire that's coming the gom jabbar is is an incredible piece in its own that i want to talk about but like there's even moments where like even if you aren't familiar, if you're a person who doesn't know the books, that kind of thing, you are watching something uh, happen on screen, and because of how the score is complementing it, you are gathering the implications of what it means. Bad uh, pipes, even if, baby. Even if the visuals are not saying it all, or the story of the dialogue isn't saying it all, the music is. If the visuals
1: um, of, of Seleucia Secundus and the Sadikar army don't do it for you, the the imperial chanting will tell you exactly what you need to know about the Sadikar.
3: Right. Uh, yes exactly and I think that's that's it utilized incredibly well.
1: Uh the
0: really bold choice to start the movie with. We I like talked it. About
3: that. we talked about that while you were in the bathroom and it pissed us both off that right after that they cut to the Warner Brothers logo. Yeah. A
1: big, a big bright logo not like Mad Max where they turn it into the Mad Max logo big that's bright logo. Yeah. we
3: said that it should have gone the disney route where the castle is like themed to the film it should have yeah. done that and i think it would have been at least a little a little smoother hey
1: ben you saw dune why don't you say something
2: about it <laughs> i did see dune um you guys have i mean you guys are, go, are more in tune with it than i am because i saw what we watched the same movie we watched yeah. the same movie read the same book well you're more yeah you're more entrenched in other We're stuff you are more awake
3: Ben, uh, Ben, all I did, all it was, is like I, 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 did two things, which is that I wanted to chase uh, things I was seeing from from people who were critical of sp- specific elements that I wanted to find where I was grounded in uh, in connection mm-hmm. with them, and the other one was that I wanted to check with a very large party of people that I saw it with where they landed because I was bringing book material and not all of them were.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I, because there was one thing I, um, something that I was going to criticize the movie for was because i'm once again it's a it, this is a super thick book it's a, it's a super dense book and obviously in a two and a half hour movie you can't put everything in it like i was hoping to see more of through for her what i was hoping to see more of um i got good news of, part two yeah i know there, i mean yeah there's part two but i was hoping to see more of uh, what's we call it? like the scene between Paul and Jessica in the conservatory? Like we don't see the conservatory at all because water. We do get a, a scene about like water planting about water using being used to help the the palm trees grow, and then Paul's like, let's just get these trees out. Let's give the water to man, everyone else. A
1: hundred men a day.
2: Yeah, like hundred men, like a hundred men are the like these trees can give water to a hundred men. And sorry, trick or treaters are at my house right now. Um, and it's like there's, it's like. I was hoping to see more through for, but yeah, we're gonna get that later. Uh, I want to bring, bring up,
0: I want to bring up something if you don't mind. Um, the I've, one of the things I do find interesting is, is that I also saw it with someone who who hadn't, you know, not taking book material with with them, um, and they. Uh, had, but this is just one person, so I didn't want to pretend it was a sample size. But uh, um, I was I think that it's interesting that they choose not to not to explain what. Um, a lot of things that the book does. There's like, in this movie. We don't know what a mentat is in this movie. Like, if you ask the person who saw this movie what, what a mentat is, they would be like, "What? What the hell are you talking about?"
1: See, uh, I. That men- I think
0: that that's that's smart to keep the narrative moving.
1: See, here's the thing, like, they don't they don't go mentat noun. Here's the definition. They go Fufir Haltak. Uh, Fufier halt, He's a mentat. He does the I thing. He does calculations in his brain really quick. You know what a mentat is? He's he's good at math. It, like it, it's not it's i wasn't not
0: saying true. i wasn't saying otherwise i was saying oh, yeah. they like, don't, like, don't they don't need this, the it. word the word is not mentioned in this movie the okay. word mentat is not they in did, this movie they and, 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 and i i think that i personally fall under the you don't need it, it, it because that character what he is isn't important to this story mm-hmm. it's just kind of it's just kind of background information he's just a weird yeah. alien like you see in star wars yeah but i can see the argument that for other people it would be necessary um
1: Yes. I personally
0: don't agree with that, that's- but I'm 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 I'm, expl- I'm, ex- I'm kind of like saying that I, I get it.
1: Listen, this we've talked about it with the with the Dune book. This is not a movie that holds your hand. There are certainly audience members who need their hand held more than others, and that's 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 just movies. Sometimes are like that. Like they're gonna be they're gonna be tough for for people who aren't ingrained into it. Um, I am super glad that it's like uh oh, Fufir Howitt, my favorite mentat my favorite human calculator who can calculate everything in the world tell me what's this and like i am so glad it's bing bang bong cuz like if you're just watching the movie it all makes sense it's all there baby
3: i i don't i don't disagree with that I, I my my struggle and i think the the stuff for uh new audience, newer audiences to the material and everything is the is the concept of what paul is weighing him inside of himself and and how that relates and and the concept of like what him going through the culture uh of the fremen at the end means um like i don't think that's conveyed as well as it could and i and i do fall back on this was my other like really really major one and it's it's one i feel pretty strongly about i guess um is that i just i just truly feel like jessica should have been a more like, if I could have one character who was done more service, it would be her. Uh, because I think that people come out of this movie, and, and most people came away saying that Duncan Idaho or Kynes were their favorites. And I get it, because they had the most, I think, emotionally resonant stories in the film. Jessica um, it, has they, the most emotion they, out of any character in this movie. They had the, They had the most for you to be able to connect with, but I don't think that Jessica was given all the service she wanted. And I do think that, like, because I know that it threw a lot of people, like, they don't... They didn't get that jessica was like the, the the progressiveness we talk about in the book like uh, about like jessica having been a concubine and like why her and leto aren't married um i don't think that the audience needs to care about the duke too much but they do need to get how much jessica does and I don't think that the movie conveys that. Sure, I, can uh, that. I don't. Sure. I don't think it comes all the way across. I think that, that having talked with a lot of other people, that, that 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 feel the same way. And I do think that a story element that could have been there, that I think would have been actually very clever of the film to have done. Um, when when you're watching the movie and it has the betrayal moment um, with Yue, um, uh, if we had the same bit from the story where Hawat was suspicious of Jessica. Mm-hmm. For the audience, it's the inverse of what the book did. The book told us who it was like, well in advance. If the audience thinks it's Jessica up until the moment he bends down, that hooks them in and has this suspicion on Jessica that everyone's now able to like sympathize with her on. Uh, and I think that would have gone a great mileage to making her uh, a, a the emotional core of the film uh, that maybe it <laughs> needed.
2: I kind of wish we had the scene between Hawat and Jessica from the, from the book where Hawat is like, kind of like, Hey, are you not a Harkonnen spy? And she uses the voice on him and it kind of straight up shows him that, yo, it's not Jessica. And he scares (laughs) the living crap out of him too. Mm
0: -hmm. You brought up the voice. I really like how they visualize or more um, create the voice. I think that's really well translated from the book and, and far scarier than I assumed it would be.
1: Oh, yeah. In, in, in the David Lynch version, it's just like a telepathy or like mind control. You just you just walk over. But like uh, I the... Who was it? I think it was uh, either Variety or somebody did like break down a scene with Danny DeVito, and he did the Gonjabar scene. Um, and he was talking about uh, that he wanted the feeling that like you don't even know what you just did. You literally black out when the voice happens to you. So Paul literally blacks out and wakes up in front of her. And that is, mm-hmm. that is so effective. Ben, I remember sitting next to you when that first happened in the theater. And like, oh shit, it's wild. Um, yeah, or when
0: yeah, when, yeah. when Jessica Jessica says, um, "Give me the knife," you know, like that's even that is scary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I when when Paul first does it to Jessica, I was like, oh shit,
3: get away from like, me. Like yeah. the I second,
2: definitely... the, the second Paul uses like in the in when they're having breakfast, and she's like, use the voice, and he go and he uses the voice, and she's like, not mm, good enough, but close. I was like, oh, so that's how. But when the the Reverend Mother uses it on Paul, I'm like, ye. Yeah i am like i almost was oh my god you're so right it. you see you see like the weakest point of the voice
0: and then you see the strongest point and they're both visualized differently that's really cool
3: it was really good smart movie storytelling um i definitely before we saw the movie i i, I imagined the way they were going to interpret it was something like um i guess what you're saying like david lynch's dune did but i was imagining something like um when the fellowship meet uh uh Kate Blanchett. Galadriel. In, yes, mm. in The Lord of the Rings, and Ferro yeah. he hears her, and, and it does the that whole thing. I was picturing something kind of like that, but I like this so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dom Jabar scene is, uh, I think, it is masterful storytelling with the way that uh, he's able to convey the sensation of Paul's hand burning with only u- using a single shot of a burnt hand, and mm-hmm. everything else is, is a different interpretation of the pain.
1: I, uh, I, the criticism side of, like, the score, which you are right, I love the score. I think it's, besides, like, you? besides the, the the abundance of yelling, which I do really enjoy, um, this is Hans Zimmer's Bro best <laughs> This is Hans Zimmer's best score. He's gonna win an Oscar for the score. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, uh, I love it so much, especially at the Bar scene, because there's so many different sounds happening, just with nothing actually happening. The specific shot where it zooms in, and it's like, wow! And it's like, that's just a fake noise, and it's scaring me. Uh, it's, yeah. It's so
3: this is, this is exactly what I was saying earlier with like there are certain moments where the score is creating the implication of mm-hmm. the what would be the subtext in the book? what would be the stuff that's not being able to be said? Yeah. Um, and I do think that when it's doing that, it's masterful. I uh... Uh,
1: he,
0: he apparently like uh, toyed with the idea of making it a, a voiceover uh, for the movie, which thank goodness he didn't go with. Um, but I think the the music in that way serves as and serves that purpose.
1: Yeah, music sort of music. what
0: the purpose would need to uh for a voiceover.
1: Oh yeah, music makes that emotion happen. Yeah. Um uh man, I now it's just all positives from, from here, baby. All positives for me. The look of this movie is insane. Oops, uh, all positives. Oops, all positives. Like obviously there's CGI in this movie, giant sand Rooms don't exist. Almost all of the sets in this movie are practical. It's insane. This movie, I still I still cannot fathom that multiple Disney movies cost more than this movie did, and this movie looks this good. I can't believe it. I just can't Wait, to be it. fair.
0: Crunch time is a problem for VFX artist at Elrod
1: ILM. It's true? Still excuses, excuses. Uh man, uh, the ornithopters, they look exactly how I thought they'd look from the books. Exactly. They are the insects with the flat with the flying wings. Uh shy hill. dragonfly. It's like a butthole. Dragonfly, yes. He's got the shy hill butthole teeth. I love I'm it.
0: I'm really glad they they t- I wasn't quite sold on the design of the sandworms when we first saw them. Um and and but when I see that sandworm coming up from under um the harvester uh, no not the harvester the the with the sardau car and uh, kinds
1: oh, um she yeah, yeah,
0: called yeah. over the the, the maker and it's and it, it kind of like it's kind of like twirling like almost like like a, a, a disposal yeah like a whirlpool um but with like razor sharp teeth pirates of the caribbean three um so like it and it uh uh, I think that's a really effective image that you could only get with that with that design. And, and I'm uh, just for that image alone, I'm happy that this the design they went with.
1: The way the sand like deviates in like a way I've never seen sand do before. It's like such a cool, like they have some type of machine that does that. Uh yeah, man. Uh Ben, why don't you say a positive?
2: Uh, so, you need sorry, a popcorn. Trigger. No, no trick or Treat just came out of my house and they're they're ringing the doorbell. So oh, um, I get it. I get it. Uh um I love the the way this world looks. I absolutely um, I. of th- well, my favorite characters in my favorite character in this movie is Oscar Isaac as a Duke Leto. I absolutely love him the whole time. I love how like when Stilgar first shows up, he spits on the table, and then Idaho instantly spits back, and they all like go. Puh! I thought that scene was hilarious. That
1: scene got laughs um, in my theater. I'm so happy. I didn't, yeah, expect, I, it, I didn't expect
2: it. Did. It did. It did get laughs. I laughed. Yeah. But um, Oscar Isaac was just. I mean, he was in the movie for very long, but it still hurts seeing him like. Just like seeing him like dead, and almost him killing the and him killing the Baron was like, it. he knows he knows he's he's doomed. He you yeah. could feel
1: it. He can feel it. Uh There's like a sense of sadness like the whole time. Uh, and obviously, you, if you read the book, you know. But like even in the movie, like you, it just feels off the whole time with him. And it's like, man, uh, it's not gonna end well. The
0: Baron, the Baron design, the prosthetic work they do on Stars Skarsgård is <laughs> is so disturbing yes. when he's eating the. Eating the the food uh, is is so gross. Uh, I really like how they visualize it with the hover with like the kind of hover spine that the he's suspender. got. Um, I think that's all really cool, really well visualized. I, I wanted we talked about our favorite characters on
1: on the book. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who wh- who's the favorite characters in the movie? Well, my favorite character is not Yui because he's only in the movie for five minutes, <laughs> and he still serves the exact purpose that he does in the book, just a way less um, in the movie uh it's i think it's duncan idaho Mm -hmm. like it's it's an easy answer but like really like he has such a presence and he's like am i the only one having fun here and like (laughs) yeah yeah you kind of are that's
3: that's the bummer i think in gurney um that josh brolin's not given the opportunity i think he needed the song i think he needed a song i like Uh, his
1: scene but he needed the ballast set yeah
3: he needed he needed a more of a moment with paul to show that he has a not the same but similar relationship with Paul that Idaho has and yes. you just don't get that and that sucks like yeah. it, that's just a bummer because like gurney is a character like rife with potential and josh Rollins an incredibly talented actor and they needed something to like separate him from the from the crowd i think
1: yeah um i, I would say oh, maybe uh potentially more gurney in the second movie who's this well yeah
3: absolutely like no this is for it, the it, audience yeah 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 i mean like if we, if we get him you know more but i want that that uh i just i i do understand where a lot of people come out of this film uh feeling like everybody is kind of on a very dour serious tone yes every single character and then there's jason momoa and like he's the only thing that's yeah. not like that and, and i'm like you know and it didn't have to be that
1: but here's that also i but i will push back a little because like not every movie has to have jokes in it sometimes movies can be serious
3: it's not about jokes it's about uh good lord like just having a smile moment between gurney and paul it's not i think there was necessarily I, jokes it's, it's having yeah. like that relationship connection i yeah uh, i personally when,
1: found throughout the movie there was enough small bits of humor and emotional to like like Danny Villeneuve is a very, very serious filmmaker for sure. Um, oh yeah. I didn't. To, I didn't.
0: I... To, to Sparks is, what Sparks is talking about, there's only one scene where Gurney smiles in the whole movie, um, and I think that's the only time that that Josh Brolin actually seems like he's ha- he's like he's enjoying his time on the movie. Not the his, no, his his scene with, the... with
1: his scene with Paul when he's training, where he's like they're animals. I think he's really good in that scene.
0: No, I'm not saying he's not. I i not If I didn't even mean to imply that that's what i meant um but there is the i'm giving kind of sparks of an example for for what he was saying is um it's the scene where where, where he he teases paul for being late to like the, the war meeting and that's like the only time that he gives him like the like what idaho does like oh you're growing muscle like that kind of like banter with with this young protege
1: yeah i i think they didn't i don't think they wanted to have two of the same character i think which, is a, which was kind of the and I And I get that, yeah. I get that. Yeah.
3: I just think there was a way to still make Gurney feel not as much like another Hawat or, no, or a, another stand-in for the Duke. Because mm-hmm. I'll put it this way, in the film, like he just feels like Piccolo standing next to another Piccolo. Um, <laughs> and, and, I, and I just think that there was a way. And again, like I think even just having him sing a single song gives something more to make him separate.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I want to I want to say my my favorite character. Uh, uh, to kind of mention this point. Uh, first, I think for the most part, and I won't discredit any anything that 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 you guys have said on, um, because I think for the most part, Daniele Nu does a really good job of updating Dune. Uh, for the 21st century, it does feel more like a more modern story, much in the same way that Lord of the Rings did when it came out. Um, very similar kind of updating to it's keeping the same core of what had come before the 60s but updating for a more modern sensibility. I think for the most part they do that well in the characters but the one who gets the best is by far Duncan Idaho. Because he feels like Jason Momoa's got this got this locked down. Lovable badass? Goofy, goofball badass? Like nobody's occupying that space right now. And he's just like that's all I'm ever going to be is the goofy badass. You know I can kick your ass but also I'm down to have a beer with. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and oh. I think Duncan, I think that works I think that works for Duncan in general. I think he's well cast as Duncan. I think uh, uh, Duncan gets a really cool action sequence. Also, uh, uh, I really liked what they did oh. with him, making him my favorite character I, in the movie.
1: I got a negative. Um, it's not like a super negative, but like um, now that I've seen every Denny Velny movie, um, he's run into the early action movie Chris Nolan problem, where um, a lot of his action is very floaty. There's not a lot of actual impact or weight to his fights. All the Duncan Idaho fight, he's flying in the air and he's punching a dude. The um the the fantasy uh car fight in the desert with Paul, there's like there's like no connection. I've watched three three times, so like I I, I watched it. Uh, there's like no connection. It's very soft. Uh, that's because he's not he's not comfortable making action movies yet. And I just mm-hmm. think over time he's a drama filmmaker. He's not an action filmmaker, and he'll get better think- over time.
3: I think I think you're right and I think he's benefited a lot by being able to go out wide and let you imply the action through the use of the shields which yes. the shields are visualized incredibly well I think they're really mm-hmm. cool and one of the best like well told things because you get the concept of the red and the blue so yeah. quickly and so you know when like a hit is serious and when a hit isn't from far away yeah. and I thought that was very smart but it is a way that he's able to obscure his lack of uh, of contact action
1: yeah. yeah um there are there are certain fights like uh like smaller skirmishes that are good but like when you really focus on character action uh it's very floaty like there's a specific shot like where Duncan just like flies in the air and I'm like this whole movie's been very serious until this moment.
0: <laughs> there's a there's a bit where they're fl- where he's flying on the ornithopter uh, f- chase, uh, being chased by a laser beam where I'm like did I just walk into a different movie? Hell yeah. Because it, yeah. like, it does feel like they were like, CGI person, just make a cool action movie for a second.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think not... it looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. Denny um, Villeneuve, despite making a big sci fi movie, not interested in CGI okay. at all.
2: Yeah. Um, they're not my favorite characters, but I do love their performances. I just love how they present themselves. Our stone scars as the Baron because he's just like repulsive. He's hideous. It's just. You you see him on screen, and you instantly know, like, "Oh, you bad guy! I do not like you." And when it's a bro, gift, oh. not a gift. Yeah, but also, um, I, I can't remember his name. He's the guy from The Flying uh,
0: Dutchman's coming for you, Jack. Oh, wait, David, wrong movie. David, David, sorry, Al-
2: David Al- Dalmalchi and the Purple the Polka Dot Man. Yeah, Polka Dot Man and uh, um, Boba Yoga from um, uh, Ant Man the Wasp. But well, he's having I'm, a good time. Have you seen I his tweets? Like,
0: I love this. Yeah, he's so. I love
2: him. him as a um Piter. Uh, Piter? Peter Peter. Peter. P i t e r it's Peter, I, right yeah. yeah i mean yeah he's only in the movie for a hot second he's only in the book for a hot second but just looking at him and also i kind of like how the Mentats have like their little this little tattoo they have the stained butt. lips
1: that's their, yeah, that's they have their stained lips. design
2: but just looking at him and just seeing him just you can tell he's just a, a slimy guy his eyes like blink in like different
1: directions
2: like ugh. oh man <laughs> yeah. i just love how those two it kind of bums me out, because even when I was reading the book, I was hoping to see more of this character, because he's like, oh, my beloved Mentat is gone. And I was like, that was quick. I was hoping to see more of this guy. Yeah. But at the same time... was poison. Yeah. Oh, the poison scene was actually really good. However... Here I lie, like, here
1: I remain, baby.
2: Like, even the the Baron who put his shield up right before he went <sighs> to, the, to, the du- to, to the Duke, and that saved him from the poison, but everyone else just, like, drops dead. It's like...
1: I'll tell yeah, you what. Uh... Huey being my favorite character from the book I was like it bummed me out that he wasn't in the movie more but my favorite scene in the book is the tooth scene and Mm -hmm. like and like I just wish he would (laughs) have like let him falling asleep remember the tooth because he just kept repeating that Uh, but like the scene is is like it's perfect like I do this for my wife it sucks but also like I want to take him out at the same time I obviously would have loved more perfect encapsulation of the character right there yeah yeah
0: I think for the most part, the um, the dialogue is able to deliver a lot of exposition. I mm-hmm. think there's a couple of, p- of places where it fails. But for the most part, there's a lot of exposition that the dialogue is handled very well. I think it feels it does feel natural a lot of the time that these characters would be saying these things that are also w- bu- building the world that the audience is watching.
1: I'll tell you what, it um, the movie does a brilliant thing of opening with Chani and to say, like, this is what the story is. We are in Arrakis. The Harkonnens are here. They're stealing our shit. The, who, will yeah. our who will
0: be our next oppressors? Who will
1: be our next oppressors? That sets the movie so much better than the book, like, if you're jumping into the book. Like, I think that's a great opening. So mm-hmm. then you, you get yeah. your conflict immediately, and you know who the adversaries are. You know everything. It's great.
2: Um, so another positive, I because I told, I said earlier how much I love how this movie looks and how what the designs are. Um, The scale of the sandworms, I absolutely love. Like, because in the book, they say, oh, that's big. And unfortunately because i grew up in america and i can't really uh convert meters to feet and inches like when they say oh it's about x meters long i'm like how big are meters
0: again what's luck i know but, that once you add two zeros you're screwed
2: yeah half a but mile one of them seeing, was like half a mile um, seeing that sand cr- or that um that harvester getting swallowed up by the sandworm um it was just it was one of those parts of the movie sorry um it's one of those parts of the movie where I th- to his okay. point, I think the
0: sand. It's interesting that we see two different sandworm sizes.
2: Well, uh, the one,
0: the damage. one that eats the, uh, and I, th- I think that's really cool. Uh, a cool visual narr- visual storytelling of like, you know, the- they vary in size because the one that eats uh, kinds is not the same size as the one that eats the harvester, um, right. because that one is much bigger. Yeah. So I mean, like,
2: we see what I was trying, as like, I was trying to say, is that this movie puts into scope of how giant, how gargantuan that's what i was looking for these monsters are or these sandworms are because mm-hmm. you have this behemoth of a of a contraption just easily just gets sinking into the sand like no one's business and you don't even see the full worm you just see the mouth sarlacc pit yeah essentially it is like a sarlacc pit and even when you get this the sandworm scene when with paul and i love how they put the drum sand into this movie mm-hmm. oh yeah it... <laughs> there's a, there's a
0: bit there's a bit that I that I really like when when there's the only kind of bit that like uh, Gurney and Duncan have as like a, a, a brotherly moment um, when they're talking is when like, my God man you've got native um, and they're just like here's the sand repurposer or whatever and they're like what does it do here okay but you didn't answer my question I still don't <laughs> know what it does you just handed it to me
1: it processes sand I think it's pretty cool
0: yeah and then and then we see it later in the movie and it's like and I was like I just thought that was a really funny bit it's like what what's that this. I still this don't know what this
2: is. Doesn't help.
3: <laughs>
2: Although that's a cool yeah. tool where you get to you're in your tent, the sand covers in and you get a uh, you get a uh, little tunnel. to, God, to the fremen,
0: fremen, water just sounds gross. <laughs> it's just the repurposed water, sweat and tears. Yeah, hey like, what you got to, you mm, got
1: to drink? Uh, no I, love, I love, I um, love that like it doesn't linger on the sandworm too long. Like as it's eating the harvester, it doesn't stay there for forty five seconds. It does like it's like it's getting swallowed and it goes, Whoa! and then it cuts. Yeah. Like, we can Pro-Man's... we can
0: put the rest in our mind. Absolutely. Because
1: again, like Dune is about sandworms. dude part two is really about sandworms though. So like I'm glad that they didn't go too hard because like they're saving that for how crazy this next part's gonna be.
0: We also see a picture of the sandworms before we uh before we see one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was also kind of like leading up to the thing with the mural the wall,
3: the wall sculpture, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you're, that's a full-size sandworm or, like, a, a model, like, a picture of one. So, like, you, you're like, oh, dang. And then you
2: see one, you're like, oh, dang. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you see the, a picture on the wall, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that doesn't look too scary. You see one on the wall, you go... So, something
1: something that's super interesting, Um, and, you know, now that I think about it, it's a, it's a bummer that I'm even going to bring this up, Sparks, because they shy away from all the Middle Eastern influences. But in this version of Dune, because this is 10,000 years in the future, so, like, like russia china those things existed right so like like uh yui's a soup doctor that's like that's china in ten thousand years or whatever right uh they the sadukar like their chant is like finnish and and vladimir harkonnen is russian and they lean a little more into the actual like original uh uh nationalities of like the 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 people and like they're these guys are like doing like gregorian finnish chants and i'm like oh that's awesome but then to sparks's point i'm like Oh, they they left out all that stuff. That sucks. But, like,
3: right. and it, 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 it purely is like, an, it, there is no. It's so tough because, like, yeah. Islamophobia has crippled America ever, ever since 2001. It, yeah. it was bad before, but it's worse ever since. Uh, and that's such a hard thing, I think, for Dune in particular to overcome because of the nature of what Herbert was doing with the the progressiveness about those Middle Eastern things. And yeah. like, you, you will only be able to push American audiences so far. So like, I, I hold certain things against the film and some things I'm just like, that's eh, just a bummer. Yeah. Um, I, I will say like, like
1: in yeah. terms of other, if uh, if somebody else were to direct this movie, I think it would have been far more disastrous. I think in terms of trying to adapt Dune, this is one of the best Hollywood versions you could make. You know what I mean, like I, I, it's, it, I, it would never be made perfect. You know what I mean, like unfortunately, right?
3: I, 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 put it more on, um, you know, like the the studio than anything else. And like, I, like we alluded to earlier, like the the second one has to explore the fremen culture. So hopefully, some things can be, can be done more properly there. Um, I think I think the most damning thing is like, uh, uh mispronunciations, um, of of things that do exist and are those terminologies and like it's not hard. Like go figure out how to actually say these words. Um. Yeah uh but uh yeah i I, to audio listeners who aren't watching me like i i agree with all the positives the guys have been saying i've just been quiet and nodding my head but yeah I'm, i'm not that negative on the film i do really like the film i just wanted to point poke out those criticisms um i think there's something really interesting done in the uh, allegory of because this is not a moment from the book um, that I recall not not this particular thing. Could tell me if I'm wrong. It's been a bit. Um, the Baron in the oil bath. That's new. To recover from the poison. So that's allegory, and I think it's really smart of Villeneuve to do because it's allegory for the spice uh, in our current modern world. The spice is oil, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that was a really nice touch. Uh, I thought that conveyed something really really powerful really well.
1: And and the image of like it's all black and then like when he goes back down like the white permeates over it yeah it's like oh that's art baby that's what i'm talking about yeah
0: um there's one thing that he visualizes really interesting um in this and it's faster than light travel because the way he visualizes it is that there's tunnels and you and you know and you don't it's never explored it's never It's never mentioned, nobody ever talks about it, but you see it a few times, and you can kind of infer that what's happening is they're entering the tunnel and immediately coming out the next tunnel, but they're light years away into another planet. Um, Because you see the, because you look, whenever you see a tunnel, you're kind of just looking through it and you can see the other planet, but the rest of the planet isn't in the background.
2: Um, So to kind of infer, I think that's kind of cool.
3: Yeah, yeah, I love uh, I love I the visuals just, of all the stuff in space. I think it looks really
2: I, great. Like those space towns, I thought they were just giant ships with holes in them. I was like, I don't know what that's for. At,
0: at first, at first, when we first see them, because we see them top down, uh, I can I can see how you, how you in the like a shuttle is coming out of it, but it does kind of infer that it's meant to be kind of like a stargate, like it's mm-hmm. uh, you go in one end and you immediately come out the next.
1: Uh, yeah, man, like all the ship designs are so good.
0: Again, I mean, monolithic. That's... Yeah, you know everything's meant to look like it's it's like stone and monolithic and ancient. Yeah. It
1: feels like, and I don't I don't like using this word as, as often because it's become like a joke. but Like this is epic filmmaking, like in in every sense of like the original word of like Lawrence of Arabia, like huge sets, huge crowds, like like I movies like man movies like this just don't get made anymore. And and when they do, they bomb. So like the fact that it got made, and it's as it's as good as it is, and people are responding to it. I, I, it's just like, it feels like, like science God is just looking out for us right now. Like it, it
0: like- is really, it is really nice. That, you know, I, I mentioned the fact that like the, the budget for the movie was a lot smaller than I thought it would be, um, to, just because of movies. Um, but I, when it was first put to HBO max, HBO max's numbers do indicate some some uh, box office, like if they are taking mo- some money from the box office, but not in the numbers that we were worried about initially. Um, there, are, but we were kind of worried that Dune would suffer the most because of the property being not as well known or 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 HBO Ma- being like, just like an HBO Max movie. But yes. knowing that it only costs 160 million, that repurposed every that, that restructured everything. Like it doesn't need to make that much in the theater to be considered a success, it actually yeah. didn't
2: cost that much. Uh,
1: and- Again, like putting Chani so in, in the marketing and the movie and having it be one of the biggest celebrities on the planet right now, Zendaya uh, and Timothy Chalamet, like everyone in this movie is an A Every one of these people would be leading their own movie. The whole cast is A list. Um, that alone, kind of like Fast and the Furious, will bring a lot of people just by how diverse and how big the cast is. The fact that it's also a good movie and it's something that not a lot of people have seen of recent, like again, hardcore science fiction that's this dense and this like good, it doesn't happen that often. So like when it when it works, people respond to it. Like again, like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Like when these things work, people gravitate towards them.
3: I just I just looked it up, and John Carter cost almost twice of what this movie cost.
0: Yeah, I bet it because Disney. Yeah, they Disney. What, what, what do they do Disney, with all that money, man? They're Disney, I like
3: that movie, but good lord.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the the difference is that Warner Brothers, um, you know, they. For the most part you know i i don't mean to defend water for too much but um they, for the most part they allow their 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 directors their producers to have enough time to make the movie they feel like they need to make whereas disney does set their their release dates got to hit this date which allows which unfortunately makes the, the 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 cg artists crunch a lot and don't deliver the type yep. of content yep. that we should des- that we should be getting for the money they cost that's um,
3: true i wanted to look up john carter in particular because there's so many similarity illusions of, like, where, where it visually takes place, but, like, there was also, like, on, a lot of on-set filming for that movie, and you're right, like, it's it's mostly being made up in a lot of that CGI budget.
1: Yeah. yeah. CGI, uh, good CGI is a million dollars a minute. That well, That's, it, that's it, insane.
3: Well, and it makes a difference just to have somebody who, like, knows how to do visual language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Villeneuve, on top of everything, 100%, that's the number one go-to of... of high praise for him is he knows visual language more than anything else yeah uh and, you know yeah, yeah like his, every, his... every shot almost every shot in his movie can be a piece of art and <laughs> that's that's how he operates and that I love
1: so lucius accundis i love it the look of it i love i love religious mercenary warriors just the idea is really cool you guys that's why i love warhammer so much uh oh yeah
0: that that's in that helsing took that idea
1: they have they have mercenary bloodmen?
0: No, they have uh, uh religious mercenaries.
1: Hell yeah. It's just it's a cool idea. Um sandworms are cool. Kynes, okay, Kynes is I think Kynes works in this movie. They do an interesting thing where they don't differentiate between Liot and Kynes. From the beginning of the movie, they're just the same person. Because in the book, you don't know that they're two different people. Or they're the mm-hmm. same person, I mean. Um because the character was was taken out of that movie so much i think it works for the most part i think Tynes is a good character and i love the stuff at the end before her passing um
2: mm-hmm. me too
1: uh it's 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 really sad it's a bummer you get to see the
2: but... hooks that she uses she's gonna use to mount the sandworm and ride it because we do see a guy riding a sandworm i,
1: I thought that and... was her at the end but i was like oh wait she's dead
2: yeah
3: kines,
1: kines is your
2: power uh,
3: Kynes is probably my favorite character in the film um, yeah, I, like it, they, it's easy to say it's Jason Momoa and it's stuck in but I really, no, and yeah. I really do like his performance, and he's got a lot there. But I really liked what kind, what they did. With
1: she Kine. feels like really connected to like both worlds. Like, like she does feel like she cares about the Fremen, but also she has a job. But like, it's slowly starting to balance in the Fremen's direction. Like, I, mm-hmm. it, her character has probably the best arc, the best. And once she kind
0: of accepts herself as a as a Fremen, uh, not one of two worlds, she is a Fremen. Oh my god! Uh, that kind of that that's what you know. The end of a martial dies.
1: Her ending It's like, No, oh, I, I believe it's Shy hello. boom boom. That's like, that's the, one of the coolest endings for a character, man. Also, I thought that was a much better death than than the one in the book. Yes, All, also,
0: one of the things I loved is how they, they showed us that she was getting that she got stabbed because there's no blood, but you see water. You see water, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that was a really interesting visual choice, and yeah. like, you know, because you hear the sound and you see liquid. And your mm-hmm. brain is going to put to 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 connect the dots that she was stabbed.
1: She gave her yeah. she gave her essence for us. Is oh I, oh um um Batista Raban he's fine. He's not he's not, not, moving he's, very not much. he's 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 just yelling. He's not a real character in my opinion. Which Raban is just the beast. He is a murderer. But that's you know he's, he's also just not, there.
3: he's not much of a character in the book. So I wasn't expecting a lot. Yeah. From him, either I like. Yeah. It's nice to have Batista. Batista clearly likes working with, uh, Denny, with yeah. Denny. So like, I'm I'm happy to have him. But you're right. Like, Raban's not. He's not anything. See, the thing yeah. is, like,
1: I because they didn't put in a character from the book, I expected more of Raban, um, and it, so it, the fact that he's not in the movie is like fine. Uh, I just thought his like of all the characters in the movie, he is the one that's like he stands out. It's like, oh, he's just like a character. He's just a dude. Mm-hmm, to me yeah. more even like more than gurney like gurney i will give you credit for what you said but like i see character in there i just see batista yelling in this. no movie for time.
3: sure like and that's a scale absolutely yeah. like i'm saying like gurney feels about on the same level as as the duke and like there's not a lot to separate the two yeah yeah, yeah. As, as they are in relation to like are the characters we're following of paul and jessica yeah. but um yeah, absolutely like raban is barely uh a notch above like any other person in the baron's army
1: yeah he's He's barely a henchman, yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm excited to see the stuff with him and the other character in the, in the next part of the book. I yeah, am too. Yeah, I'm out of notes. Let me think. God, I like this movie a lot. Um, man, I I just think I'm just so happy for Denny Velney, man. Like, I it's and I'm happy for for cinema because like not to get not to get to uh, a film bro but we're going <laughs> to be reviewing a marvel
3: not to be too much martin scorsese right yeah but
1: we're going to be reviewing a marvel movie soon and i'm i am so curious about how that movie is going to look because i just saw a less expensive way denser a science fiction movie so like my 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 level of like oh cool sci-fi is really high right now so i'm super stoked to see what Marvel has to offer.
0: Until until those CG people unionize, we're not going to see better CG coming out of Disney.
1: That's unfortunate.
0: Uh, that's my call for them to unionize. Um, shall we get into fi- into final thoughts and ratings?
1: Um, Piter was cool. His death scene was cool. Um, sandworms are cool. Um, I like the score a lot. I, I legitimately have been doing the car chant in my brain for like two weeks just by myself when I'm bored. Um, that's it. That's
0: my thoughts. Uh, you, what I would you to... rate it?
1: Man, I would give it a nine point five. Um, I th- when I w- when you ask like Ryan, what type of science hardcore science fiction movie do you want to see? This is mostly it. This is ninety eight percent of it. I wish Denny had a little more emotion in his movies. I've seen all of his movies now, and I can definitely tell he he cares more about drama and story, which is fine. Like he's really good at that but that makes me a little more worried for the next part of the book, which is a lot more emotion. Uh, but this one, I still give a 9.5. I think it's exceptional. Only $165 million. <laughs>
0: uh, Ben, since you were about to say something, why don't you go next?
2: Uh, this movie to me was a feast. It was a feast for the eyes. It was like the score itself was awesome. Like instead of like having the start car chant, I had the, uh, like the high pitched chant that you hear at the end of the trailer. And that was used throughout the film. um, Yes. I mean, I, Ryan, you said earlier, this term has been thrown around as like a bit of a joke, but it, this is an epic film. This is the scale that is grand. Um, I am really glad I read the book before I went into it. So now I, I it's not obviously it's not a prerequisite, but ha- has as reading the book and seeing it on screen and knowing how old the book is, I think I have a new appreciation for the story and how and how we can put this to the screen. I'm, I haven't seen David Lynch's Dune yet. I'm going to watch it eventually, but just well, seeing this- have uh, to.
1: I'm so I, excited.
2: Yeah, but seeing this on screen, it's like, this is, I feel like if Frank were alive today, this is what he's like, yep, that's what they look like. That's what I envisioned when I wrote it. Um, score, it is a nine and a half. This is definitely one of the best films I've seen all year. Sparks?
3: Um, Yeah. Uh, I, I echo a lot of the positives. I, I know I said more negative stuff, I think, in this review than than positives, but that's only because like, you guys had it covered. covered. Um, uh, I think it's visually a treat. Um, I I really do love the world building. I, I do think it's one of the better adaptations I've ever seen from a book to a film. Um, I'm struggling to think of one that isn't The Lord of the Rings that I thought was uh, more accurate wall maze runner being its own um
1: I'm, I'm just kidding i don't know any of those problems
3: nope nope not that one <laughs> i just um, thought about the first... it for a second i'm like nope that's the one where they turn like, the the prominent female character into the sidekick oh like the, only, no. the, only,
2: the, only, the only other adaptation i can like maybe put up there is the first harry potter film harry potter and Sorcerer's stone god
3: i wanted you to say ready player one so bad
2: no um <laughs> hell no i <laughs> thought we were gonna go you honestly think no Come on.
3: No, Ben, I don't honestly think. I just wanted you to say it. No. For the joke. For the gag.
2: Yeah, it's true, very bro.
0: offended that, he, that one of his favorite books has been slandered, apparently. Hey,
3: hey, Ready Player One is the movie that's going to change video game movies, damn it. Ben Magnet,
1: 2017. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank God
1: City anyway. guy came out.
3: Anyway, uh, Dune is really, really cool. Um, I do really like it. I do think that uh, it, I I am personally hurt by book knowledge, uh, certainly because it's so fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't lived with it for very long. So I like I have my, my knowledge of like, oh, uh, I feel a void in this movie. What am I feeling? And I go, look at the book. This is what you're feeling. This, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> okay,
1: that's why I'm so excited because it is not a better movie. But David Lynch's Dune has a lot of the stuff that the book has that this movie doesn't so i'm sure. so fascinated to see your specific view on it
3: I, i'm a, i'm excited to watch it yeah. um like i i really enjoy dune all forms of dune that i've encountered now um, How are you doing? and and i really and i really do like like this i think it's it's it, i think it does a lot of great work um it it, it just it, it feels like it was a few nudges just away from being like uh sublime in every way um mm-hmm. so so with that i say that i i give it about i, I 8.5 feels too low so i'm gonna say nine
1: bro this is your life 8.5 is not a bad score either
3: <laughs> no no but i mean like you know i i i think that what works for the movie far vastly outweighs what doesn't
0: yeah uh i don't really have anything to add uh from what you guys have said but i would i will say uh, it was an 8.5 for me um I'm I'm
1: looking forward to that sequel though. I can't wait. I God, I'm going to start reading. Now that I'm officially done with Dune, I'm starting Dune Messiah tomorrow because I I've been waiting because I don't want to get other knowledge into my brain while I talk mm. about it. Now I'm free.
3: Sure. Um I I do uh, really encourage like anybody who saw the movie and and maybe they were left hungry for something or they they were wanting to explore some of the stuff we've talked about, go read the book. Like the book's well and truly worth it and if not the book, Ryan, would you recommend the graphic novel?
1: Yes, it is. It is word for word, almost like it obviously takes out some of the stuff like the movie does. Um, right. But it's it's word for word the book, and then with some pretty art. Yeah, yeah. So also, uh, um, the David Lynch movie's fine. The sci-fi miniseries, the three-part miniseries, pretty good. Like it's really low budget, but it's it's a pretty good adaptation. I didn't know Wild. they did it.
2: I didn't know sci-fi did a three-part. And, part and they, were... they
1: made *Children of Dune* starring James McAvoy. Yep, hmm. it was skipped a lot
2: and
3: uh and also uh as is in our show notes the piece i referenced uh, on polygon from roxana hadati uh about dennyville news dune um if if you're feeling like something that you want to explore i highly recommend it it's a well thought out yeah. and earnest piece on,
0: should we get into our book club then
3: it seems like it's that time
2: all right
0: uh it was my turn to pick this week uh uh, to i guess now end uh our Factory book club october edition um is star wars adventures tales from vader's castle uh this is uh written every script is written by Kevin scott art uh art by derek charm he does the kind of the main story art um and then chris Fenoglio, kelly jones uh michelle madsen Corin Howell, Valentina Pinto, uh, Robert Hack, Charlie uh, Kirk- Kirchhoff, uh, Charles Paul Wilson III, and Michael DeVito. Uh, they do all the other stories, because uh, this is an anthology. It goes to different stories. Um, different kind of horror-esque stories uh, in the Star Wars saga. So what do we think about
2: this guy? Ben. Okay. Um, I've talked I- a lot. Who- i got to stop. <laughs> At first, when I was reading this, I didn't know how I was liking the anthology and like the main story of the crew. Sorry, going through Vader's castle. I got and as I was as I was going through it, the more I was actually I was enjoying it. Um, I felt really bad for Scrit, the little the little bug guy, because mm-hmm. every time they're like, "Let me tell you a story." It's just another horror story, and he's like, "Can you?" St-? I love the line. I want to say it's like issue four. Where he's like, "Stop telling me these stories. They're not helping." Mm-hmm. Um, but after a while. I kinda I was like all for it. Like I love the story of Kenobi and that other master in the Clone Wars where it's kinda like Count Dracula slash Well. Count
0: Dooku's in that one. Uh yeah, yeah, the pure stubbornness, Dooku breaks a curse.
3: Yeah. But uh Yeah, that was really good. The the let's make Hammers Dracula in Star Wars for Bro, I the, the
1: second I saw they were doing Count Dracula Dooku, it's like, oh my god, hammer's back, baby. Yeah
0: they definitely had to get that one yeah. kelly jones did the art for that one that was awesome yeah, yeah. Um, and also
2: even in like the last issue is like the big them escaping darth vader and not all the crew escapes like um uh what's his name only Lieutenant, two of them uh, are, al- are alive at the end of this yeah only two of them are alive and a droid is cut in half it's still somewhat functioning and i love how they're all flying away to cap um the main commanders her eyes are like super wide and it's like i can't believe we just got lived through that and then the whole the ending line is like maybe he allowed us so we can spread so we can tell the story and spread fear through the galaxy it's like i i dug it because at first i was like like by issue two which is the issue with uh obi-wan in uh, like the clone wars vampire thing mm-hmm. at first i'm like i just want to go back to vader i want to go the, exploring vader's castle but then we got the parallels and as, as i kept reading it i started enjoying the parallels and like even the Han Solo story, I was kind of at first. I was kind of, eh, but I was like, no, nah, that's actually kind of kind of spooky. You go to a planet and then the vines just attack you and you become super old. That that sucks. Uh, the Re- there's a
0: Rebels story in the beginning. I love Rebels, uh, mm-hmm. so that was cool to mm-hmm. see those two characters back. Uh, yeah. Prior to when we meet them in, in Rebels, and <laughs> they beat a ghost by putting him in a holocron, and he's like, uh, "Wait, there's nothing in here," <laughs> <laughs> and launch him out. It's like, it's like eh. small. Um, I thought that was. I thought a lot of these were actually a lot of fun um as as did you say something about this yet go ahead
3: i i mean i said i i really like the second issue it's a, it's yeah. probably my favorite but that's because i like hammer dracula yes um, so, so, I. so so any way to make that stupidly canon in star wars is awesome um yeah i i i enjoyed it overall i i knew what it was going into it so you know this anthology like you know for for young audiences more than anything uh uh spooky stories of star wars um and uh i i thought the rebels one was all right um i like the characters but like there was nothing that really like ooh other than them putting it in the holocron i did think like right before kanan uh does it that like oh he should just like force activate the lightsaber from the other side and then he did it. And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. I should be a Jedi. Um, and uh, I thought the Han Solo story was interesting. I liked the implication of the, the possibility of that planet existing um, was neat. And then, uh, but I really, really liked especially for the art, the Ewok story. The Ewok
1: one is the best. Oh, name. yeah, it's, yeah, it's really, really good. good.
3: I thought the art was really good, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't. It's Wicker go to Man. It or, it's you know, Wicker that, Man. This thing exists. Yes, exactly. You can,
2: yeah. like the second the the Sean. I forgot his name, but when he does like that golden voice on the chief, and the chief is and the the, the text bubbles change, and it's the, the same color, it's like, oh, he's the bad guy. He's the when, one causing all the problems.
0: When I saw it, when I read the story, I was like, "Oh man, how crazy would it be if you're playing Battlefront, Ewok, and this guy showed up?"
3: Oh, the Gorax.
0: <laughs> Can oh, you imagine?
1: <laughs> so I, uh, I, I was with Ben. I, I was enjoying it. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is nice, fun stuff." I up until up until issue four, I found that the the story within a story didn't feel natural for me. It was just like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. I, like, I thought it, does. I, it doesn't feel natural whatsoever. Um, but by the time we got to the end, and it's recapping all the stories they went through, and then they're fighting Vader. I think it all did mesh together. It took. It, I enjoyed the story, but it took it took a long time for me to get everything where I wanted to be. Um, mm-hmm. I wish there was a more natural way of doing these stories instead of like spooky, scary time Darth Vader's castle. I'm like, but why really are you doing this? Like, but again, it's a kid story. Like, don't think too hard about it. Uh, the stories are all good. Um, it's a little younger audience, so, like, not really for me, but, like, I, it is good. It is good.
3: Yeah, I think, I think, like, I like the idea of, of, like, the ending, like, Vader let us go to spread fear. Yeah. I think my major thing is that, like, I, I kind of agree with you, Ryan, like, I don't care very much at all about the framing device of them telling the stories. And I don't yeah. buy it, and yeah. that, especially in the circumstances that they're in as this as the story on Vader's Castle goes. And I'm like, ah, I get it, like, you want to be at Vader's Castle as a framing device for this whole thing, but it's just not clicking for me. Yeah. I would have been just as happy to read the stories as These are their anthology issues, and just have the last issue be a big issue about them ending up at Vader's Castle, and that be our wrap-up. Yeah. Um, but I them telling these spooky stories while they're engaging with the potential of facing Darth Vader is like, come on, like, what? Quite
0: honestly, quite honestly, what I thought it was going to be is we, it would be Vader's castle. Um, when I first, I, I hadn't read this prior, um, I picked this up kind of blindly a couple of years ago. Um, just because I like the concept of it, what I thought it was going to be would be those, uh, just anthology. Uh, every issue is a different story, no framing device. And if there was a framing device, I thought it would be like a monk in Vader's castle telling us, the audience, yes, a scary story. Yes, um,
3: that's what so I thought too. it was going to be, yeah.
0: But it wasn't, I'm kind of like, bummed like, that like, it's not. Like...
3: <laughs> like you go uh, down to Mustafar and it's like Doon, dun, 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 yes dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes and you go down into Vader's castle into the basement and a little little cryptic coffin opens and a monk pops out and it's like it's me the Vader keeper No, so, you like, like <laughs> you like scary Star Wars stories well, it's kind of it? it's kind
0: of like it's kind of like a Robin Williams in the beginning of uh, Aladdin
3: mm-hmm.
0: mm. uh huh like let's just tell you a story about this lamp
3: yeah 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 i Uh, i
1: I think all the stories are are pretty good i just yeah the framing device it kind of took me out because like i would be enjoying a story and then be going back to these characters and like they're they're fine i wish well even even
0: like the even like the characters that we're following like i don't i'm okay with them like i like their story i found their story engaging but we don't get enough of it to kind of keep invested because they're just like hey let me tell you this story uh and then it flashes to the other story like I the the framing device would be better if the stories were being told in a more natural way when in fact I don't believe that if a bunch of stormtroopers are shooting at you and you're running away that you take this time to tell a a campsite story
3: and that is that is the part where the young
1: the young adult thing comes in yeah
3: right because it's like it's like if we were having a Halloween party and Michael Myers showed up and started like attacking people Wait, like this reminds run, me of that you we all time. run to another place we get in a car and we drive away and it's like you know this reminds me of this one spooky story like you're not gonna do that when you're in the circumstances.
2: Uh, like originally what just just going off the title tales from vader's castle i thought it was actually gonna be a bunch of stormtroopers talking about them yeah. serving at Vader's castle and then realizing oh, be, oh this is uh, all
1: all of these this work, is, yeah
2: is, it's like hey vader like because when you hear Vader's castle, it's like obviously there's like some. It could sport. be Tag and Bink. It could be Tag and B, but then it's like, hey, I this served is crazy, with Vader. Isn't it? It's like, hey, I served with Vader, in this and this is what some spooky shit that happened to us on this planet. Really, I served with this regiment, and he was there, and then this is what spooky shit happened there. And if you want to do
0: like a Clone Wars one, then you'd have them run into a clone who's, who hasn't retired yet. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, yeah, and then and then finally, like the last one is about how they're like, yo, you hear what happened to Terry. Oh, he screwed up with Vader bad, and like,
2: yeah, that's, or that's the last story. Be Vader telling it? No, that doesn't oh, make yeah. any sense. He's not Why a would Vader teller. just be
0: like, All right. "So let me sit you down, stormtroopers"? he and... mug of
2: coffee. Let me tell you a story, children. Once upon a time, <laughs> I, mean, I would see it more of instead of like it's like more of a cautionary tale of like, "Hey, you don't mess with me." Like the, the one token of your aspirations. But Vader's,
3: but Vader's whole thing in the context of Star Wars yeah. is that he lets other people tell those stories. He's not a talker. He yeah. doesn't tell He's people a that story. He lets yeah. other people tell those stories about him. Where think... this
0: is set? Where this is set in the continuity? Because you kind of have context clues as before Episode Four. Mm-hmm. Um, you have in that time period Vader is not a well-known figure yet. There, he's Building. still the boogeyman. He's yeah. still the the person that nobody quite know, nobody thinks is real because how would this dark figure with a lightsaber be the emperor's uh right-hand man all of a sudden? Uh so like that's where we see him in Rebels when he's in Rebels everyone's kind of like what the hell is this thing?
1: Uh Jedi Fallen Order he's really he feels like a force of nature in that game too. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah, th- definitely. I think I think what could have worked for me like, all of these stories are good. I think if just like, if it spent four issues getting to Vader's castle and they're just telling stories before they get there and then they get there and it's a scary story, I think that would have just been nice and simple. Oh,
0: like stormtroopers and like getting ready to go to Vader's castle for a shift and just yeah, be like, just, hey, yeah. you
1: heard, what have you heard about this? You place? think Vader's scary? Let me tell you the story. Then they
0: actually
3: yeah, get there, like, no, this is scary. That's very much what Ben was saying, is like yeah, having a yeah. stormtrooper store working mm-hmm. there. And I think that's I think that probably is the best framing device, is something like that. But yeah, it's just it, the only weak part of the comic to me is the framing device that we're having to jump back to. And I'm like, yep. mm-hmm. I love
1: that Ewok yeah. issue. That it was I can't believe that's like this is like a kid's wicker no. man. It's a of
2: I liked the the Count Dooku Obi-Wan vampire one for its campiness. Mm-hmm. But I love the Ewok one because the Ewok one actually did scare me because I'm like, who's the bad villain? Who's the villain here? And then I, it's- the more I we know.
0: learn about the forest moon of Endor, the scarier it sounds.
2: Battlefront Three, yeah. <laughs> gotta
3: go, yeah. gotta go play that zombie mode again. Hell yeah! I really there wanted to after nice. this.
0: <laughs> I really wanted to after this, but I, wa- I thought nice. about texting everyone next
3: year. Next year, that'll be a Spooktober session. Uh, it's gotta so, be the little Ewoks coming up on us.
0: Oh yeah. Um, there's another framing device. that's just more uh, a, sh- a short one of like when we first built this castle, the Mustafarians came to fight us, and so Vader killed them all. And then that's the kind of like the this priest being like, "So Vader's scary. You probably shouldn't mess with him." Mm-hmm.
1: And like again, like I like the stuff. Like I, if that were like the whole thing, that'd be. I was expecting a more Empire evil centric like telling device than what we got, which is fine. Like I still enjoyed all the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. All right. I think that's. Basically, all we can mine from this little thing. Yep. Mot- like Mustafar. It's a little. Sh- it's a little short. Um. So Sparks, it's your turn next week. Do you want to oh. say?
3: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think we're doing?
1: Are
0: we doing a spooky? No.
3: Because
0: you it's didn't. Are you, Geir- are you
1: picking Are you picking Kieran Gillian? Are you picking Jack Kirby? Are you picking
3: a uh, um- Neil Gaiman? Neil Gaiman.
0: The Neil Gaiman Eternals. John Romita yep. Jr.
3: We're doing. We're doing Neil Gaiman's Eternals. I've read that book. Hell I yeah. was also I was
0: gonna I was gonna if if I had my pick closer to Eternals, I would have picked yeah, that but one. She
3: didn't, it's me, so here but she are. did
0: it. I'm glad. I i am excited to read it. Oh, yeah!
3: Anyway, that's what we're reading. Seven All issues. right, guys. Woo! So Please.
0: that's that's a show.
3: Hell yeah, Kingo.
0: That's a that's a that's a show as I saw for time as this thing pops up and okay, cool. So next week is Eternals. Also next week Eternals. We're talking about the movie Eternals <laughs> next week. Um, so yeah, the, the the next film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we wait for Hawkeye. and Yeah, right? Hawkeye's after that.
1: I'm just waiting for Doctor Strange, if I'm being honest.
2: Spider-Man. Yeah, oh, that's what shit. I'm waiting for.
1: Never mind. Spider-Man!
2: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm happy Eternals is coming out, but at the same time, I'm looking more forward no, to Spider-Man.
1: Either. I've Can seen a... Eternals at this point. I'm ready for Spider-Man. Can
3: we get a No Way Home trailer this week, I bet.
2: Oh, oh dude, the
1: rumors! Too. Oh my God, with as many leaks, they have to. Eternals, well,
3: it, it, it it'll come out with Eternals, I suspect. Yeah. You, you
0: I, I just. Someone's got to plug that damn leak. <laughs> um. All right. That's, so that's, that's like a
1: broke. That's a broken dam. That ain't a leak.
0: Uh. So that's everything so as as i said up top we have a new page on our on our on our uh website where you can find all the shows um uh, but you know as a as a tradition i'll just tell you what they are right now so of course this conversation which is on hiatus um i'll plug that for i think one more week until i get ready for season two um all the season one is available you can check that out check out the back catalog of that talk to a lot of cool people uh ken napsok helen o'hara uh Travis Alexander, um, Karis, Karis Lund, who's actually got her own show, uh, a fandom show called Journey into Fandom, uh, out right now. Uh, it's, she she says inspired by mine. I thought that was fun. Um, and you can check out our YouTube page. Guys, like this video, subscribe to this channel. There's a ton of cool stuff on YouTube. You can check out all of our cool shows. We have so many spooktober episodes for October this year um, of a Basement Arcade you can check out all, all Five Nights at Freddy's, Outlast, Crawl, Dead by Daylight should be out by now, right? Nope. Or later. Uh, Tall Poppy. Tall Poppy is out now. Um, mm-hmm. So you, know, you can check out all that um, as we go into a different Basement Arcade series uh, coming up.
1: Not anytime check- soon. <laughs> uh,
0: we'll, we'll be recorded one, I assume. that. Uh, probably oh, yeah, we, uh,
1: are you guys finally doing your thing, finally? No, no, no. no, no. Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Oh, we didn't release
3: it yet, shit. No, because <laughs> I I was no. going to come out next week, but it's not going to come out next week right now. You're fine.
0: Uh, Mag, as always, says yeah. uh, catch you later, guys. Stay safe, of course. Thank sir. you for you being too. here.
3: Best. Bye-bye.
0: Um, you can find uh, Fake Nerds Watch, which is our series uh, that we're uh, currently uh, waiting for the, the start of, a, of some new shows. Um, but the last episode of Star Trek, Lower Decks is up now, um, and the next Star Trek one will be Discovery. The next other one, Marvel one, will be Hawkeye. And then we'll probably do something else. So stay tuned. Based on our case, pause menu. Now in audio form, you can subscribe to your, to its own audio feed. Um, that's linked below. Um, new episode probably soon. Um, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Uh, but yeah, Basement Arcade pause menu. Fake Nerd Book Club. We have a special up right now where we talk about Dune, 1965, mm-hmm. the book. We talk about the whole book. Nothing but the book. So help me God. Um, You can find... That on this page, obviously, and also an audio in both the Penguin Book Club feed and this feed and animation Station. Um, a couple episodes are out of that right now. Where we talk about animation, um, cool stuff. You can get some masks uh, over at Crafted by Z, uh, the the website and the Etsy page. Here you can find our masks. Those are linked below. Check out our Patreon. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff up on on Patreon. No, we don't. We have the T Public on T Public. We got a lot of cool stuff. Our Patreon still is is once again under construction as I uh, fix some things um but both are linked below the 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 t public has the oops all bangers t-shirt up now oopsies so and our website where well, there's a new page on our website you can watch this you can watch our, our latest episode on the website um all linked below or fignorepodcast.com thank you to everyone who listens thank you to everyone who watches the live stream thank you to everyone who watches the rewind um you can check out our friend jeremy velucci uh, who did all of our music for all of our shows uh, and the music you've heard tonight. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Valucci Keyboards or you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. You can find Mike Patola, our good friend Mike Pitola, uh who made a sweet-looking Endgame poster that ends on Lord. I Am Iron Man. Lord,
2: he did. How, I don't know how the heck he was able to, to nail that.
0: That was really cool. Um, he, you can find him on TikTok and Instagram at Mike Patola. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, FakeNerdGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You could
2: find me staring down at my cat, who is apparently going absolutely crazy right now, at BenMacka27 on Instagram. Tour. Yeah, she was like, we have a cat tree word and I recorded, and she was like running around, scratching the whole thing up. That's and what cats also- do. Yeah. Oh, did you want to say? I was gonna say about OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com dot magazine.com. Now I write there if you like old school video games. My latest article about me going through all the two D Metroid games is down below. Go check it out. Read it, please. Sparks.
3: Uh, you can find me wishing you a happy Halloween at SparksWitty Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S P A R K Z
0: Witty. Ryan.
1: You can find me <laughs> at DJ Tony Stark.
0: Alright. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, the Podcast, and Pandora rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video and subscribe to this channel. And until next time you see us, stay fake nerds.